back, everyone in the Get Fresh crew. We're about no, to no, break no. down this week's books and possibly have a breakdown yeah, no, no, no. in the process. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And this is episode number 256 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. 256. You know what? That's 789. It's scared because the 10, 8, the 13. You know what I'm saying, Eric. You know what I am saying. And welcome to the show. Here, the official unofficial podcast of Weird Science DCComics.com, the website that Eric loves to hang out and pick up the chicks on. Is that what you do, Eric? You lean on there, pick <laughs> up the chicks. That's something you can do if I've been so missing like out. like a bad bud. I don't know. I thought that that's what you were doing. With your ghost hunting's all over the place. And hey, we're here, and let me tell you where you can find us. Not just here, but over on the Twitter. And at Twitter, you can find us at Weird Science DC. Uh, we are all over the place. All the different sort of podcast playing systems oh, yeah. that you got there over. And you would be listening to us on right now if you would love to give us a rating and a review. Hopefully a positive one. But if not, that's your prerogative, just like one Bobby Brown, as I always say, Eric. But you can did we get a review, review from us. Bobby we Brown? Like that. I wish we did. He's probably like, they didn't have the stuff I was looking for. <laughs> like, well, what happened here? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can leave a review just like Bobby Brown. Uh, we're also, we also have a Patreon. Uh, if you want to support us for this podcast and all the other shows that we do, meaning the Marvel show, really, uh, you can go over to Patreon and it's not just a blind support. You also get a bunch of shows. Some might say too many, I hear. <laughs> some uh, might say not enough. Some may say, not enough as well. And and then some may say that, you know, somebody's stuck in between like a tug of war that's killing me is what it's going on. But if you go over to Patreon, one of the big shows that we have over there is the Patreon Spotlight. We have it for the Marvel and uh, stuff like that, Eric. I almost went too far. But we also have it for DC Comics. Obviously, you're listening to DC Comics show, so that would be more of your interest. And if you went over right now, the last Patreon spotlight that we had for this week's books was Supergirl Annual Number Two and Shazam Number Eight, and you would go over and usually those that was shows. A good spotlight. We, yeah, it was. I, I enjoyed it. That means everybody probably hated it, but when we do the uh, Patreon spotlight, we do tend to you know yap a little more. We we tend to loosen up a bit, and they're usually about an hour or so long for two books, so you can go and listen to that. Amongst all the other shows, you know, maybe even a Mandalorian TV review show, Eric, that I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I started that and I have some other ideas, but we'll see. We like to shuffle all the shows around. Some of the shows kind of get put on hiatus for a little. We add some new ones and we're very open to suggestions, uh, but uh, very upset. At, at some responses, Eric, when, when people leave. But if you go there, go over to the Patreon and see if it's what you like. And when you listen to this, it will be the 1st of December. You will not be charged, Eric. See you in 2020. See, I can do that joke that they will not be charged until 2020. It makes it seem like a really long bit of a free trial, but we treat it as a free trial. Go and see if you like it. And then you sort can of the, go. They cancel uh, early. Yeah, I mean, get out of there and then upset me. The the last day of the month is just misery day for me uh, because I do look at when people do end up quitting and people do end up quitting. Uh, I just take it as that I did not uh, do you my failed. job right. Yeah, I did. It, it seems like a failure to me every time. Uh, so I do get sad. But there's some people that always pick up my spirits, Eric. They always do. Who are they? Those are the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, beep boop. Boop. And this is what we like to call their little 
theme, Eric. I, I, the anthem. <laughs> the anthem. Uh, I shouldn't talk too much. I'm going to mess it up. And we have a little shuffling here, so I better take notice. We have T-Funk, Niels, T-Wart, Niels, Eric, my man, our man, Rob Lewis, Bertle Akachuk, Dalton, Edom, Christian Falds, Ken Halleck, Lady Abby, John Jack, we got Mark Jager, Nick Adams, Josh Vermillion, Aldrin Stoja. We have Batman Beyond Mark that we'll hear from later with Batman Beyond. I don't know if that makes sense. I think it does. We have Eric G, David Fink, Manship. He's still recovering from these ribs of his. You got Brandy Murray, Bobby Bain, Reggie Hancock. We have Brennan. Stephanie, I have to ask him how to pronounce that. Ben Townsend, Admiral Whiskers, Forrest Pauly, Tony Walton. Do you think I'm being a little too casual here, Eric? I'm going to run out. Joey Bercosco, Joseph Wojcik, Comic Boom Rocky, D-Man 3000, All New Dave, Carlos Segui, Ian, Brian King, my man Pete from NYC, Pauly P, Cellar Dweller, Luis, Ulysses Jones, Hakeem, Double A, Ron Simon, (gasps) Swanee, Anthony G, Missy T, Lone Wolf Marv, Ruben, see, I don't want to rush things at the end of the month with that, but those are all the badasses of the Get Fresh Crew. We salute you, but we salute every one of you Patreons that, you know, make our day and, and help us do the show and help support us and keep Eric buying action figures. We're, we're never going to lie about, hey, we need to keep the lights on. It's all for Eric's passion of action figures. Obsession, addiction, whatever. Addiction, passion, you are, you know, enabler. I sit there and cry to myself in the middle of the night, like, what are you doing with your life? Surrounded by freaking toys. Oh, I'm telling you, when when we get the money and I give him my money, and I'm thinking to myself, like, really, I'm like, oh my, I got to use this for some bills and things. Maybe I'll go to a food shop. And Eric's like, I see his eyes light up and all of a sudden he's just yelling. Omega oh my, Supreme. I get to get the Omega Supreme. He's off. I'm like, is that some pizza at the Little Caesars? Because that Quiet sounds down, pretty fatty. good. That sounds good. But yeah, uh, thanks everybody. And yeah, we'd love it if you just check it out. We're not going to pull your arms and, and tag your ears to do that, Eric. I know oh, no. that that's what people say down at the rec center. Um, but we think that we do a good enough job that if you do join, you might, you know, last a little and then throw shade at us as you leave. It's like one of those, like the, the people are there and like, oh man, they're so friendly to, oh my God, I love all the, and then when they leave, it's like they got to stab me in the back. Some of these people, it really upsets me. It that's makes me so sad. It makes me so sad. It's like they actually got to know me then. And now they're treating me the way I should, but thanks everybody who was part of the Patreon. Thanks everybody who's just listening to the podcast and maybe you'll become one by listening, liking what you hear and wanting a little more, but right now we're going to give you a little more. We're going to go off to the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love the meat and the cheese that we
here we are with Jim's reviews. If you want to read all the reviews for the books we're going to talk about tonight, go over to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and read them. I know that takes a lot. People don't like reading, reading. anymore. Than, yeah, really. Not so, on my watch. That's my final answer. I don't like reading myself. I don't like reading. Somebody I don't like watching. What's going on? I don't like sleeping. I don't like doing anything. You love sleeping. What are you talking about? Nah, I don't really like it. I you love it. You just it. don't do it. No. I just, when you go to sleep, that means you have to wake up then. And that's what I don't want. The, the thing that and I don't like family. is living. And I just hate everything now. I had the worst Thanksgiving. It was terrible. A uh, bunch of nonsense. We went to the Golden Corral. I ended up getting diarrhea. And I had diarrhea. That's what I had. I should have came over and give you some of that. I was having some problems. You ever hear? Well, you ever hear at the uh, at the Golden Corral they have the chocolate fountain? Well, I've never I'll been confirm there. they had two the, this past couple of days. I was having some problems, and I ended up eating a lot of wacky stuff. And we ended up going to the Golden Corral as a last second ditch effort to try to make the holiday worthwhile somehow. It didn't work. I ended up sleeping a lot, though. I, the one day, I guess it was not Thanksgiving Day, but Wednesday, because we both took off Wednesday as well. I didn't get up until like 3. I was having problems. I, I just ended up, I woke up, I'm like, what time is it, like 7 a.m.? 3 p.m.? Holy Christ! I, I ended up then, and because I was going to do a bunch of things, uh, especially for the Patreon, I had a bunch of things to record. So I'm there, all right, I got it all planned. I'll do two things a day. I'll be freaking safe, because, you know, the 30th is Sunday. I realized it's not. Yeah. I found out this morning around one o'clock, actually, this afternoon, where I go to do the news show. And part of the news show, I say, hey, welcome to the news for the, the week. Uh, uh, what? It's the 30th. Oh, no. I freaked out. I ended up having to record four things already today up until now. Now, after this, I have to record two. One thing with so you. Two things one thing by myself. Which really going to work out is what you're telling me. No, it was going to because it was going to go until Sunday. I had uh, tons of time. I had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I had enough days for 10 podcasts, but and it didn't it's work. it's the last day, and you still have like five more things to do, right? But yeah, because I ended up not doing it, thinking I kept having Sunday. Sunday ended up being – I told you, I slept until 3, uh-huh. so I had to say, oh, no, I was going to do these things. I can't because we have other things. So I kept thinking Sunday was going to be the deal. I already told Brandon – we're not doing the Patreon or the uh, Marvel podcast Sunday night anymore anyway, but I said it's confirmed. We're doing it Monday night because I got a lot of stuff to do Sunday, realizing I didn't have Sunday. So I have all this stuff. Then I realized that I Sunday, shouldn't have started Sunday. a Mandalorian podcast out of nowhere because that took me six hours. No. I could have I gotten everything done and still people quit doesn't matter. I'm telling you, I sit there and do this stuff. What the hell? I sit there and look, and then I get depressed. People quitting. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. I, I guess I don't have to do this stuff. So, yeah, I'm done. That's it. Sayonara. <laughs> Where's the deal? I'm out of you here. You can just not do as much all at once. No, I'm out. I, I ended up saying uh, on the Mandalorian podcast that I should be out because, Eric, I gave it a 10 out of 10. Oh, that first good. episode. I loved I it. Think it, it, it. I actually think the first episode is actually the weaker of all the episodes. Yeah, and I, I agree. And I still the, – the other ones are 13s. I don't know how they get that good. Uh, but, yeah, I think that I might have to talk to you or somebody else that join me on that thing. I don't like doing a, a TV show podcast by myself. It's just me. Saying crap to myself, and it was. I tried. I, I pointed out a lot of uh, Easter eggs, oh. things like that. Happy and Easter. Uh, I don't know. It got too long. It was too long. Something you have never heard in ever. the sack, Eric. I don't have the uh, 
the rim shot, so you're going to have to deal with the final answer is now going to be for every joke I have. And the mood I'm in now, this is going to be the last one you hear, right? Oh, my. I took my uh, medicine a little late, too. So I just want to warn everybody, you know, strap in, strap on. It's about to get dirty, people. Really? Because we're going to start. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a bad mood. I am stressed out to all get up. I end up having Tanya was up all night driving around town trying to find Ethan. Uh, that was the other thing there. So we haven't even been able to do the podcast with her because she completely switched. And pretty much I realized that I am like Homer. I can take a couple punches to the face and not go down. And you can have my kids confirm that, Eric. It, it got it got pretty violent in this house, but I don't do anything. I just sit there and, and let it all happen to me and then walk away, shaking my head. So, yeah, there you go. I even said at one point, like you said, nobody cares if I'm here. I actually told them that if I wasn't here, this is what you guys would get. So be happy for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm here. I'm like the wall here. And I'm taking it for you. Oh, it got it got ugly. So ugly. Detective Comics number 1016. So ugly, Eric. Uh, she's going to have a lot to uh, talk about when we have the Jim Has Issues podcast when she gets her sanity back. So I, I figure this podcast is now on delay for three years because she's having a lot of problems here. It's around that time of year. And Ethan just ended up his phone died. Mm-hmm. And that led to Tanya claiming that she was going to get a call from the hospital saying that he overdosed on who knows what. <sighs> Heroin? Wow. I don't know. That's I have a, no idea. That's a hell of a leap right there. And I said, you're, you're there. Leap. I mean, I'm telling you, her hamstrings probably hurt how much she was leaping. I said to her, and that should get better. I said to her, like, you, you end up getting so upset about things, but you get upset to the extreme of if it happened. There's one thing to be worried, but there's another to live out a fantasy life where these things are coming true. And that ended up getting a punch to the face. Detective Comics number 1016. And what I am telling people is to, uh, I need help. Call the police. I got you. Written by Peter J. Tomasi. Pencils by Doug Mankey and Jose Luis. You ready for the anchors? Because there's a lot. Uh, Inks by Christian Alame, Keith Champagne, Mark Irwin, and Matt Santorelli. Colors by David Ron, and letters by Rob Lee. And and really, of this issue, if you go through it before my blurb, I don't think the art suffers that much. The art's not the problem with this issue. And there's some other things that's the problem, say the story. Another Tomasi story falls flat at the end. Was this actually an end? Well, Mr. Freeze gets reset after hearing his heart, having his heart torn out Ding. a couple times, and Nora is up in Canada waiting to be used down the line. This whole arc felt pointless by the end, and this issue was just some fights and the rug being pulled out from under Freeze over and over. And yeah, you she just don't end love up you, with Mr. Things. Freeze. She no, just don't and, love and you. And he can't take that, I guess. And I know I understand the deal, but you're starting to go the route of, say, a Scott Snyder who ended up getting a lot of flack. And we've talked about this before in this arc. He got a lot of flack for changing, you know, Freeze into a stalker person who Nora was for never For some reason, this deal. idea does work better in my mind than that because the whole no, thing is – I think is it's like, almost as bad. You're just making Nora well, the Well, that's bad the thing person. is, though. Out of nowhere, you have Victor Freeze. You have an idea of who he is in your head. And the whole thing is he has one goal. He's been going, oh, wait, he he's actually not married to somebody. He's just been really stalking this person and, like, get fixated on her. Like, you bring Nora out and you actually give her something that changes the character, like, because of something that's done to her. I'm like, that works a little bit better in my mind. Yeah, I don't think so. I think, it, I think it just makes Nora a piece of crap. Uh, though – we all know what's going to happen. If you want to reset, they go and get Nora and help her with her poisoning 
that she has from the B virus. They, they, all this is is a nonsense, nothing story that if they if people are like, man, I like Nora being crazy and in Canada, you can stay there. If you say, oh, man, she Nora, that, that's the worst. You know, I, I don't like this. All you have to do is have Batman probably off panel the next time we see her. They'll just say, oh, man, what happened to Nora? I thought she was loony. No, no, no. I went up and, and fixed her with the serum. I ended up finding an antidote and she's fine now because it all is not Nora. It's this, you know, Lex Luthor, you know, bizarro B virus deal, which makes no I'm sense sorry, the whatsoever. Idea is like, okay, we, 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 you and I went back and forth the past couple of issues talking about what could have happened to Nora Freeze. Was it that she yeah. didn't get the absolute zero right away when she did? Did the serum actually mess her up? all these different things and is it just a monkey paw situation that lex is actually doing with all of the gifts he's giving out there we talked about this yeah so when we have the big like reveal here oh my nora her her mental state is deteriorating because the serum that lex Luthor gave mr freeze was hey everybody do you remember that b0 project who was bizarro during for way That's back bizarro. in forever evil i'm like you, you mean that character we all loved and wasn't evil mean- yeah he he was like you know not undercooked so he wasn't he was developmentally a bit yeah. slow there but he didn't become evil when like i don't even how do yeah. you how I do mean- you take a clone serum and make it just so you can have to be uh, somebody coming back to life like Nora Freeze here. I'm like, yeah, and that's say, not the I, same. I don't understand what you're getting out of here, Tomasi. And the same thing that led to the Bizarro in, you know, the Outlaws. Oh, yeah, same uh, you kind know, of thing. It's the same deal. And you don't see him being, yeah. he's just These slow. are lovable characters that made yeah. us fall in love with the clone and, Superman And Bizarros. this is the thing. The big thing about this is when you say this, because this is, you know, Freeze saying he figured it out, you know, after the fact. He didn't look into this, but he ends up saying, oh, I looked into it. And, you know, Luther gave me uh, this serum. I ended up hacking into LexCore, and it's the same serum used for something called the B-Zero experiment. And it's making it seem, and it's says quote you know had the editor's note i want to say hashtag as seen hashtag all editor's note. the way back in forever evil by paul editor paul oh, i paul. think paul is saying this it's almost like me trying to convince you not to go over the hill because you you know whatever i'm telling you is a lie so you go well, i'm not going oh, over man, the hill. that's exercise you know, where where is that oh it's so far away you don't want to look into that because that seems because if you do look into it it's not the B0 serum that ended up causing the problems. It was that Luther couldn't wait long enough and they ended up they being undercooked. Yeah. We, we had the crimes that had come enough. out. So we had to let this guy out of his tube yeah. early. So we it had wasn't the, 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 it the wasn't the serum. No. It was not the serum that caused the bizarro problems, which weren't even these problems. It was that he couldn't wait. He opened it up. You're now eating Thanksgiving dinner with a turkey that's only cooked for an hour. You're going to die. You're going to get sick. It's disgusting. Uh, that, that's all it was. So saying that this ties I in. I put it in the microwave for like, an hour. And, and again, if you want to hear yeah, really for you, that stupid microwave. <laughs> I hope Gordon Ramsay hears that. He'll flip out. Yeah, he's you a end big up listener. where you have this thing. And again, was that kind of a mystery? Because we were treating it as a mystery of how Nora, why she was acting that way. It's not typical mystery or whatever, but it's still the idea that Tomasi cannot set up things that make sense one, two, three. You end up at the end being thrown in. He had a dream machine on his birthday in, in the first arc that he did. You have all these things going on where at the end, 
It's just thrown at you. This is what happened. And you're supposed to just go, oh, man, that's cool. No, it's not. It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't blend into the story that's going on. Uh, also, I said, I don't even know what's left of LexCorp anymore because when he ended up blowing himself up, he kind of spelled out that he was getting rid of everything to get these funds to do this. But that's a side point that kind of has been bothering me. But this idea that it's the bizarro stuff doesn't make sense. And it's just thrown out here to just say, there it is. Now let's deal with it. Let's go. And now you're just going to have a fight. And also, you know, to show you that old Freeze knows his wife, where would she go next? Well, she used to like the little dancer in statue. The you know, in the room at the museum. Yeah, in the go, room. Well, that's the All thing. Right. Is right now it becomes a scavenger hunt for most of it because yeah. we go to her, her parents' grave where we see that she has been there. She even made herself a freaking nice Victor Freeze yeah. tomb just to like throw it in Victor's face here for like how she feels about him. Or, well, where else would she go, Victor? She loved that little dancer in the Degas room. I'm like, this whole thing. Yeah, it's like, not even like a mystery. Yeah, uh, I, I know. Go over here now. Yeah, and it's not even like, well, I'm not sure. And then they hear it's oh, she, I, she liked it like out of nowhere. She liked that little dancer by Degas. Okay, it's off to the Degas exhibit. They go there, <laughs> and, and that's you know that's bad enough. Also, at the very beginning, I do want to mention just as an aside to continue from last uh, time we talked about Detective, where you have a newscast. Everybody is safe. That you know ended up frozen in the theater thanks to an antidote supplied by Victor no, Freeze. But that doesn't make freeze. sense. To death. An antidote. They were frozen to death. Well, it's even they like, didn't have a serum or anything. even this thing here where we have a security guard in the Degarum the museum. He is frozen. She pushes him over. He shatters because he's thro- frozen through and through. There's no cure for that. No, there isn't. And I, I swear to God, the guy who was frozen to the guy who ended up destroyed, they seemed to change back and forth. It bothered me a little. <laughs> and then, And then just to show she's, you know, crazy – I'm going to build you up. Look at me. I'm a modern day Picasso. Oh, I'll call you Rhapsody in Blue. And then the, you end up having Batman and Freeze come in in their, you know, get ups. Uh, and the big thing uh, that bothers me or not bothers me, upsets me by the end is the one thing that I thought really could help. Like we said, it could expand the character. Do this is to get Freeze out of the, the out of the suit. This was something good. So now he can go about. He doesn't have to worry about that. It doesn't change the character per se. It changed the look, but he can go and he gets rid of that by the end, too. And it's just I I don't know why, but you end up just having fights and fights that are, you know, cold versus hot. Oh, my, I'm frozen. I'm defrosting. Oh, there. Oh, your cold heart. You end up where freeze just will not give up the fact that Nora has gone well, past him. Well, and, God, God. He'll give the fact, hopefully, now that she enjoy, like, takes a syringe and shoves it into his ear. I'm like, this, what was that? Oh, one of our, your special syringes. I'm like, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I, I guess yeah, he has to, syringes. you know, his special syringes that takes away the nanites that made it so he couldn't be in, you know, his yep. containment suit. You know, one now of those special syringes. Oh, yeah, one of those. They were marked. <laughs> and, and really, if you're going to play the game, play it to its fullest extent. Go with the idea that you have Nora go to freeze. And it's like, me and love you. And he's like, what's going on, baby? You're talking weird. You're talking bizarre there. And just have something where I see something is going wrong. Or go the well, opposite. She can't control where, her emotions now. It, it no, affects her can. amygdala. But it also, her amygdala is, is wacko because she's also, you know, leading them on i wish that this was where you did see because there's a point where she's like oh my god honey 
I see the light. You're, you're the love of my life here. And I wish that you saw more of a split personality, a more of a kind of insane thing that was going on. So Victor doesn't look like the big dupe. And what I was saying about earlier about Victor and how it ruins for me is the idea. And I know he's blinded by love, but seriously, please get a, get a brain in that head, buddy, because she keeps just, Oh, you know what? You're right. I didn't mean to make your, your sarcophagus, your mausoleum. Right. I love you. And he's like, I, I love you too. Baby, I'm going to do whatever it back. takes. And all it, it takes like, the head with it's, oh no. It, yeah. You it got takes me just again. A, a subtle, you prankster. And it does. It takes like a subtle little difference, especially at the one when she's like, you know what? Sorry, I did all that. I did this, that. I made it so you need a containment suit. I'm really messing up here. But I, I love you, honey. Like all of a sudden, like she doesn't know where she is. I love you. And then when he's like, oh, I love you too. I'll never let you go. And that triggers her. You never let me go. And then goes off Hulk-like or whatever. But instead, it's just her duping him. For, just get the hell out of there, Nora. Just go to Canada already. And she Please does. Leave, leave poor Victor alone. And the thing is, whether Victor keeps getting duped because he is blinded by love, like you tell him. But the idea that when we first had this whole thing started, like, I do get a uh, Mrs. Freeze, and this is what I wanted. I wanted a new character like mm-hmm. this, and she can like remain yeah. out and about like and I said, be a villain I, to come back now. I and was I'm happy with about that, that too, and I wanted more too of this more mobile Mister Freeze. You got more. You, you actually, in my mind, at that point. You ended up expanding this. You well, ended up making is, it so. From all the scientific work that he did, from the serum to the nanites, all the stuff he's working on, even the thing where he went to Wayne Tech and actually got the stuff that he's had on file the entire time to actually make it so you can do this whole thing where it be without no. a suit. I'm like, there's nothing that says he can't just do that again. He's not going he to, won't. but. No, he's in Arkham. He's in a tomb now. that's the now. thing is, is now, now he's like Nora in Arkham. Before we just had like, you know, icy kind of cells and stuff like that. Something that can you know, like no. keep the temperature down, like a refrigerator cell. Oh, now it's the visual in, now. Now he's in a containment like tube, to like to, like a stasis tube, just like Nora was. I'm like, when did we start doing this in Arkham? This All is weird. All I needed at the end is an Arkham guard a lady guard come by and just start pining for mr freeze and it all starts over so again it's, it's the it's the circle of ice eric is what it is you like that as the, no. the the deal yeah. uh and as they're fighting they're going and then you know they're in the degas thing and the, the thing that makes me laugh the most is all of a sudden nora gets away she's blasting away with her blast gun her ice gun she's it boom she also has her frozen arm going at it and there's like the big deal that kind of explodes all this stuff happening uh batman ends up defrosting they can't find her and now she's in the Egyptian exhibit and I'm like who is she? Is she freaking Axel Rose before a concert? Every time there's a ballet she's all over town trying to oh before I do a ballet I gotta go and go to Egypt in the Egypt exhibit and do my meditation. I'm like really? I this meditate is the at stuff the ISIS exhibit. Seriously I'm telling you this is why that ballet probably went under because she was never on time. She was always doing I'm telling you, she's Axel Rose getting ready for a concert just go out Fat and do your old. ballet. No, no, she will be soon up in Canada. No, now she's triumph. I don't know what's worse. Yeah, she's there. And it, just the idea of, oh, I go here before and I go there. I'm like, really? Like it, it happens to be right next door there. Yeah. So all this is That's going on. You end up having her. But yeah, but seriously, I hope she has money in this museum. Uh, they end up, you know, taking her down a bit. Then she always gets away. But then it's the big thing. Once freeze is, you know, got the serum and he has to be contained. They can't really chase her down now because Batman has to save Freeze. But even while this is going on, 
the back and forth again is ridiculous too because he's saying to batman hey batman listen you know nora's kind of crazy but i I think i can make her learn i want batman to be like she doesn't love you vicar just shut up but he's like listen can you put us next to each other in in arkham so we can be in cells and i could whisper through the thing and and convince her i'm like that that's kind of torture for nora and it's just ridiculous and batman's like yeah whatever which is something he wouldn't be able to promise anyway he's not so they end up going off and yeah you have to help victor but while this is going on you have that last second batman thing hey victor you know you're gonna have to uh you know account for all this nonsense that you did to the ladies so you're going to jail right yeah whatever we'll see how that works out but it does because he needs help from batman he's dying he's not in a containment suit because of that shot and as you end you see nora hanging out in a very nice chalet in canada weeks later i mean she has set herself up you can hang out in nice places too if you go in there and just murder the people who are inside well you murder them but remember up until this point freeze and her had been gathering up quite the nest egg to go off now she just does it without freeze this is his plan all along i think this is his cabin that she's just taken advantage of that he had already bought and you know she's got her globe oh look at you little dancer and i love this too is pretty much i think she's yelling at greta you know there's no global warming this world's gonna get a lot colder and i think that's what she's doing she's throwing shit at greta but we go off to arkham and there is the freeze he's just in a tube just like nora was and batman seems to be kind of Kind of happy about that. Kind of like, you know what? Time and life speeding by your stasis chamber. You're frozen. A steep uh, price to pay for someone to love you. I'm like, oh, my. Batman got the last laugh. And then he goes off. And that seems to be it. That's it. You're the villain in Detective Dunn. Next up, Robin. Yeah. And so what is going on here? Because this is one of the first ones, maybe, that's kind of – some of these are a little bit, you know, gray area. Uh, if they're going done, whatever. But this one being one of the first being done, you get a monkey paw from Lex. Yep. Is this something that we're going to see throughout all of them? We we kind of assume there might be that. Um, but it's it's a weird deal where you do have Lex doing this in, in all in all to be part of Doom, even though individual people shouldn't be able to sway a planet to Doom. But it seems like Lex might have been setting something up for later. Well, with, with Freeze, he obviously isn't. He was trying to dupe him. He was trying to, you know, get him to do something. And why Lex would care that he would end up bringing back Nora crazy unless that's the plan. And we see later, well, Lex Now we have one more bit of doom Nora. in the world. You know, well, this is the thing. Maybe Nora will end up as part of a continuing Legion of Doom. As, you know, he's like, I don't like Freeze. Freeze is always pining for Nora. So he's he doesn't have his head in the game. I have a Nora who's crazy. Maybe that's, and if that happens, then I will actually have to look back and say, okay, this made more sense. I like it what still that doesn't make is any sense. Being, no, it doesn't. The B virus makes no sense, but at least tying it to Lex, who may want to be something more later. But I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if Nora is just going to sit up there. We're not going to see Freeze because we go a long time at points without Freeze. We've seen him a lot because he likes to get beat up by Batman in the regular run. Um, but yeah, the next time it might just revert. I don't know. But because of all this, I, I like the art. And oh, with all really those inkers, it's crazy. Um, but overall, I am between a 5.5 five and, a, and a 6. Uh, but I'm going to go 5.8, I oh. guess. Because it's, yeah, I'm going to go kind of there. Uh, mainly because... 
it's just there's too much wrong, not enough going on, and then at the end, it's it's left open ended and a weird open ended deal. So all right, what do you freeze! I'm in my fire suit. You're in your regular ice suit. It's fire and ice, baby. We're gonna go chase down Nora Freeze, yeah. and that's all we're gonna do is go from place to yeah. place chasing her down. Well, I get a convoluted backstory about how she is ha- yep. brought back to life from a clone serum and of some sort. And him getting duped. And him getting and duped over and over getting again. A rug and one of your special syringes him. that makes it so you can't be out of your containment syringe. Have that? I don't know, but like yeah. I'm telling you, I like the art. Enough. I there's some moments here of the action that are cool, but overall it's a convoluted story that makes no sense at all. And I give it a five point five out of ten. I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Okay. So you were about where I yeah. was at the beginning. Uh, we're going to go to the next book, and it's a funny thing because of how the you know the issues lay lay this week. <laughs> funny, huh? Uh, yeah, it was. You had a lot of reviews, so I ended up telling you, "Hey, I'll uh, do action comics." I said, "I'll do it." No, it wasn't. I read those. Not funny at all. <laughs> I ended up uh, doing action comics for you, and I, I even said at the beginning, "I of course huh. you have read my reviews. I know that you, you're always pining to read those. Uh, usually, I send them early to you so you can get a head start on them." Uh, I said at the beginning that this was going to be me telling you. I'll just take this from now on. You, you have had right. problems with Bendis. <laughs> I, I didn't say uh. that because you read the review. I changed it. I went back on that promise. I, I ended up saying, you know, this is one of the things you ended up that you end up doing Superman action comics. This is how it has been. It just is, you know, an awful, awful circumstance that you end up having Bendis both books. Plus, you have Young Justice. I mean, you I end up being away. the Bendis and guy. And that's one of the things why, like, when I had all these books, like, hey, what book do you want to give me? Like, I'll do one of yours for you. I'm like, well, you can do action comics because it was a bunch of reasons. One, I didn't want to have to deal with the Bendis that earlier in the week. Another one was yeah. like, I was on the DC site where we go and get the banners for him. Like, they didn't even have a spot I for know. action comics. So I saw it that. It wasn't I'm like, there. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to so deal with angry. all this. I'm throwing this. At, and also, yeah, John oh, Romita Jr. on Art of This. I'm like, I'm I mean, throwing really. this at Jim. Yeah, I don't want any I parts it. of it. And, and again, I, I was trying to be nice. Uh, I should have so said Batman I, Beyond. Well, that's the thing that you knew. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, it's like I haven't read this in a year. I um, w- When I went to ask, I actually had my idea. I was actually going to tell you, hey, I'll take Red Hood. And I was like, nah, that's not fair. I'll let him pick. Uh, so you did pick Action Comics. I'm like, then I look at it. I'm like, oh, so the DC. I went down the opposite route of you. Oh, Everything yeah. that you ended up with, I started with John Ramita Jr. Oh, let me go get the banner. Oh, it's not even listed. Nope. Oh, my. <laughs> that was my and, oh, fact. I'm like, oh, the oh, previews are the worst. first things we got to do. I'm like, I'm not even dealing with this. It was the worst. So I ended up doing it. So in this first section where we usually have, you know, a ping pong deal a strategic of plan on my end. blurbs. And now I have all the blurbs of this. But we don't have a Jim Rings the Bell uh, deal. So it, it, I would have had that if so. Um, but the Jim's Reviews is pretty good because I did all of these. And you'll see that this action comic. You did Detective? I was not so hip on it. Well, I didn't do Detective, but I have to do the blurbs. True. Saying. true. I did all the blurbs. Yeah. So action comics number 1017 written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by John Romita Jr., Klaus Janssen, Brad Anderson, and Dave Sharp. And it is Joey Costco who does Detective, just to give him a shout out. This issue is a mess. Bendis tries to throw the kitchen sink at the reader and lets them climb out from under the wreckage. The Legion of Doom shows up to sing song their way through a scene that didn't really make sense overall. And we get Leviathan tech that leads us to mad gorillas that end up being a distraction and possibly the end of the silent mafia and red cloud off panel. Invisible Top it mafia. off with horrendous John Romita Jr. art. I mean, it is bad. I see people like, oh, man, thank God he's back to drawing the Supermans. Only uh, you, you get on a I boat and get the heck out of here. I remember when I stopped reading Superman the last time. Oh, yeah, it's when John Romita Jr. jumped on. 
Oh my God. I sat there. I'm like, well, where's blank? Where, where's Mr. Oz? Is he back? <laughs> I, I got to see this because this is nonsense. Uh, top it off with horrendous John Ramita Jr. art. And I can see why we keep getting told that Bendis is off so many pull lists. And this issue, when you ended up Leviathan, uh, it did give you Leviathan. We'll return in Action Comics number 1018. So I'm like, all right, we're going to get Leviathan. Wait a minute. This is 1017. Oh, so what's going to go on here in this year of the villain Lex Luthor? I mean, really? Just because Lex Luthor is the big bad of Superman doesn't mean that you have to forget no, that your year of the year villain, of the villain Red is Red Cloud. Yeah. That's what you started with. Don't try to switch your rule here because it's not big enough for you. You ended up making Red Cloud, and then you wanted Red Cloud to be advanced enough to be in the year of the villain. Don't do this. And even in an issue that kind of alludes that Red Cloud is dead. Right, so that's the thing. And is they say she's ridiculous. missing because she hasn't checked into the newspaper for like three days now, ever since she fought Naomi and Superman. I don't think she's dead. I think she's just licking her wounds Here's right now. Here's the thing, though. The idea of her th- – they say we haven't gotten a hold of her, but then the, the Ace Club, Eric, not the Ace Oak Club. The, the Ace Club, that blows up. And then out of nowhere, Trisha Q out of nowhere. I think that's where she was. And then we go off. And then that's where Superman then says, yeah, that Red Cloud was protecting the Ace Club. I, I There's too many points to the Ace Club blowing up and her not around then. Well, that's the thing. Is to, for once, me, it's once very Once she took odd. the Lex Luthor deal, it seemed like she wasn't working for Leon anymore and the Invisible Mafia. Because even when they found out about her going after Superman, like, looks yeah. like we're not so invisible anymore. Well, Time to start a war. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And who, the, the who other knows thing that you associate it. Red Cloud with the Invisible Mafia, really? Well, and the other thing with that is I I do think that if anything, that is Red Cloud maybe flying by like a comet and then using Leviathan Tech as approached by Leviathan. I don't know, but there was that approach and things I you know, I don't know what's going on. But everything is just thrown at you. And in the beginning, you do have a scene. You're going to have to try to work out a time frame. I'm not even going to try. This takes place a day after the main story. Yeah, well, the main story of what? Of this. I'm I'm just saying I'm asking like where you have oh, you gotta do this with every book. Young Justice you have, but this is more because this is the Legion of Doom pre what we see the dupe of of those guys doing There's where no Lex never yet. went back. Lex was going off to Earth for the first time at the end when all these other guys were put in tubes. I'm he saying though, back that, to Earth. I'm saying though, this is, you know, the Doom Sigil's not up yet, so it's before no, that. I'm saying though, even before that, he seemed to always be at the edge of the universe. He never, this was his grand return in Justice League after the Doom Sigil. He was going back to face Superman for the first time. They say, now you go and face the, the Justice League for the, you know, now that you're powered up. Okay, I, I've been waiting for this. Well, now we see he wasn't been waiting that long because he must have done it before. And so you have all that going on. You have the Young saying, Justice though, all, all there. All the Legion of Doom, though, are, you know, not thrones or in tubes at this point. There's no Doom sigil in the sky. So I'm saying this is probably around the same time well, that he is I'm giving saying, out the that, deals to people around the Earth. It, but it, it that doesn't seem, you know what I'm saying, in a thing that seems now you're talking that this takes place. And I know where we say the books and things like that. But now this takes place months ago. Like I'm telling you Come five, six issues, six months ago, though. Now you're throwing things out there where you have a lot of things just out there for no reason. But that's not the thing that upsets me the most. I saw a lot of people were very upset about that and trying to figure it out. There's Kendra. There's a lot of things in here that don't jive up even to when the Doom Sigil wasn't there. You had a lot of people in space at that point, a lot of people going different places, the Young Justice team. But what gets me is 
when the hell does the Legion of Doom ever stand there and finish each other's sentences? This, there's no way Lex would allow. Once they got allow, really close, they started no finishing Lex each other's sentences. This. There's no way that Lex is going to allow a big speech to the Justice League to be continued by Grodd. And Sinestro, that's not their place. They would not be there saying, finally, we we final offer to you and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then it gets back to Lex. You know, what do you want? We want a genuine. But it's not just Lex. It's all of them. That would never happen. And it leads from, hey, uh, what's going on there, guys? And Superman, hey, listen, uh, you guys are pretty tough. You know, you just ripped apart Metropolis and uh, I'll surrender if, if you just leave everybody alone. That's not genuine. Really? That's not sincere. They're all yelling it. When, when do you hear this from uh, these guys? I'm telling That's you. That's not true. This is Bendis dialogue and Bendis characteristics of things that always happen it in this book now no where sense. nobody acts like themselves. No, nobody. And then, like I said, then you go for pretty much the rundown where Lex starts a sentence, then it gets continued by Brainiac, then Grodd continues to Sinestro. Poor Cheetah. Poor Cheetah doesn't have anything to say. Her mouth's open like she's supposed to, but she doesn't. Uh, But yeah, it's like, hey, I want to surrender. I'm Superman. Hey, Lex, I'm going to surrender. You know, no, you're not sincere. He's not sincere. Really not sincere. So what do you want, Lex? Well, what I want is a genuine surrender. Yeah, genuine surrender. Uh-huh. Go to hell. This doesn't feel like anything of the Legion of Doom at all. And, and ben, tell Ramita to, to go and look at what these characters are supposed to look like. I, I don't even know who look, that Sinestro is. We're getting Sinestro all the way too is. far down the line now to have him look up what these characters are like. We have to have the writer tell like tell the writer to look up who these characters yeah, are and true. how they well, act and or talk. are the new ones. But this is just the big thing to make it so that Lex can be on the cover. And I'll I'll point out where I did say at the one point I blew it. I talked about this before. I blew it where you end up having these books and nobody can tell what book it is because you have this big year of the villain and a big name across and then a little action comics. And I was going to say that in the slack and I didn't because of the way I thought these covers played out. But people are complaining. People are losing their minds. Shop owners, people are coming in. Oh, I guess action comics didn't come out. There's this weird Lex Luthor year of the villain one shot or something. And, and they walk off and don't buy them. It's the worst idea. But also just there's. Bendis has to get Luther on the cover when that's not what his story was. It wasn't Year of the Villain Luther. And like you said, this might be pushing back in time to the deal, but that means he's fudging things just so he can get Luther there for nothing to just have him there until the end where they're like, you know what adds up here? Luther. And it made no sense. Oh my. It was like this one plus one equals 17. That when we go back to yesterday to see how all of these heroes were taken down by the Legion of Doom and even had Superman on his knees talking about actually surrendering over Metropolis to the Legion of Doom. We go back a day before when Clara Kent is finally doing yeah. his interview with the new owner, Leone, of the uh, of the Daily Planet. She doesn't want to give a lot of information because obviously no. she's a secretive person. But when this is all going on, this fiery bolt of lightning is shooting across the city, zigzagging in and out, and Superman has to go and see what's going on. And it teleports in using Leviathan technology to Gorilla City. And this starts our whole yeah. thing off with the whole idea of what we're dealing with right now. Because we have Year of the Villain, obviously. We have Leviathans all yeah. wrapped up, but we're still kind of dealing with... The, like the fallout of Leviathan and what it means and stuff like that, because we won't know for another year, most likely the way that yeah. his stories play out. But we have this whole thing because we have the, in the last issue of action comics, Leon saying, well, 
now the invisible mafia is going to have to go to war. I never understood why we'd have to do that. No, but that's what she it, said. Yeah. And we find out now that there is something out there that is going to war with Leon. It seems like this, her idea was, oh, we're going to go to war, but it seems like somebody's going to war with them. Like they were yeah. sitting there listening with like, Leviathan Tech. Yeah, but they're you, not going to say You don't get the Leviathan. idea that it's Leviathan. No. It's Leviathan Tech that then transports Superman to Gorilla City. Where he's like, oh, where, thank God, I'm in a friendly is, spot. Whoever, who, and- I'm telling you, whoever this is then also convinced the friendly gorillas of Gorilla City who did respect Superman to go and become enemies of Superman. So yeah. that's the whole thing. He's teleported to Gorilla City. Now he's got to fight a bunch of gorillas. I'm like, yeah. what? And, and, and again, if you want to have Superman and Gorilla City fighting gorillas, all right, that's that fine. sounds okay. Off panel. He ends up getting <laughs> tackled by him and then just returns the next deal I and then you. tells the, Lois the, later, I had to struggle through The, the worst uh, part is he gets back from Gorilla City, you know, after trying to chase his ball of fire or something like that. Damn. He gets back and like, hey, Kent, where have you been at the deli planet? And he just sits down and he's like, uh-oh. It's uh-oh. like when Wrong Turn puts his hood up. You know, you know he's yeah. angry. Oh, it is. Oh, no, like, angry oh, Wrong Turn. I really hate when he gets that way. Why? Believe me. And if that Kansas farm boy can't see the sunshine, there might not be it today. And I'm like, mm. I'm like, uh, he's just sitting there. And not saying yeah. anything. This whole thing, like, oh he's no, he's kind of just being a jerk off. Is what he is. Like, oh no, he's the jerk off, Clark Kent. I, I actually, if anything, if I want to give credit to Bendis for anything, though, I do like Perry before Clark shows up when he's like, I guess it's classified. It's paid in full. Just run the classifieds. We got no reporters. I actually like that. I like the freaking out Perry. I think he plays him out well. And a lot of times, I'll tell you, the dialogue of Bendis is always just seems better when there's just one guy talking to each other. You know, one guy saying the words, one lady saying, when you get two people like later, even when you get Clark and Lois, then things get wonky because he has to do the sing song deal. But when he's actually doing just somebody yelling something, I, I don't mind it. I actually think that that is a very good Perry who's just freaking out and, and, and over-exaggerating, yelling that, oh, it just looks like classifieds this week. Oh, well, they're paid. Oh, there we go. But yeah, there's Superman or Clark. He's going to town. He's doing this. Now, even before he was interviewing uh, you know, Leon, and he was talking, it's like, Hey, you know, I'm doing the story, you know, where you came from. I did my research, you know, where you're going to be inspiring people. She's like, I don't know if I'll inspire people. You have all these things going that are very Superman esque things like, you know, Superman inspires people, but he's trying to push that on Leon. But then he starts saying things a little too much as if he's hinting that he knows that she's part of the invisible mafia, which ends up being this idea. And to me, I guess is what might play out with the idea of, Hey, you know you'd be inspiring you know even illuminating we could do this you know how much did you dig out on me well i you know a reporter we go through our things but we are an issue away from him revealing his identity that clark Kent is superman and what he's saying here i think is where you're going to get that push of oh look at him the the reporter who cheats because he's superman he has super hearing he has super vision he has all this and it's really going to throw a lot of things out of whack and i think that's what that is setting up and i don't know it was okay but i i didn't like it anyway but that's where all of a sudden you know tick 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 he's going doing this you know story he's back in metropolis they ended up taking him out of metropolis with leviathan tech whoever is the bad bad and they are going to blow up the ace club 
and they needed Superman that, out of the, the city, part. but he's Just back. The idea that <laughs> he's back I don't now. know if it was ever said before the club that you know Red Cloud was at, where they were selling drugs to the mayor, that apocalypse drugs, stuff like that. This Invisible Mafia's club was called it's the weird. Ace Club because I don't. It's remember- weird if it was because that would have been something that you would well, have said. I don't. Right I don't away. remember ever being a thing that they've talked about before because the idea that you have the Ace Club, but the big Superman thing is the Ace of Clubs, which Bibbo runs, and it's been a big staple yeah. of Metropolis and Superman books or so long. So to have the Ace Club, Mike. What, what are you doing yeah. here? Are you saying that Bebo is in with the Invisible Mafia? Is that yeah. like, you're, and you or, don't know what it is, or you just or heard it one time? Or there's an ASO clubs, or an ASCA, you know, I think there might be some problems here. I, I'd go, that's like the McDougals. You can't have that. McDowell's, they have the Big Mac. Eric, the McDonald's has the Big Mac. And, and so it's it's weird. But then you have all of a sudden something going on. Superman sees it. He sees it before everyone else. There's an explosion coming. But again, this is the thing. They got Superman out of the city because they wanted to do this, but he got back before it happened, but still didn't do anything. So it's just a, a weird thing. The only reason he goes to Gorilla City really is to show that somebody's, you know, going around and turning people against him and things like that. Well, there's this big explosion. Superman goes, they're trying to help out. There's a lot of the Bendis deal, you know, uh, gas line, gas line, gas line, uh, not gas line. And then you go and, you know, you have Melody Moore there that we haven't seen in a while. That's yeah. nice to see. And she's like, I think I know what's going on here, but I have to talk to Clark Kent. It's so weird that you don't want to talk to Superman, but that's fine. Well, that's the and thing we'll is, before again. they did this whole thing when she showed it before, where Clark was yeah. talking to her to unravel the story about the Invisible that's Mafia the thing, and stuff. Though, by the time this gets around, you might not have that identity, and now there's somebody else who'll probably be pissed off. Everybody's just going to be pissed off at Superman for duping them, but all Superman has to say is, listen, I had to. You know, I'm Superman. I didn't want to have hey, problems. Superman and then we'll here. go forward with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, the idea of well, this just happening such a weird just idea, so. Though. The whole thing is like, there's this weird corrupt thing that's going on. I need to tell Clark Kent about it. I'm like, how do you just tell me right now? If there's something going yeah. on that we could deal with the Ace uh, of Clubs, I was just teleported to Gorilla City yes. because of something dealing with all of this. Please fill me in right yeah. now because I yeah, want to know what's happening. Let me know. I, I'm Superman. You can let me know uh, and then I'll tell Clark or you can tell Clark afterwards. But if there's something real important, he, he's going to tell me anyway or he's going to release it to the press and I'll know. So just let me know. But I think it's one of those. It's these dangling things that will be left Till the identity well, is like revealed, the last issue of so that everybody so can like, be mad. Hey, there's a thing. This Lex Luthor thing. What is it? Not going to tell you. The whole thing of the, what, what yeah. Lex Luthor gave Lois. Exactly. Who knows? It's always and and that's fine to introduce things, have them dangle, whatever. But not in this way. Not in the way that it seems like you're you're playing around. That you're laughing at the reader, where you actually have the character, especially Lois, in that last deal with. I'm not telling. I got it covered. I got to go. Like, please, just no. just end up having something happen and have Superman leave and not deal I'm, with it. Don't have it thrown in our face. I'm pretty sure that Superman has confronted Red Cloud in the Ace Club then before. And the whole thing is, okay. when he's talking to Lois about this later on, after it's all said and done, he talks about how the Ace Club being involved with the Invisible Mafia, it is actually made of something that was actually, yeah. uh, he could not see physically. Like, his Kryptonian eyes would not allow it. It's not like it's a lad he couldn't see through it. He could physically yeah. not see this building for someone like i'm pretty sure you were in there fighting red cloud at one point yeah yeah and i i like the idea where i forget who or what i think it was actually i think it was bendis who came up with the idea that superman then can just go after the thing he doesn't see remember we had that car that was lead lined and you end up having superman just looking yeah so i mean it's nothing new uh, and so him saying this, and I just love the idea because, again, like, it's, it's probably going to be Leviathan. I'm saying, tech. though, but it's made of uh, something this building that he cannot see, but I'm pretty sure he's been there. 
Yeah, yeah. And I just can't see through. No, can't see. And you just go back and forth. And I'm I'm telling you, when you end up seeing a page that has what I like to call the Bendis ladder dialogue, where it's boom, 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 one word, one word, two words, that back and forth. It, the time is, is come and gone for that. Uh, and he overuses it. And it's, it's infuriating. It, it ends up where you end up having panel after panel of nothing said because everybody is repeating or asking what they said before. And then by the end, you just get nothing. And what happens with this, this dialogue back and forth, the invisible mafia will get the material analyzed on it. Great. Let's shake down Gorilla City Guards. Did it. Gone. Done. All right. The club. Who? What? Luther. And I'm like, well, what happened? I ended up feeling like I was in the middle of a tornado uh, that, uh, you know, and all of a sudden they, they put me down in Kansas and somebody just yelled Luther at me. And then you, you end up with the next Metropolis Burns and you see the big. Well, that's the thing is they I, talk about when Superman's talking to Lois that whoever this is was using Leviathan tech. You can't say it's Leviathan until the end of the issue. Like Leviathan and the Invisible Mafia are at war. What for? Exactly. Leviathan has the accumulated wealth and power of all the spy organizations in the world, and then some. What does the highly volatile organization, like uh, organized crime world of Metropolis, have to offer have Leviathan? To offer Leviathan? Luther. I'm like, Luther. Who has Luther? What? Like, what are you talking yeah. about? And why would Leviathan he? or the freaking Invisible Mafia want Luther at this point? Yeah. He's off to destroying the world, and they don't have to have to anything to and do with each other. And it seems like even the, you know, what do they have to offer him? Maybe his head type deal? But even that, it doesn't make any sense. I do understand if you are an organization that wants to, you know, have some kind of, like, you know, justice throughout the thing by taking down the spy organizations, whatever, like, you know, Mark Shaw Leviathan wants to do. Yeah. And I understand that, you know, organized crime, they want to have a world that continue doing organized crime and so obviously oh, yeah. they don't want the world to end but it doesn't seem like anybody's at war with one another they should be teaming up against Lex Luthor and it's weird because you have Leviathan seems to be doing the old, old idea no secret you know it does kind of go against an underworld type deal but what I want to know is are we ever going to see any reaction from any world government about Leviathan? I mean, just the idea of saying that they have all that money, that money should have been cut off. There, there should be no money. Uh, you know, the, you, you take over. Uh, if uh, me and you end up robbing or stealing some big agency, especially a government agency, uh, th- that doesn't mean that we just get to run it as it goes and just take all their assets and go, yeah, they may have some sort of weapons, things like that. That's tangible stuff. But the idea that they have all their money and stuff like, well, where's the government involved? Where yeah, they might have the hacked their accounts and downloaded the money into another uh, yeah, asset. That's thing. the thing, though. They'd be able to follow this. You would have this would be the thing that the, the nonsense of Superman flying around would be nothing compared with the entire world seeking out all the missing pieces and what happened with. We don't even know what really Leviathan ended up leaving with. At one point, we even said we were talking and you have uh, Eliza Danvers, Kara's mom. That was just left that she might be dead, but she might be now assimilated in Leviathan. We don't even know what's going on. We're supposed to believe that when say the DEO went down, that every single person in the DEO decided, man, this Leviathan, that's the way to go. Yeah, we kind of got teleported here, but I'm in. Or are they mind controlled or they do? We don't know. And so this idea of they accumulated wealth and power of all the spy organizations is silly when we don't know, you know, how the world is reacting. This world seems to be like, eh, screw that. I don't. And, and just the idea that it was exposed. It, it, world problems. 
this is things that are going to, you know, the whole deal. They're over, you know, on Leviathan Island. Why isn't that place nuked right now? Uh, there's just some crazy things where you want to have this Leviathan be the biggest thing that has taken over all this stuff, but you want it to be on its own and nobody go near it. You know, you can't go near Leviathan because I have big plans for it doesn't make sense that this thing this entity this, that just the idea that you have superman just sitting there interviewing leon when you have leviathan out you have a name you have organizations you have things they, they should be full out trying to find what that is and they're just leaving it go and like oh man is that might be it. leviathan tech yeah even Lo- lois is there typing away she doesn't know crap she's just sitting there Oh, my goodness. It it just you can't base everything on this Leviathan that never was revealed, never was solved, even, have you know, nothing. And it's just nonsense. But, yeah, this is a wreck. This issue is just back and forth, things being thrown at you, things that are dangled and then taken away. And I gave it a four out of ten. I hated the art. I thought the art was terrible. I hate John Romita Jr.'s Superman. So if I don't like his Superman, I, I can't like the whole book because that's the main character but i really don't not please let the colorist do some of the shading i'm telling you these lines that he uses please you know grow up and do something nowadays that people do he looks like he's over there he's one of the hounds in the x-men comics i think he's changed i don't know what did you give it i ended up giving this a three out of ten because i'm not that's a fan of J- john romita jr's art at all so the idea of not even like a super i don't like any of it but the whole thing with Bendis yeah. dialogue through and through a story that like it's this but it's maybe not this but by the end it's this but it really goes nowhere it's like leviathan luther it doesn't make any sense at all for what they want to do with and then like gorilla city thrown in for good measure leviathan tech all these things are just words we have superman really doing nothing and you know what he's in a bad mood he's not going to talk to anybody at the daily planet about it because he's upset jim it's nonsense and i'm telling you i don't like any of the stuff we're getting for Brian Michael Bendis anymore. I'm telling you, I gave him the benefit of the doubt when he first came over the DC because I was not used to his style. I hadn't read anything of his since the, um, I think, Civil War in what, 2005 when yeah. that came out. So I'm like, ah, eh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I haven't seen what he's been up to in, you know, 15 years or like, you know, 20 years, whatever it is, uh, 10 yeah, years, yeah. actually. But uh, this is no good. It's all yeah, it's, bad. He doesn't understand DC comics. He doesn't understand DC no. heroes or villains or anything like that. And, and he now just he's doing, you know, things runs roughshod throughout these whole big. things, and it's just bad. It's funny because I'd like to say that when you got away from, you know, comics and DC comics, you came back with identity crisis and you realized, oh, my God, the comics grew up with me, Eric. You've told me this before. Then you left Bendis. And when you got back, you're like, oh, I see. He hasn't changed at all. He's still that same guy back then. (laughs) And you have grown. You're like, I've but you've grown. You've read better comics and things like that. And he has stuck with that dialogue. But also, like you said, a big point is he, he's not proven to me that he knows these characters, that he knows this, you know, not even just continuity, but the voices of these characters and what makes them tick. He just seems to be grabbing characters and just throwing them on the page at points just to have them thrown on the page without any sort of idea of what they were. What they, It's like Kate Spencer uh, or him, his use of uh, silencer. In the Leviathan story, he just threw her in there because people said you better include her because she was involved with Talia. And it doesn't seem like there was any real reason for any of this. Uh, He just tries to convince. It's like every issue, there's bits where he's trying to convince people that he knows these characters, but he always does it a little wrong. He has the Super Sons reunion as John's going off into the future. You like that, Damien, but he got so much wrong in an issue that he was trying to say – 
you know, hey, guys, I know you're mad at me for ruining the Super Sons, but look, I like them and I'm going to show you how much I know them. So you realize I'm I'm one with you. We're, we're all solidarity here. And he messes up everything about the characters. He has them do things they never do, to, you know, ends up changing pretty much the three basic characteristics of each character to suit what he's writing because he doesn't want to look it up. But we're going to move on to the next book and the last book of the section is Batman Creature of the Night, number four, written by Kurt Busiak, art by John Paul Leon. And Todd Klein, after the extreme delays, the series had him finally. Well, I'm glad we finally get this final issue. This is an odd series that mixes supernatural with realistic to give readers a somewhat ambiguous look at Batman. This issue is all about the idea of Bruce outgrowing the childish Batman persona and needing to be done with it in order to grow up and get past his childhood traumas. And medication. Batman comes off as an illness. That must be kept at bay in order for Bruce to finally live a real life. I liked it a lot. And if you haven't, I suggest reading the essay in the back that Busiak wrote to put the whole series into perspective where he goes through the whole deal and explains some things uh, of what he was trying to do. And really what he says right away and what he said even in the beginning in interviews before the whole deal was this was going to be a series that is not realistic, but it's not fully comic book. He wanted to put a supernatural spin in a realistic deal. Uh, very similar, he said, to his Superman the book, Secret Identity. The, uh, Secret Identity. So, and he wanted it to be the idea in Secret Identity, you know, you had a character who didn't want to be anything like Superman. This is, you wanted to, you have a kid who wanted to be Batman pretty much until his parents got killed and then kind of real life hit uh, and then it became not so fun. But as you go through all these issues, you are in this thing of whether or not there is a Batman, whether or not, and there is. I mean, this is supposed to be a horror comic. It's still a comic. That that persona, Batman's real. That happens. But this issue isn't about discovering why or how. It does really feel like what it is, is the idea that he, and a Batman, Batman has grown up. Or, or Bruce has grown up. I'm sorry. Batman doesn't grow up. Batman's still the kid whose parents were killed. And I think that this is a pretty good look at a human Batman in a horror type comic here. Uh, and, and not being completely Batman, but being Bruce Wainwright. But at this point, there's even the, the things that are pushed. And we're not going to go through page for page of this. It's, it's a long comic and there's a lot of things going on. But the idea of him trying to help and he never can help. And then he realizes, you know what, if I get arrested, eh, Batman takes care of it. If I get arrested, my money takes care of it. All these things that are not allowing a Bruce Wayne to become a real man. He is still a kid. He's being pampered everywhere he goes. And this Batman persona that does come out. Now, at the end, you're left to wonder, is this his twin that ends up being the stillborn kid that is his psychic twin that comes out. I don't think so. I think that that's all swirling in his mind. But by the end, without his medication, he is trying to figure out a way to make this Batman thing work in this reality, which does include him hallucinating uh, all the Batman villains, seeing things that he shouldn't be, uh, you know, going through clues and things like that. That's but, the one thing uh, about this issue where I really had the problem like you were talking about in Shazam during our spotlight before where it's like it really suffered because of the delays. And like I was all yeah. amped up for this when it was originally going on. It was even delayed at that point, but not as bad as like what it's been a year and a half since the issue came out yeah. last I so I'm like, all right, before I go into this, I want to go back and reread. Well, and, and if you read the back, the, the funniest thing is 
this has been delayed 15 years. They ended up, you know, giving this idea 15 years ago, and then it was delayed, came back, delayed, came back, came back with the different artists, all these things. But yeah, this last issue, it's been a long, long time. John Paul Leone had cancer, so he was fighting. It's not like we're throwing shade at the delays. There no, was no. a really about the idea re- real reason. But yeah, you, it does get, throw when, it I'm off. Saying, when you get into a groove with comics and you want to know yeah. what's going on, a year and a half since the last issue had come out, so I'm like, I went back and I read issue number three because I remember some stuff of it but I needed to really get back into it before yeah. I read issue number four. And the whole thing with issue number three is where we saw that, you know, Bruce Wainwright was trying to make a difference. He was having his Batman go yeah. out there and take out crime bosses and stuff like that. But he would see that every time he would do this, somebody who would worse would just come in and take his place. Yeah. And when he thought he finally could actually do some real good in the world by teaming up with uh, Gordon Hoover, the, the police officer that he'd been working with, who also kind of thought that he was up to no good and was the Batman and killing people left and right. So it was a weird thing where we found out that, all right, I'm going to work with Hoover now and we're going to get some real stuff done. But he realizes that he's being used by Hoover, who is working for the mob as well, to get him to go and take out certain targets and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. actually a guy who didn't deserve to be taken out. And we have him realize I can't trust people. I have to do it. But that's the weirdest part because when we ended last issue, he was up on the roof of his building. His secretary, yep. Robin, or personal system came out with, you know, Uncle Alfred, and he Trying turned him, into yeah. the Batman, which was a big yeah. thing to end it. And he jumped off the building and it ended the whole thing. And I'm like, we personally, when that came out, we thought that was the ending. We didn't realize there was going to be a number yeah. four. And I'm like, well, that's an ambiguous ending. It's kind of weird. So it's so weird to me to have that whole ending where we had him, you know, see through the eyes of the Batman. Batman was, was its own thing. For him to turn into the Batman itself and actually go off and do it, that felt so weird to come into this one now. It did feel weird, but she, you know, and we go through that and she does say, and it, it's a weird deal to start off right away by saying through Robin, it happened. He's Batman. I've seen it. It's not make-believe. It's real. And that's where you get the supernatural deal that this is what he's trying to play with. And and I know that it'll throw some people off. I think it threw you off. The idea that he is a supernatural Batman that does take no, over. No, no, I, I totally uh, went with that whole thing. It's just that it went, at one point it just kept changing where the Batman was yeah. its own tulpa, uh, psychic thought yeah. form or something like that. And then Bruce Wainwright actually became the Batman and then no. separates. So like, we're not really following any rules. And then the idea no, that... No, I think that it goes through each progression of how he's growing up. The way that he spells it out at the end, he does spell it out. And again, usually I'll be like, well, you should have put that in the comic, but it is in the comic. It's at the end where he explains each each comic, each issue is a standalone deal all on its own that is showing different ideas of a Bruce Wayne Batman. It's Bruce Wayne, right? But still, it's going with the Bruce Batman persona. And at this point, he's fully being taken over by Batman. And he is that thing before he was just, you know, when it was coming out, he wasn't sure what it was. Like we said, we we didn't know if it was this brother that he thought that's thrown out here as well. But at this point, it's like the breaking point of him either being Batman or a Bruce. And if he wants to be Bruce and actually grow up and be able to run his company and things like that, it's just the same as, you know, in the Tom King Batman, the idea of, you know, uh, a Bruce that is more human and things like that. But I think this has played out because of that supernatural angle. I do think that people are going to kind of get a little off track with it. Um, But the idea of this being a Bruce that is on kind of the, the, you know, the crossroads of either I just have to accept and become this Batman or I can get rid of it and realize I can grow up because he doesn't want to grow up. I mean, he, he doesn't want to get over. He has not getting over. And just the idea of it being trauma and things like that and a mental illness type thing of a little kid whose parents were killed. 
And he thought that maybe through this, he could make a difference. And he isn't. And you you saw that last issue, but we see this more of a, even a Bruce Wayne. Now he's trying to do stuff with that, but he can't even concentrate at his work and things like that. Uh, I, I agree that it is a bit of a jump from the last issue. It's a, it's a lot. Well, even when we jump like two years more. into the future, when we get into this, we have a little bit of recap from where we left off in issue number three, but then we jump two years ahead where Bruce is trying to figure out what he wants to do in life. It's just the idea now that we had, we ended the series with this whole supernatural take. We've, I had the, we like you and I discussed back and forth throughout the series, whether yeah. it was, you know, in his mind the whole time was a supernatural, but we were pretty much just given think this is all supernatural. Then to come into this final issue, it's like, all right, while this is all supernatural, he also has a, a mental like uh, problems no, where I he has to think take medication because he's going I just think, full on paranoia. Yeah, that, with the, no, I, I think that it's just the supernatural is actually the play out of a mental illness. I I just think that that's his, you know, that's in place of a mental illness. Those pills are just so that he can kind of become just Bruce. I think well, it's I'm still just saying though, he's going through some serious paranoia, thinks that everybody's out oh, to yeah. get him and stuff like that. So the thing is, he is taking this medication because he does have some kind of problem, like, like you know, mentally. So to have that on top. And even when Batman comes out at the end, the idea that he has to put all this stuff aside and not be the Batman anymore, the whole idea that we had this supernatural figure, like possibly his brother say, you know, he just wants to make sure that he's safe. He even hands the pills back to him. Yeah. Safe now. So it's like, you know, we wanted like a weird thing where we didn't really see him have these like, you know, like uh, mental problems per- previous in the story. We're just dealing with the supernatural aspect to jump to this issue for here. I thought it was just kind of out of nowhere to say, okay, he's no, I, having I, these delusions. I I took the the thing of him. First off, you have like a lot of things that are like realistic versions of things. He has his own back cave. He goes down. He even says to Robin, you're not supposed to be down here and almost says like three times, this is my back cave. And he doesn't say like, you, you got to get out of here. This is where I come. You're not supposed to be here. And like, no, no, no. I, I had to find you. Uh, I got it. The idea of this paranoia. That's just Batman. That's what Batman always does. And, I, you know, he's trying to connect things. The problem is. He's not really Batman. He is insane. And he's trying to, you know, work these things as a Batman. And he's jumping to conclusions where he does think that a Batman can sit there and say, well, that happened. I guess that's Joker or that's Mr. Freeze. It doesn't work as well in the regular world. I just think this is him trying to, you know, solve a case due detective. He's not a detective. He's not the world's greatest detective. He's not somebody who trained to be Batman. It's just this, you know, this personification that he thinks might be his, you know, twin that died in the womb and things like that. And Which even that when was just such a leap going, at one point, too. I really thought I was going to get some kind of clarification on that moving into this because – he finds out he has a twin at one point. I think maybe it was in the last no. issue where it was, you know, he like, he talked to Uncle Alfred about it. Oh yeah, you, he was stillborn. But even when you look at that, that story, like that, um, Busiak wrote at the end of the issue talking about what the book's about, yeah. talking about how he said almost like it was a, you know, one of those twins that you end up eating. Exactly. You know, he, in but the he womb. didn't yeah. absorb it though. It was born stillborn. No. So it was like he, he said stillborn because it was, you know, almost like the dark half. It was very dark half. But about again, it. this is what I, again, this is a lot of, it's all going to go with how you take things. And that's why I liked it more. The mental health issue is I looked at it as legitimately he is a, you know, he has something weird. This is a, you know, supernatural thing that this Batman does happen. And I think that his defense mechanism is to say it's not him to say that it is the, oh, it's that twin who did that. You know, the twin who died in the womb that I but heard about. Oh, thank him. God I heard about that. Yeah, but it, I, in his mind, I'm saying it. You no, don't no, know that it became as well, they him. saw him become Batman. No, yeah, but no, I'm saying this Batman is what he ends up becoming. 
And so, but to, in his mind, to make it work in his mind, to make it so that he's not doing all that bad stuff in his mind, he just says, oh, that's when Thomas takes over and becomes Batman. But you end up that it's, it's him. You see when he even gets in the fight now and this issue, especially where it's Bruce who becomes it. There's, you know, and there is times though, where you see him looking in windows and things like that. But again, I think that's this childhood thing of always wanting someone to look over you. I do think that this is full out. Like I said, the idea of him becoming Batman is true. That happens. That's the supernatural aspect of this issue, of this whole series. He does become a weird supernatural Batman, but to keep it at bay because of the idea of it being some sort of defense mechanism in this world that's somewhat realistic, instead of me having a defense mechanism that I become Joey Walnuts and I start yelling at you like I'm a mobster and punch you and things like that, in this world, he becomes a personification of Batman, but realizes it can't do anything, and And the idea in his head, I think this twin makes sense in his head for him is that he doesn't grow. He's not evolving. This is still, and you can, people say that about Batman just regularly, that Batman has not grown up from nine years old when his parents got killed. He is still out there trying to beat up people because of that. And he's never going to get better. And this just explains, and the way that it's separated, you get to see a separate Bruce Wayne kind of that needs to grow up, needs to be somebody different, can't be the Batman who's just punching people because realizes now that's something a little kid thinks is great. And that's not going to work here. You know, it's I the supernatural have the power figure to do that things. actually at the end actually allowed him to go and change things. He gave him the pills and said, look, I need you. Yeah, to be- but I'm saying it's only him seeing that. I just think that that's him just deciding uh, you know, the, the I'm going to do the pills. I mean, you you do see him, Bruce, be safe, but it's just him in an alley laying there. I actually think that that's just in his mind where he can finally say this Batman, you know, my brother, Batman, whatever, is now allowing me to take these pills because I think that he's come to the idea. I'm laying in an alleyway. Th- this is screwed up. I got to take these. And in his mind, it makes it again. I'm going through stuff and I'm telling you, I'm going through stuff that I see with Tanya, with what she has and things like that, where this would be him there. And the only way that it makes sense for him to go forward and not be guilty, thinking that that might be his brother, because he does think that is for his brother to hand him the pills to take it. I just think that this is him saying, I got to take these. Because even when he gets it, he's like, Tommy, Tommy, there's no Tommy. He's gone because that's when he has decided to let go of the Batman. He doesn't need the Batman anymore. That Batman is a thing that a nine-year-old needed to get over this death. And one of the big things about this in my mind is Alfred dies in my mind for a reason because he takes that as an adult. But he does not think of this. You don't see him like in Tom King's Batman, ah, smashing walls and stuff. That's a nine-year-old again. This is an adult where he knows he's old. He did blame himself for that first heart attack, but he's got to realize people die. Now, as this is going on, you also have that big deal where you do have, and I don't think it was played out as well as it should be, but once you read that back, you see what's happening a bit, where he does have to end this, and he's fighting his way to get to the zoo, where it started, where you had, I will be the bat, that the moment was in the zoo with the bats, and even in the back, Kurt Busiek says, this Bruce looks at the, you know, the zoo of these are pampered animals that are fed just like kids. So he has to go and he wants to destroy that. It's Batman at that point that realizes I got to end this and wants to destroy the zoo as a symbol of the bat. That's why when he goes off and he's in the alley laying there, he sees the bat and he gives it to him. But again, I'm looking at it through 
a lot of, you know, mental illness type deals, things that I see that again, Tanya has split personality from trauma of her childhood. And a lot of the things that I see in this are exactly things that she does for reasons. And that's a very story. personal thing. That's an interesting that's story. But up deal. until this whole point where it becomes that out of nowhere here, we've been dealing with a supernatural aspect to the whole thing. Just to put well, all I that said, stuff it's aside. It's still the supernatural aspect, but the supernatural aspect is the personification of a mental illness. You just have, I mean, he's flying around the city as a supernatural yeah. Batman. It still happens. It's real. It happens. It's just that in this deal, a split personality happens to be a real thing that happens and he's Batman just because it's a Batman deal. Like I said, Tanya has like 17 personalities. One's a little girl. If we had a comic, I would probably portray her as a little girl running around. There's one that's like this street tough thing that they all hate me. Every one of these, you know, personas. I bet you. Well, yeah, really, because they know me and all. And again, you want to talk about that, too? Every one of these personalities. And again, this is very personal to me. I can't expect anybody to go with it the same way. But every personality that there is, is always trying to convince Tanya that I am manipulating her and trying to do things behind her back to end up making her life awful. When in fact, I'm trying to help her, but because so many people have hurt her, so many things have happened, she ends up, that's why you have these defense mechanisms. The defense mechanism doesn't show up to say, hey, everything's fine, baby. Uh, You know, you're doing great. No, the defense mechanism shows up to say everything isn't your fault and they're all out to get you. And that's why it really did play well with me and i know the idea of the supernatural aspect but it's still there that's just the mental illness instead of it being him just switching and yelling at somebody and doing things this is his way of trying to combat and i i do think that overall this whole thing has been a look at the mental illness that would be a batman and batman himself i mean a guy who dresses up as a bat and goes out and it's, it's crazy And it is a mechanism for him to try desperately to get over the trauma of his youth. And I think that this plays out really well. Yeah, some of the issues kind of do have a jump, but I think the way he played it out, he wanted it to be each one had a theme. This one was, you know, get the Bruce too old to be Batman anymore. Let's get it out. I, I really, really liked it. I really, but again... I said, it's so personal. And so it's like one of those where some people read stuff and it just clicks with them. Everything they see makes sense. And somebody else who doesn't have the experience is just like, this is hooey. And I can't say any different because of the way, you know, and even at the end where he is driving away, everything's fine. Years have gone. He's on a different medication. They figured it out and he's there and he still has that voice, you know, asking safe He's like, so far, buddy, so far. And it's just the idea that he's not, you know, these pills don't get rid of that. You know, the, the stuff, it's they still there. They got rid there. of the paranoia. Yeah, well, it got rid of, it does mass the stuff. And I'm sure, and maybe it would have been even better served to see that before the end that he was, you know, going through some intense therapy and things like I that. Say, all not the stuff pills. that he was seeing at the end and actually the way he was acting. Just oh, yeah, like that was a him just at the end. Oh, that was at the end. And I really thought that what this was going to do is completely end with him in Arkham. 
I, I thought that they were going to have some sort of Arkham that he was going to be thrown into because of this, because it was all coming. But there you have the worst psychotic episode that leads to him then realizing I, I got to change things. Even the point where the supernatural of him being able to make storms and stuff that's there. But this is like it's almost like one of those weird movies where all of a sudden, you know, I'm there and I'm mad at you. And then a storm, you're going through a storm. And it's supposed to be the storm of my mind and things like that. I think it does get a little bit, you know, a little bit too fancy. Uh, but yeah, if, it, if it's something that hits with you and it did hit with me, uh, I really did like it. I thought the art was really good. Oh, it's really good. Story. And yeah, like I said, and this is one of those, I hope you can tell. Usually, man, you're arguing because I know my score is going to be so much higher. I can never argue. This is something that I read and it clicked with me right away about this mental illness angle, especially because of, of Tanya. I mean, I'm not going to make any, you know, any lies or things about it. It, it really time. is. I can see. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm just saying I, I like to be open book with stuff that happens in our house and things with our podcast. So, yeah, this is stuff that even today in our house it, it happened. Well, I remember and still I trying to get see the, the things. Yeah. Yeah. And that this is what leads me then to read this again. And in points of this, you ever cry in this issue? Anything get you upset? No. Because there shouldn't be. I did because I sit there and see, you know, what's going on. And I just, I imagine, you know, all of a sudden Tanya trying to get through all these villains of Batman. I'm like, she'd be real confused. Uh, but just the idea of these things swirling and just how she talks to me later about what happens in her head and how it goes. It really plays out well here, but it's such a specific thing that I don't know that, uh, you know, everybody will like it the way I do, but maybe some people like it other ways um, because I really did like it a lot. Uh, but what would you give? I'll say this is still an enjoyable issue. It's just not exactly what I wanted coming into this because we were dealing so heavily in the supernatural aspect where I did yeah. want answers just to say out of nowhere he's a paranoid schizophrenic and th pills are going to fix everything. It just felt kind of odd and out of nowhere for since we didn't have any real buildup of that anywhere in the last couple, you know, three issues. So, like, I'm sorry. I still enjoy the story. I still think there's a lot of stuff good. I like the art i would give it a seven out of ten it's just yeah it just went in a completely different direction like out of nowhere it all yeah, became about mental health and we weren't dealing with that previously yeah the thing is the the thing that i took is we were but the problem is just like he says in this issue uh if he wasn't a billionaire and things weren't going well because remember at one point he was using batman even to skew the deals even at the point with gordon when he goes to gordon and gordon's like he gave me those you know deals uh, I think that uh, this happens to people where it's just not diagnosed, that it's happening. And we saw it all along. We just didn't know that it was a supernatural personification of a mental illness in this world there. And he says, no, I'm just this saying, is it's, it's right out on, on like Front Street here where he sees the Batman villain swirling around his head. And he's actually confronting them. So I'm like, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is when, this. no, I'm saying this is where it's probably this is his first real break like this. Up until now, he was just able to separate it and the idea of him saying oh that's my brother he's the batman he's crazy you know all this this is where things this is just full out psychotic break where somebody would get put into a mental health institution this happens where some you know you could be 
borderline and not have a break like this until you're 40. And then all of a sudden you have it. It's not like you have it every day. This is stuff that ends up getting worse and worse as you don't treat it. And I think that that's how it was played out. And before we just, you know, people were going with the idea. Yeah, he was doing it, but everything was fine. He was able to control it. It's just the same, almost like anything, any illness. If you want to say alcoholism, this would be as he's growing up, the alcohol, man, I'm a, I'm the party animal. I can, I can handle this. I can handle this. Then you get older and you can't handle it anymore. And you go through that one thing that really shows, oh my God. And then everybody sits back and goes, you know what? I didn't think of Eric as an alcoholic, but I realize he's been that for years. And uh, yeah, really, they probably say that all the time. Uh, But yeah, it was one of those, but I I understand, but I gave it a nine, six on the site. I'm going to stay with that. I really, really liked it. It's very personal. Um, But the idea of it being a story that some people may not like, I understand. I understand. It does go out of nowhere where you do push that deal. It's not um, that I don't like it. I enjoy it. I just don't like it as much as you. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm telling you, if you remember, I didn't like the third issue at all. I ended up, I think, giving the third issue a seven or a, a six. Again, though, I didn't like it, like it at all. It at all? I'm telling you, I give this a seven. I think it's enjoyable. No, I, I just think said you didn't like it as much. I didn't, I didn't say I don't, said I, you didn't. I don't like it as much as you. I'm like, you're saying you didn't like the last one at all and you gave it a seven. I'm like, that's, that's no, still pretty good. No, I'm just telling you, I didn't like it that much I, the last issue was my least favorite so going into this i was happy that i liked it more it's nothing about you I'm not saying anything about your score i said you didn't like it as much as me but i understand because it's the reason i like it would be something you'd never deal with so that's that but we're gonna go off now to the mail yo it's mail call It is Mail with Eric. Hello. I'm here as well. And if you want to be part of the mail, just like Alex M. and Niels. Niels. Tonight, Niels. Oh. Uh, tonight, you can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com and be part of the show. And here we go with Alex M. says, hey, Jim and Eric. Well, you guys Alex? have been putting a lot of podcasts out there. Keeping up on them is a little difficult. I have listened to you guys talk so much that sometimes all the babbling just turns into gray noise to the point I will be thinking about something for like five minutes before I realize you guys are still talking about the latest issue of whatever Bendis is working on. This is really helping my mood, right? I mean, I'm telling you. I just really drone you guys out. I'm out. You hear me? I did that. Here's here's actually what happens. That's me. My bionics kick in and I'm out. Uh, I tend to pay more attention to the comic reviews to the ones I've read or when you're uh, crazy butt comics like the ones that make you laugh or that are really out there. This is what I was just talking about. He likes when we just lose our minds Mm. uh, about comics. He doesn't really like the comics. Sometimes I enjoy the Tom King reviews and the list of complaints that keep growing. Check out latest TK review from WSDC. From listener Alex M, that is an editor's note there. So I got back to the DC app with the intent to read Jeff Johns Hawkman. 
uh, work. Then it became JSA. And then after starting from James Robinson, David Goyer's run, I got kind of bored and started reading Red Hood and the Outlaws, which I'm up to 31, which is when Liddell returned after the takeover from James Tyne in the fourth. See issues 18 to 28. Reader Alex M. All right. Little editor's note. Funny thing was that I counted several times in those first 30 issues that we go over Jason Todd's origin from zero issues to flashbacks to tie-ins to villains month. Not much about Arsenal or Starfire, but I guess it is called Red Hood and the Outlaw. Yeah. If you were Red Hood, he's front and center. He's the star. Your two outlaws, Eric. Who would be your outlaws? Who would be my were... outlaws? That's a good question. I don't know, because the thing is, I really do like Roy Harper in that role, even though it does kind of yeah. diminish what he was before, you know, Flashpoint and stuff like that, because they really just made him more of a scumbum than he ever was before yeah. at that point. But He was a scumbum. Red Hood, who would be his outlaws? That's... No, it's your outlaws. I mean, yeah, I no, guess yeah, it is that, the yeah. Red Hood. If it's Red Hood I'm, and I'm the actually thinking it's Jim Werner and the outlaws. <laughs> Is what I was thinking. And then I'm thinking, I'm thinking Waylon Jennings and Johnny Cash is who I'm thinking as my outlaws. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe Coy and Vance. You know, they Why might would be my you outlaws. Everyone, Coy and Vance. Yeah, they they don't get enough of, of a shake, Coy and Vance. I know who my two are. And you want me to go first? Yeah, I know. You would. I, I can't Mine think of anything off the top of my head. Emiko, uh-huh. right? Emiko and Gabby, right? Gabby, Gabby. yeah, from Marvel. Gabby. Yeah, from Marvel. So, he, Red he Hood's just hanging out with underage girls. Damn right, he is. It's me. That's, I was just going to say, it's me again and be happy to say that. I, no. I, it's him. No, I'm saying he's so going to teach them. So now you're just living through them. your fantasies. I got you. No, he's going to teach them, Eric. And What's he going to teach them, Jim? He's going to teach them how to fight. He's going to teach them how to live. He's going to teach them how to love. I don't know. Do I not don't teach them how to love Red Hood. I'm back to having Coy and Vance. This is what I'm having. And, <laughs> and if not here. Coy and Vance, I want uh, probably Luke Skywalker and Indiana Jones. They're those two. They're outlaws, right? I don't think you uh, how understand about, how this game how about works. I'll have Han Solo. And Indiana Jones. They, I never see them in the same room together. It's really odd. They have this weird scar <laughs> the same way as well. I'm really, I'm really starting to wonder about those two. Uh, but no, uh, seriously, I do think that I would have like an Emiko and a Damien. I, I like, you know, that sort of thing. They're not necessarily outlaws, but Damien could be coming out of all this, they you know, stuff be. in she Teen Titans. She killed Deathstroke. No, I'm saying usually you wouldn't think of Damien as that, but he has become that. And I, I think that that would be cool. You know, if you get rid of the Teen Titans book, which they won't, but if you want to get Damien off that, yeah, you have Red Hood with Damien, which is the start of maybe getting our Robins book that we really wanted. Uh, how about I want Talon Grayson and Damien. Talon Grayson? Grayson. He is. You get it? The gray sun he is. It, it makes back sense. The, uh, the character damage, you know, the pre Ethan Avery one, like oh, the yeah. original damage like we had back in the nineties and two thousands. Like that You'd might like be that? cool. It might be pretty cool to have that. I'm just trying to think of like heroes with chips on the shoulder that you could oh, actually chips have. Chips on their shoulder. Yeah, huh? because that's what it always is. Like like a dead shot has you. No, well, no, uh, no, no dead it, shot. It, he is suicide squad. It, that's the problem is if you start doing some things it does start feeling like a suicide squad like if you if you anti heroes, not villains. Oh, anti-heroes. I'm going to go with Blank and the Lobo, Joker. Lobo, Damage, right? and Red Hood. <laughs> okay. That'd be crazy. That would be a crazy deal. They could all get on the space hog, <laughs> rev it up, and go off together. You, you have Red Hood with his arms around Lobo like that. Lobo smoking his cigar, going off. You, you don't like Gabby and Emiko? We're, we're doing this because the only way they're going to make this all work is to combine companies. So I don't I'm, want that I'm to already, happen. That goes with that. We got the Honey Badger and the Emma. You got a problem with continuity now. Imagine if you lived in a world where DC and Marvel were merged into one trying to get all that straight. 
Oh, it'd be so great. No, you keep it separate, but they can go in between. They have a portal in between the jump. So or, separate or actually, but equal is what you're telling actually, me. Actually, how about this? Well, that's if, if that's I awful. was Marvel, if it was Disney buying DC, I would get them and just keep it, you know, status quo, but kind of go under the full fold. You just want to make the money from them. And really, it will lead to the movies. And maybe the movies would get better that way. Um, but from the comics, I would think you would still separate them. But if you didn't maybe you have a draft you have the universal draft where you start picking this oh batman's marvel now eric there you go but spider-man he's dc actually all the marvel go to dc dc go to marvel and we start from there they're all so, just yeah, red equally hood and the separate yeah red hood and the outlaws cassandra kane orphan oh that would be pretty good orphan would be really good actually if you had like an orphan i'm, I'm actually and- you were going off talking about marvel and dc i'm looking at all my action figures around me to try to figure out who no, do I'm i want on this that, team yeah orphan would be a good one with red hood as well that would be cool i'm also starting swamp thing from rot world crossover and hoping to get through all of soul's run i don't know if it's the nostalgia or comfort of knowing the era or both but i still have the need to complete some of the new 52 books i never got to finish or skipped around issues that's some good ones by yeah by the way is there any way for you guys to get through new 52 reviews they're fun and they don't come out enough it's once a month <laughs> it's, it's once a month it's like seven issues but hey we'll, we'll see we shall see her <laughs> you know currently but we do make sure now when you think it's bad if you remember we we couldn't even get through one trade in a month before we were cutting them in half because we had too much to do but we decided that that's something that we can't do so we do them all in one deal but yeah it's going to take us a while to get through that currently i'm really enjoying just we're the Odyssey. That. no we're not but i really appreciate that abnet really got his own version of the guardians of the galaxy once again with these dc characters i think that he means you know lately uh the fact that dexter says a lot there all we're missing is Groot. i nominate bador anyway i'm gonna keep uh picking this series along Bator with from for All-Star a Section little 8? while longer that's what he wants he wants <laughs> that's Bator. The craziest yeah, now. he wants him as <laughs> as Groot. Bador. That'd i want this funny. random alien here i want orion i want jessica can, cruz Bator and dexter my can we just throw can we throw in grappler in there Gra- no grappler's dead Grappler. nah he's not dead in the in the ghost zone he was brought in back in the ghost sector he's black nobody would even know he was gone all of a sudden we, we the were things that were brought that. back jessica cruz the freaking you know the omega freaking cube we have over here grappler grappler we were talking about grappler and i said grappler really was the character that didn't have the push that a kite man did because he was kind of kite man then grappler i'm telling you he was, was stacker dave from freaking yeah. ennis's oh, run was, on you know but I'm uh, saying the punisher all of those are everybody and just this kite man hell yeah nonsense i was in minneapolis recently met up with batman beyond mark it was always nice seeing members nice. of the gfc but boop shout out i always look forward to hearing mark's reviews especially from someone who is so invested in their favorite character of course i really enjoy jeremy's solo reviews haven't heard one of those in a while although i saw there was another martian manhunter we get week, drowned so out fingers crossed yeah we get drowned out hey, you and, guys uh, all, no. everybody else they're great but you guys i start yep. thinking about stuff you i just realized suck. oh you're still talking oh okay. uh yeah jeremy kind of stepped away he's not going to be doing things anymore it's nothing that was you know something that he was mad or whatever he has some family issues that he has to deal with so he is done for now uh until he wants to be back it's all up to him uh nobody has said man on the outwalls you want the cat man maybe i've also enjoyed simon's reviews especially how edits a lot of empty spaces in his recording uh, how I think that's especially how Jim edits a lot of space in his recording. So you didn't have to see, but yeah, he didn't, I, again, I'm not going to push anybody to do reviews in the last Lois. Uh, we never even really talked about it and I think he was busy. So I, I didn't push the issue. Well, that's it. Hope you had a good 
Thanksgiving, he says. Sincerely, Alex M. Thank you indeed. And thank you, thank you for upsetting me and, and making me sad. Don't worry. I, Everything does at the end now. Right before we, we go, there, I don't read the mail ahead of time. And I'm telling Obviously. Eric, you know, I think we have to do this and we got to do this. And I think that this isn't hitting. And then Alex M is there to throw a wrench in it all to tell us exactly what he doesn't like. The next email is from Niels. And Niels has a lot to say. And he says, a big tantric namaste to you all. all right. And remember, you, you can up, tell Niels? I said Niels because we were corrected in this. In your recent episode, I heard 247, you spoke about board games. Eric said that he had a, a bought a great board game called Universal Monsters, but it would take over Horrified. an hour to read the manual. Yeah. And that so is even on his own without others presser, pressuring him to continue or go faster. I once played a Robinson Crusoe board game with three friends. It took over three hours to read the manual whilst playing it a bit. I'm Everyone except me lost interest in the game. I loved that it was so complex. We used to do that with Arkham Horror. We used to get people all around. And it would take us an hour to figure out how to play again every time oh, we wanted really? to play and set up. Let me continue with Niels, who right. says... Same with Arkham Horror. Great game. So my girlfriend bought Pokemon Sword, and I'm binge gaming it ever since. We have this game since one week now, and I currently have played 14 hours. To some, it doesn't sound like much in one week, but for me, who hasn't played games in a long while now, 14 hours is a huge amount of time to put into a game in one week. My girlfriend, because she is self-employed and can manage her time more easily, played 35 (laughs) hours already. I think she's self-employed with this. (laughs) I think that her job is Pokemon Sword. So comparing our different game statuses is a bit difficult. I can totally recommend this game. A great world. Very she beautiful She puts more Pokemon. time in one week in that thing than I do in actual work. Exactly. So she's, you know, she's clocking in. Much discovering, very fun leveling, catching, trading. Since five weeks, I'm doing yoga at home. You like that, Eric? I'm visiting a yoga course. Now I think that this is like a Frisbee course like that man ship is doing. Going over to the yoga course. Oh, my, I'm on hole 13. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like every yeah. different course. Like, all right, here's the downward dog. And I'm going to run over to this other That's hole. Right. And I can do this. Yeah. You, you know, you always like the 19th hole, right, Eric? That's the That's bar. where we get drunk? And the, yeah. Yeah, I don't really. play golf. I hear a lot of these guys uh, and gals, they don't wait for the 19th hole. I had the 19th hole course, last night. Yeah, because home. Oh and I'm not talking about booze. And you're not talking about golf in this. But boom, <laughs> I don't have anything. There you go. That's how fast uh, I was too. Yes. Oh my. Were you ghost hunting again? Is that I what was. you were doing? Oh geez, I'll have to find out about that later. I usually don't compare myself to others because there's no sense in doing so. And in this course, I'm really the baddest of them all. This course, Eric, he's there. Uh, he's doing the frisbee golf. It sometimes makes the people laugh about my failures of doing the position right. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> we are talking about yoga. I don't I know. Forgot all about it. I'm upset and, about the people laughing at my failures through everything in life. Yeah. Yeah, again, this is my life. Well, it's a funny laugh, not a dissing laugh. Oh, they're laughing with you, are they, Niels? I I don't think so. (laughs) I hate to break it. They're laughing at you. I'm sticking to yoga because I want to be more stretchable in my years to come. Well, he's German. He's having problems here. It also gives me more opportunities in the horizontal business. Oh my! The horizontal business. What is he in the the lumber business or something? Is that what he's doing? Is he doing the lumber business? I I just lost my place, Eric. Is is am you I know, doing this right? I, the, I I started sitting there seeing this, and I clicked on the side button of the stupid Why? mouse because this mouse has like seventeen buttons on it. I didn't want this mouse. It's don't the click worst. any of them. 
I'm, I'm sitting here. I didn't mean to. My thing just slipped. It's just like, you know, when I get in trouble, it slipped. It slipped, officer. And he says, uh, as as we're going Wait, what are we talking this, about slipped? I got to go back to this. I don't know. He's sticking to yoga, though. Also gives me more opportunities in the horizontal business. So Tom Taylor is writing Suicide Squad. I can't wait. Hooray. Finally, comments. a series in the regular DC continuity for him. He is great at writing character moments, designing them, and getting their core into the books. I agree. Also writing death scenes. He does a lot of that. Because of the continuity, he cannot just kill anybody once. I'm really looking forward to what he will be writing. Now he's introduced like 17 characters. characters, A lot of character fodder. Bunch of red shirts. A roulette to see which one's going. Joker, Harley, Criminal Sanity reminds me of the Hannibal series of the Mindhunter series on Netflix, just with DC characters. I do like that book, and it's been delayed again. It's going to end up being delayed like five months. This kind of true crime comic is very much to my liking. I would love more. And I said on the new show today on the Patreon that when you have some of these black label, you know, when they end up getting delayed, it's a real delay because they already only come out every two months. So you have some real problems of those prestige ones. Maybe a Batman comic is in this kind of style that he wants of the criminal sanity would be back to the detective roots. I haven't told you yet. My name is pronounced Niels, not like feels, not like files. And I, we struggled with that. Right. Now I'm going to remember Niels Lofgren is how I'm going to remember it. By the way, I attached a picture of myself wearing my usual date outfit. He has Nothing. a link. He sent like you. It, he sent you, you a dick pic. It got flagged. I, I ended up with the whole idea was I was uh, taking it like he looks like he's out trying to be like Arrow. Feel this. It looks like he's got nunchucks. I don't know what he's on. This I just imagine in my mind he's wearing a hoodie. He's like the Arrow. He says that he looks like the German Rob Schneider. That is not true. I actually think that he looks I'm like so Taylor sorry. Hawkins from the Foo Fighters, the drummer of the Foo Fighters. So I pegged him as looking, and I mean, I pegged him as looking like Weird. that right away. Uh, so, yeah, I have that. Oh, my good God, guys. It was so hilarious and awesome to hear your reveal of Batman versus Rachel Ghoul number two. Reggie laughing with his beautiful voice, and you guys just having fun all the way. Uh, guys! Uh, 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 <laughs> guys! You weren't there. Yeah, guys. Made my day. It was me. It was I was laughing so Wasn't much. Wasn't I there? Well, I just didn't have anything to say. You were in spirit. Uh, you were ghost hunting. Really great stuff. And Jim, your review of Joker, Harley, Criminal, Sandy. Thank you so much for this. It's a great comic. And your podcast review is letting me see this issue from different angles. It's almost like I was tantric with it, Eric. It was, I didn't like. know. I don't know who said it, but at least reviewing every issue number one in the podcast is a great idea, guys. That was me and Eric shaking his head right now. Like, really? And Jim, sorry for throwing shade at you sometimes. I don't really remember him throwing that much shade at me. Oh, I remember. Um, it was a glorious time. I will, I will take his word, and also thank you for throwing. I just like to imagine. Oh yeah, don't worry, Niels. That didn't make it to the podcast. I will not have that. Yeah, really. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to read this part where Niels says that I'm a real jerk and he hates my guts. You're like, no way. We do it all the way here at the Weird Science, buddy. <laughs> what happened to this not faking the funk, pal? I love this back and forth shade throwing because it always makes me laugh. I should also throw shade at Eric sometimes, but he is just it's too hard. handsome and that's awesome right. to find something to throw shade at. And I'll give you a couple. You go with his dad. That's that's right off the what bat. What's making fun of my daddy you, for? You go like, Dad, why nobody in his life loves him. I mean, really, can we keep Whoa. going? And a guy eats like 10,000 calories a meal at the Burger King. You got that. And, and I still we, look this good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He hasn't seen you lately. 
you came in. I'm like, wait a second. Who let James Tynan in the door? Well, you don't <sighs> work here with me anyway. And I'm not, I don't know who's more offended there. Anyway, I'm off to my dad playing football with him and going eating afterwards. I think he means soccer, but not too much. I don't want to get too chubby like Eric because the ladies don't that. dig that. Yeah, that's the you know continuation of him saying that he should throw shade at you. He didn't say he that. Did, he didn't say that. <laughs> I'm helping him out, Eric. You're ruining You're not helping it. Helping anything. I'm helping him. So that's it for now. Greetings from your horizontal mambo man from Germany. And then he says, "Where is Toby anyway? Oh. Where Where's the sound effect? I I, I don't know. Uh, Toby goes off sometimes, and we don't hear from him for a while." Uh, but anytime we hear from him is a good time, is what I say. And you realize I am really desperately oh, trying to get there. I don't know that they know, Eric. No, no, I'm no, not so sure enough. that you know really? what, what's going on here. They're, they're I take notes. And he says, greetings from your horizontal mambo from Germany. Where's Toby? Anyway, stay awesome. Niels. No, Toby. Yes, Eric, I did it. I did it seamlessly. Did you? Did you? <laughs> I did it perfectly. But that is the end of the mail you, sections for tonight. Thank you. Thank, Alex, you. Thank you, Nils. There oh. you go. That's that's my diss. I'm gonna be like when you showed uh, him when the presidents end up yeah. saying like a terrorist name backwards or something. You know, backwards. I don't know why I said backwards, but they say things on purpose, right? You, you got that? And I'm not saying Nils. Is a terrorist, Eric, but he might be. Who knows? Yeah, but anybody yeah, could be. You could be. I, really, I know. I think I'm a sleeper agent because, man, I You're sleep tired. a lot. <laughs> I'm a tired agent. They're like, look at him. We can control him doing anything because that guy's about to fall asleep all the time. But that's it for the mail. Thank you, uh, both Alex M. and Niels, for writing in. And we're going to go off to more books. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shay. Eric Shay. Here we are back yes. with uh, a couple books. We have a weird number in each section. We have some odd numbered books this uh, week and also just stuff with Reggie and things. So this is going to be a section of two books, uh, if possible. Is it a strong two? Well, no, but maybe at oh. the end, uh, maybe there'll be something thrown in as mind. well afterwards. Maybe I'll do something because we have some other books that we're not going to be talking about. Maybe we will. Or maybe I will. But we're going to start off this here section with The Flash. And uh, it's Flash 83. And at the end of last issue, we were told pretty much that we were going to find out more of how the city of cold right. came to I can't be. Wait. Uh, but it is, we'll see. Flash number Aww. 83, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, Arif Priano, and Steve Wands. City of Cold continues a little bit of an explanation, but also the beginnings of getting out of it. Golden Glider is alive and well and on Flash's side, but at the end of the issue, we see that being a Flash at the moment doesn't really count for much at all. 
Oh, no. And you end up where we did see that Flash had a dampener on it, on himself. And we thought that was supposed to keep him from using his powers. Well, that's not what it is. It seemed odd because the entire time that we had Avery and Kid Flash on about last issue, it just seemed like they didn't have their powers. But I don't recall seeing a dampener on them at the time. Maybe it was just like, you know, obscured, hidden, whatever. Yeah, it seemed to be like obscured or hidden. It's it's an odd deal here uh, because, yeah, I like that twist, though. I like the idea that you do have uh, Flash. He's not really being uh, kept from using his powers. It's more of being kept away from powers that would, you know, rip him apart, rip yeah, the thing apart. it seems like after apart. killing the Black Flash, even though we supposedly got the Speed Force, you know, to live again after we put the Speed Force barrier back up, it seems that after killing the Black Flash or unlocking the Forever Force, the Speed Force is kind of wonky at this point. Whoever tries to use it could, you know, destroy the universe possibly. Yeah. And like you said, the big thing by the end, actually, when when we do get a reveal, and there's not much going on this issue. It's a lot of setup to go on. Yeah, it's a jailbreak and then kind of a, you know, explanation of some things. But uh, when I ended up getting to the end and seeing what happened, that doesn't make sense. What about Avery and Kid Flash? And I go back and I'm like, oh, yeah, they have dampeners on. They They, they didn't seem like they did uh, before. And now it just it didn't point. It didn't kind of. Uh, you know, stand out when I saw it. But yeah, you, you start with the idea and also the weird deal where Captain Cold being King Cold, uh, he seems to be down with it, but didn't as much last issue. And it's almost like one of those. What's where- the thing? What's that? Even where he's here, he just kind of seems bored being King Cold. He's just regaling everybody in his war stories about how he killed the Flash. And when I killed the Flash, he told me, you were the best yeah, villain I yeah. ever had. Just like, he's just sitting there telling everybody he lies telling about him. what he's done. The last issue, it almost seemed like he was really tired of it. Like, he really didn't like that. This one, it just seems like he's like, eh, I'll go with it and tell people. Yeah, he's sitting around telling campfire stories uh, about <laughs> his, his war days that were like a week ago. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so all of this... This is going on now. There is a wonky thing going on overall that is explained to try to explain how the uh, the city, the city of, of cold. cold and and one of the big things, like the overall thing, it almost is like they're pushing the idea that the doom sigil going in the air is also warping reality and things like that. Now it kind of goes, which with, I hope that's not. Well, the it case. doesn't seem to be. We're not seeing it with anything else. So that's no, the thing. Is is but everybody has their own ideas, and I'm worried about that. Yeah. Like nobody got the like Joshua Williamson didn't get the memo that we we're all doing one the thing. thing. He decided something else. I'd rather else. if everybody was going to go with one thing, I wouldn't have minded doing that because then you can play around with things like a city of cold and then at the end it just gets set back where we end up having all these other things i don't know like a, a, an idea of a nightwing rick grayson becoming part of the court of the owls you could actually go full out and kind of you know do some shock and awe and have him kill people when you find out later it really didn't happen it was you know a twist of reality but yeah the problem is is this being thrown out there it puts everything else out of whack as well. So what is this? Well, even you know, with the deal? doom sigil in the sky and the idea that this might be responsible for the way the city of cold looks, we also have the little pseudo explanation that it could be just mirror master tech mixed with Lex Luthor yeah, tech. And we have this. And, and that's, that's fine with me, but don't do both. 
you know, we already showed that the Mirror Master tech, you know, could get us into a kind of a pocket universe, pocket deal where you could have this going on. I'd rather have that than that weird little aside of, you know, the Doom Sigil, that means that there's a warping of reality going on all over the place. And then it throws everything off and, and it seemed weird. Um, but yeah, the last issue, I mean, legitimately ended with Commander Cold's head being thrown into the cell with Flash and like, hey, Hey, I guess heads up there, buddy. Have fun talking to your former pal. And then there's nothing of that. So what the well, heck I'm is telling it? You, the thing is, I was really thinking that there was nothing going on with that because right away on the cover, I'm usually not a guy who looks at covers of comics. When you have King well, Cold fighting Commander Cold talking about there can be only one Cold, I'm like, oh man, is he going to come back? Was that all Roost? No, it seems that he's just dead and we're moving well, on. And that's the thing though. There's the weird deal about the idea of covers and things because sometimes covers like solicits are a little behind they didn't get the last second you know changes or whatever and it's odd to have that cover then not even reference it here because he was his head was in the cell i mean he was dead and this doesn't even have anything of the sort it just goes on so i don't know What's going on with that? If at the end we do see, and that's why they're saying a warp sense of reality and things like that, some weird things going on. But yeah, Cold is just going around and he's telling us as the reader, he's telling us, you know, what it's like to be King Cold and how he did it and going on. That's not an explanation, though, fully of what the city of Cold is, which I want it more. And then you throw in kind of two little things of warp reality, but uh, the ambiguous Mirror Master Tech with Luther's stuff, and it, it ends up just being the idea you even said right before we uh, started recording. Here goes City of Bane again, because you kind of yeah, have to go on with it. We're right into the deep end where things are already established. We don't really know how or why. Yeah, and and giving like it's giving you a little more than the City of Bane because it's giving you maybe the tools that were used to do it, but never telling you how these came together and did it. So I don't know what's worse. Well, I'm telling you because we have Lex Luthor and Mirror Master Tech. That means now King Cold he can go and create hard light holograms that seem to be sentient figures yeah. now like giant robot ice monsters giant ice wolves yeah. i'm like all right well whatever and, man and it just seems are, so yeah, weird because we just weird. have this fantasy aspect to this whole science as well because of what king cold is using to take out golden glider and the flashy because pretty much the sky's the limit like whatever you want to do just throw yeah. it in there because it doesn't matter and when you kind of and, and there's like i said without uh commander cold's head being there there's a weird disconnect to me from this issue to the last. And maybe we're seeing a warping reality within the actual city itself and things because the last issue did deal a little bit of the other rogues and them kind of going rogue on the rogues and having their issues and doing things. That's not even addressed here. And and whether it has to be because they're off doing their other things, but it's just odd to all of a sudden, boom, everything that we saw from last issue is kind of gone to go into this one to have have Flash still in his cell. Obviously, you have Trickster next door. We did see those cells. Trickster's mad. He wants to get out. Uh, and not even, he's pretty much given up, though, because of the idea of, oh, man, you know, cold no one. There's no way to escape. Cold one. Uh, he's ice mad. Ice. Yeah, he's mad at me because I was the one who did everything, and then he took it away from me. Ah, eh, what the hell? I haven't given up. I'm just more realistic uh, than you. But then all of a sudden, it's funny, too, because as he's talking, 
he's like, hey, what can you do? You know, he has the greatest guards ever. And and then you see this thing, and I didn't even think at that point about Glider. I just see, like, nonsense happening. And what I thought then was Glider was the guards. I thought these no. people were being attacked because they had gone in to do something. But it is that, as he says it, like, they have the best guards. What do we do? And you see the guards being taken down. And then Glider comes in, phases into Flash's cell, tells him not to say anything. And, you know, I'm going to break you out. I'm going to do this. But Flash wants this dampener off. And he's like, you know, get this off. She's like, no, no, no. No time for that. Let's go. Let's come on. We're going to fight some people. And he's like, I can't fight. I, I have no powers. I'm just a yeah, guy just right a now guy. going up against giant robot ice monsters. Yeah. I can't do this. And, and with this, Glider does say, it doesn't seem like she knows what's going on legitimately. She says, listen, my my brother, he's kind of a smart guy. Uh, I would think that there's some failsafe. If I try to take this off, it's going to slice your head off or it's going to do something. Or blow uh, up yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't really do that or else there's going to be problems. Uh, and then there's just like, hey, but she says the weird thing is she's like, we need you to phase us out. And he's like, I, I don't have powers. I, I don't have powers. So she's like, okay, change of plans. We're going to do things the noisy way. Blows up some stuff. But then later – they bring up that she can face things. I guess it's just herself, probably. But yeah, still, she faces herself it's still like kind of ridiculous to not phase out, open the door, phase out, do this, and go down the line. But they just want to get to it. They blow it but up. But she don't have a key. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm telling you, though, I think that you can <laughs> uh, open a door from certain places, phase in, grab some keys. Say She just uh, destroyed two guards. I'm sure they had something. but uh, I'm just mad that we couldn't get flares out of there or steadfast. No. They left behind so we could go off and run like – right now at the end of this we know that the speed force is all wonky and anybody who tries to use it or is imbued with it can just start vibrating to the point where they'll go through the multiverse and just almost crack the world around them like what's going on with the strength force and yeah, the speed and well, the they force have right any. now they should be trapped there shouldn't be a stealth force and a speed force from what we were you know what we learned from before but we don't know because we haven't seen them uh but yeah he's they're running away now i I love that the guards before were just these two guys that you ended up having glider knock out by slamming into the walls and stuff and then all of a sudden the guards become these huge giant mecha monster type things and one of the things i said to you was uh they use ice puns and that's where uh you end up having golden glider say i knew things were wrong you know my brother never uses ice puns and the thing that came to mind with me is the idea that that's all he did when he was in the suicide squad of Rob Williams. And even there was a thing going on on Twitter at one point where Rob Williams was just gloating that he had the best ice puns for the Captain Cold and things you like don't this. Know Captain Cold, and, do you, yeah, Rob and people were like, you're the best. Yeah, I love those ice puns. Those ice puns. Oh, my. I, I actually think this is just shade thrown at that because of the idea like i knew it was bit wrong there was something wrong with them with these ice puns but yeah these guys everybody freeze you know they come out you're gonna be iced and it's just a, a jailbreak and it is you know ending up with a flash without powers working with golden glider to get out that golden glider then remembers she can phase kind of phases through this big thing and, and crashes it uh, and then they it's get such out. a weird idea, though, that our whole idea now that we're moving past, yes, our flashes don't have any powers whatsoever, but with Golden Glider, not liking the way her brother's doing stuff because she was promised, you know, something else with this whole Luther agreement. But the whole thing is where it's, it becomes a scavenger hunt, which I hate whenever yeah. we do this because the way to stop everything is that Mirror Master's tech mixed with Luther's tech is flawed. It shattered the glass and that piece of glass that um, Avery, Avery yeah. Kid Flash stole in the last issue, there's another piece. And what you have to go and we do is go through and gather all the pieces. I'm like, 
I I mean, and you said it's a scavenger hunt. It's such a video game-esque scavenger hunt, though. I mean, there are scavenger hunts in everything. This really felt like a video game one of like, okay, now we have to go boom, 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 get to the boss. He, you know, boom, go to Weather Wizard, boom, grab and grab all these things that seem so set up like that. And that is- You know, Weather Wizard, Mirror Master, Heat Wave, they all have a piece. So we have to go all into their individual lands and gather the pieces. the boss and level. And it- it's kind of goofy fun, but it's a little bit too transparent. You know, the Especially way it's set up. Especially when our heroes don't have powers. Yeah. So, and, and again, this would be something like we wanted. We were talking about it this week where, you know, yeah, Brian Michael Bendis doing the truth where Superman's going to reveal his identity. But back in the original truth in the DCYOU into Rebirth, you ended up having Superman also lose his powers. And we thought that this would be the greatest thing to show Superman is super even without his powers. The problem is I never really think of that happening with Barry, you know, or the, the, they are, you know, it's, it's integral. I I just, it seems so weird to go through this whole process and end up crippling your hero with this. Now, maybe the end result is that these wonky powers are also a result from the, manipulation of this you know cold city of cold and things like that and we'll be able to fix that by the end but the solicits going forward even out of this story seem to be that the speed force is screwed so like you said it must be something that happened at the end with the black flash uh, you know and stuff the like forever that force, yeah, the whatever forever it may force be. and that stuff um though he's not completely without powers because as we go out there you're trying to figure out what happens flash comes out sees all the nonsense even says why is it colder out here than in the prison like well you gotta catch you up on things and he comes out and it's the winter wonderland with the with the doom sigil and like what the heck happened and that's where it is that glider says time and reality are broken shattered it's the end of the world when lex did this stuff and and maybe she's not well informed she thinks this it's an odd thing to throw out there um but yeah you end up where he finds out that cold has taken over and this is what you're left with and that's where you end up having cold then being told as he's sitting there telling it looks like santa claus regaling everybody with his stories of conquering the flesh it looks like people are about to be led in to sit on his lap and ask what they want for a captain cold day and he's like yep that's how i want captain cold i'm not sitting on that really well you might be made to i mean really you don't have much choice and even as this goes on you do have flash like what are the people doing well they're getting on getting on i mean they they can't really do much but try to live through this yeah so you have all these people and uh you know trying to live their lives through this but you have cold just sitting there telling his guards and they're probably sitting there like man we've heard the story like 17 times in the last three days you you really got to get something new here that's when it's interrupted and like hey uh by the way there's an escape in Ice Heights. Oh, uh, what cell? Oh, uh, cell eight. Oh, no. <laughs> Obviously, it's Flash's cell. Nobody knows. And they told everybody's killed Flash. Yeah, you can't yeah, have anybody can't know have about this. this. And where this then starts to remind me as we go forward, because even as Golden Glider says, okay, Flash, we got to hide you because you being back is great. But we don't want to get everybody's hopes up so much that, you know, things go wrong. So until we can figure out, it starts to remind me of the Freedom Fighters. And it's it's as if Flash is Uncle Sam. So they have this idea where they say, you know what? Hope's dead. There's no Flash. Well, obviously, he's alive. Now he's escaped. And you have, you know, cold, like you said, just to save face. 
he has to go and kill Flash and his sister because you, you realize that it's Golden Glider that broke her out, broke him out. And so he sends out and the, the weird deal. There's two things that I thought were off on uh, some of the things on the art. At one point, you end up where they ask when they meet up with Kid Flash and Avery. And you have Flash, oh, man, you're alive. Like, what happened? And then Kid Flash is like, that's what happened to us. And you look, and he's pointing over to guys around a barrel of a thing. And I, I really think, I really thought that it was supposed to be like the Doom Sigil, kind of. Like, that happened, and you would see the Doom. Instead, it's that happened. We're all standing around in a burn barrel. Uh, but the other thing is where Cold ends up saying, all right, I'm going to go get Flash, my sister, that meddling sister. I'm going to get her. She never liked dogs. So I'm going to make these ice wolf things out of this tech and send them out. But not once does she get like, oh, man, I'm scared of the dogs. It's just kind of a, a weird deal. It's because they're giant yeah. dogs, Jim. That yeah, she, he doesn't care. But that does show you, like you said, that tech that he's using this mirror master Luther tech to be able to make anything. He's like, I can do this to have the weapons of my choice, whatever I care for. And it is a little bit over the top where, you know, Oh, you can do anything. And then he makes ice dogs and they, they head off and, you know, mirror, uh, yeah. What's a, uh, golden glider says, I I can't really fight them. They're too strong. You have a flash that doesn't have any abilities. You have an Avery and a kid flash. They don't either. So the only thing they do have, and I'm telling you, it is kind of a weapon. You take off your dampener for a second, things blow up. I mean, the whole thing, it's like a nuclear explosion that does get rid of these dogs. But then as it goes, he does start phasing through time. Uh, you see some crazy things that you would like, like a commandi kind of. Like he's phasing of. through the multiverse. Yeah, he's like going through everything. And again, is this going to end up destroying the multiverse? Is it going to end up killing him? Is it going to end up, we, we really don't know because they end up, putting on the dampener again uh kid flash and avery put it on he's like what was that use a speed they just say it's too dangerous um but yeah they have dampeners on as well so that this can't happen but yeah something is really off with the speed force and so you're throwing a lot of things in there and not really connecting them by the dots of you know the the result of this also going with what was it that luther offered him that ends up being all this was it the tech to combine with the mirror master stuff was it something else Look, was i don't it even know wish? why we're rooting through iron heights before all this stuff went yeah, down so before. it's 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 an odd kind of thing i didn't hate this issue i i yeah, kind of yeah. liked it i just need more and i want to know more and i still have like i said last issue that thing in the back of my head saying that we're not going to find out stuff. We're just always going forward, assuming that we know things. Uh, but this isn't bad. I love the idea that we're going to explore something that went wonky with the speed force that does do this phasing. Thrill. I just hope it's explained. That's what I mean. And and you can explain it with whatever happened with that forever force. This could be where Which they was ended never explained. up yeah, that they could end when they trap the strength force. When they went to trap those, maybe they did it wrong. Maybe things got mixed up a little. Everything. I don't know. So we're going to have to see. Or it might just be something that is contained to this pocket universe type thing that's going on um but overall if that's even the case yeah, we don't know that's what i'm saying but things seem intriguing i really do like the art i like rafa yeah, sandoval's art uh, a lot it's you know you have a bunch of people on i say this. always i mean when rafa yeah, and came he's on. not on a lot so when he does yeah. come on I, I really do like it and i wish that he was on even more 
Um, but they they like to go with Scott Collins a lot in this book just because of his pedigree. Roth has been on for the last four yeah, issues. So I, I do like it. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, I think it's like a seven. I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. I'm intrigued by it, but I need to know more. But while I'm here, I'm enjoying it. And it's just a setup issue. So yeah, I need to know some info fast. But what would you give it? I think I'd go with the seven as well. I could go down to a six point eight, but seven seems right for me because I did enjoy yeah. the art and I do like the idea of the the speed force being all messed up, even though it just really hinders our hero while he's forced now to go on a scavenger hunt, which I always hate whenever yeah. that happens. But we have a cool situation. I just needed to be explored more than City of Bane was for me to have any kind of real involvement in it and like, you know, take some enjoyment from it. Just I need something here just to be explained to me because Joshua Williamson, while we have enjoyed his run for the most part, it's been yeah. up and down here and there. But like he never likes to explain yeah. what he's doing, and I just need him to start with that. Because I thought we were going to get that in the last arc we had, and it yep. almost got there. Yeah, Not quite, and I just need something more here, but I'm still having fun with The Flash. Yeah, yeah, I am too. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm also wondering, like, are we going to get an explanation for, say, things with um, – you know, d- does Cold know about how this stuff is getting wonky? Does is he aware? Is because he put the dampener on. Obviously, he would have put the dampener on also to allow the Flash not to phase out of his stuff, things like that. Uh, but I want to know if he knows and if he... I'm sure that everything went wonky all at once, even the point where, you know, Avery and Kid Flash have them on, somebody had to put them on them, or they put them on themselves because things were getting crazy. So I'm like, we better do something here. He's going to vibrate through everything. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And but so it's almost like one of those, like, uh, he did the right thing without knowing he did the right thing and things like that. And I was just looking. Uh, Scott Collins has been on a bunch of the issues lately. They kind of seem him and Rafa Sandoval kind of go two in, two out. It's been uh, recently, and I like Rafa Sandoval a lot more. I oh, yeah, really too. do. And like I said, they, Scott Collins has a history uh, with the Flash and stuff like that. But boy, I, I like Rafa so much better. Um, but yeah, so we're starting off positive. You're right. It might be a strong section because I know that you like this next book even more. And which is that, Eric? That is Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Infinite Crisis number one, written by James Town the fourth, with art by Double A Ron Replo Presti, Matt Ryan, Romulo Fajardo Jr., and Rob Lee. What if Ted Core didn't die in Countdown to Infinite Crisis, Jim? What if? Well, if the Dark Multiverse can be believed, it would probably be the worst thing possible because Blue Beetle here instead killed Maxwell Lord and then used Checkmate and Brother Eye to, quote, save the world. But with the Just League around, it seems that the world will always be in danger, pitting our hero against his former friends. And by the end of Ted Kord's mission, he'll be willing to sacrifice everything to be the hero, including his humanity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was worried about this. I'm not a huge uh, Infinite Crisis guy. You had assured well, me that it would be Well, everything dealing with this for the up. most part, if, if you read the Countdown to Infinite Crisis one-shot that came out, it pretty much catches you up to anything that's going to be dealt with here. And even if you don't read yeah, that, I did. Tempest Fuginot and the way that everything is played out, it pretty much spells out everything you need to know and like even how it's changed. Well, here, the way that I, I thought it was and why I, I did like it is the idea that it's more about you know, right and wrong. And if right is always wrong and wrong is always right. I, I think that people who have read and, and know more of Infinite Crisis would get a little more out of it. But really, at the end, 
it is about you know a character who is a good character a character that we love and a oh, character that's the worst part because in, in the countdown infinite crisis issue had pretty much ted quarters on to some yeah. stuff going on some shenanigans going on all across the world you know billions of dollars being siphoned out of court industries weighing enterprises some stuff in the background that he's trying to get and you know booster gold got hurt when they were trying to figure stuff yeah. out and the thing is it all led to him finding out that maxwell lord was in control of checkmate and had all the identities of all the heroes and was going to use brother i mark one to go and create the omac project to go and get rid of all of the superheroes in the world eventually because it was humanity trying to strive back and be the ones in control again and not these godlike figures and throughout this whole thing no matter how many times blue beetle ted cord was right all his former friends they looked at him like he was a joke yeah yeah and it was really just heartbreaking because it was a guy who was just you know used to be on the justice league and that was the version that everybody saw as yeah, a joke now batman wouldn't take him seriously because for the most part everybody was reeling still from the fallout of identity crisis so like everybody had their own things and ted cord blue beetle we're not gonna take this guy yeah, seriously I even mean, when he got oracle to come look like you know call all the heroes in to come look at things they couldn't find anything so he pretty much here's the beetle that cried wolf a million times let's get out of here everybody yeah, and also and he spells died. it out he spells out in this the idea that well, he's not the smartest guy. Yeah, he's court industries. He's a smart guy, but not smart like the others. When you have you know people debating, okay, who are the a top man, Mister Terrific? Yeah, and you all have that. too many ahead of him, and for him to kind of figure some things out, there is a kind of a arrogance to the other characters that. Uh, how would Ted Cord figure out things that we wouldn't have figured exactly. out? But also it, it goes with even how Ted spells it out in this. I'm also not the best fighter. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, they would say that I do what I have to do. Oh, look at Ted Cord. He's always doing a little better than he should. You know, he's like one of those guys. And I think it plays out even better in this than when you do have him survive, where he is trying to help people, where you see that a guy, Batman thinks he's well over his head right away. He might be. Uh, but as it goes on, he's going to have to make decisions that he normally wouldn't make or normally have to make well, it's, because it's he's a, a good guy. Too. Right away with Ted Cord, you know, killing Maxwell Lord, which everybody thinks is a terrible thing because now he's ta- using Checkmate and Brother Eyes himself to save the world like no other hero ever could, just in a better way than Maxwell Lord wanted to yeah. he wanted to kill all the heroes. But this actually puts us in a really cool alternate reality right away because the fallout when we get into Infinite Crisis was – Nobody trusts the heroes anymore because everybody saw Wonder Woman kill Maxwell mm-hmm. Lord. It was broadcast everywhere. So they're all questioning yeah. the Justice League. You don't have that now. So the Justice League are more united in this, trying to figure out what Ted Cord's up to, but still allowing him to go and do these things because he is making a difference more than anybody else on, on the world right yeah, now. And then as you go on, Ted actually starts to question the Justice League, you know, with a little, oh, with that's, a little brother, that's the thing, eye brother eyes. Deal. Like, Ted Cord, I think that the world should be, you know, saved if the Justice League would die. Well, yeah, they well, were always going to cause yeah. trouble around and here. Even with you know that, what, brother? I, you tell that's, some real that's good the, stuff. The funny here. thing is, even with that, it's it's like that subtle deal that brother I just doesn't say. Wake up, Ted Cord! I have an idea. Ted Cord, he really wants to save the universe. He wants to save everyone. So he says, hey, brother, I, you know, figure out the biggest, uh, you know, people who are the most likely to destroy this world. Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, the Justice League. Okay. I actually thought that it was going to be him. <laughs> Here not is even the, the big threat, you. It's not even the Justice League it's being the one to destroy the world. It's just because they're there, there will always be a threat yeah. that they're going to have to go up against and, you know, destroy, have all these casualties in the background of all their wake just trying to stop this evil that's always going to pop back up. Yeah. I, I think it's even more because it, it just doesn't even spell that out. He just says they are the biggest. And I think that they're the biggest threat in a bunch of ways because Brother Eye and this plan, the, 
the plan is pretty cold by the end is you got to kill a lot of people to get this going and the Justice League is going to be the one to stop it. Like you said, you're going to become the evil then that they would stop. Um, but yeah, as it goes on, there are, you know, twists and turns that I can even see uh, of things. I'm like, oh, that happened because of that and that. But some of that stuff is beyond uh, people who wouldn't have read the full well, crisis. The thing is, a lot of that too is just little vignettes that you can move past yeah. because they aren't that important to the story that James Tyner wants to tell. Like keeping the uh, Black Diamond yeah, of Eclipse the away, diamond. away from Gene Loring, just even thinking about, all right, we got to figure out a way to stop Spectre from going crazy because he is the biggest yeah, problem have, we have. Yeah, and Ted stuff like go that. to the Rock of Eternity to, to yeah. talk to the wizard about that. You have him figuring out who Mockingbird is as being Lex Luthor yeah. for the Secret Stops Six going the against Rand the Secret War. I mean, these are things that as this is going on, you see that Ted at a point where you get Batman, especially where they think like Ted has saved millions of lives at this one point. He really has. I mean, without them knowing about Gene and, and, you know, and stuff with the Eclipse of the, so they wouldn't even know that how much he's done. Yeah. They see everything is just going to be, I'm telling you, infinite crisis had so much going on in the background where I just think about the story normally. It's like, yeah, you know, when Superboy prime, Alexander Luther jr. And, you know, like earth Two Lois and Superman came, Came out, you know, and caught the Superboy went insane. The Superboy yeah. Prime. That's like that's what I think. Of. But there was so much going on in the background, and that's what I like because that isn't the big story. Like you know, the, these background no. things. So we can kind of and skim look, I, over I them like, and just show you the I resolution. I like the skimming though because of the idea that when you do have a Batman realize and and there's sasha bardell and and she had been undercover through checkmate so what yeah. ted wanted to do was he he's kind of setting up uh, uh, uh what i'd call a blind interview where sasha goes to batman and starts talking about man i think that ted She's a double i think agent. that ted has a lot of good things going on and there's ted listening in the other room where batman's like there's no job, way sasha. he's a piece of crap and uh, that was just a test batman you failed but as this is going on like they do see that he's going a little galactic, you know, where he did end up stopping Than, uh, uh, you know, the Thanagarian the Ron- war. war. Yeah. Um, but he would never know about using the OMAC, yeah, yeah, using the OMAC. Stuff But like he that. would never know about the idea of what, because a lot of the stuff is the it's it's what ifs within what ifs, where you stop, you know, Gene from getting the Black Diamond, or you you end up stopping, uh, you know, the the Spectre. They'll never know because that will never happen now but yeah. even the little things of the uh ranthanagarian war and him being out and about th- this is too much for batman he's like you have overstepped your boundaries you know you can't do this without at least coming to us and i think that james tynan sets it up pretty well of the you know hard-headed batman that then goes to the justice league of like yeah they're they're jerks they're not gonna do anything to help and ted's already helped so how dare you but yeah ted still thinks that he's you know the guy to to deal with this because he is a normal guy and that's pretty much through booster gold who comes and sees him a couple times and then you you know that booster is in so much trouble as this goes as you start thinking through because booster keeps coming and showing up and saying like what are you doing, Ted? This isn't you. You know, yeah. what, what are you? This you, The one guy who can reach Ted Cord. He's going to yeah. be there. And the whole thing, even leading up to this, is that he was almost killed helping yeah. Ted Cord uncover all of this. Yep. And now he's like, he gets out of the hospital. He's been like, you know, he's got third degree burns. Nobody back, knows so where he I'm is. Thinking. Yeah. And that's yeah. the whole thing. Like, hey, Ted, you need to come down and look. Booster. No more fun and games. I was thinking, you know, like I was actually down on myself for a long time, but I finally have the power to do something. Just get on board, buddy. We can actually be the heroes. Like, no, you're not doing things right. And that's the thing is we even lead into it where we have the, um, 
the characters like you know you find out that the secret society yeah. of supervillains has been killed now and like you know the alexander luther jr looking like lex luther being behind this whole thing we find out the whole giant thing about bringing back all the multiverse with the anti-monitor tower that he's created yeah. and i just like this whole background because even this is a thing in the countdown after the crisis where Cord Industries had a stockpile of kryptonite that they had saved for, like, you know, study and stuff like that. It was stolen by Alexander Luther Jr. here, who has a giant kryptonite yeah, he gun, has a gun. And he ends up killing Super Bo- uh, Superman and Lois. This whole thing then just really puts Superboy Prime over the yeah, deep end because Ted Cord, knowing what he knows now, he exposes the fraud that is Alexander Luther Jr. and actually can get the psychopathic Superboy Prime on his side. Yep. It's just too bad that, you know, Superboy, Superman, uh, of Earth 2 and Lois had to tie in the prime. Yeah. They died. And even where blast. Superboy Prime's like, they were the best. Like, they didn't deserve they this. And that's where you get Ted then to kind of go in with it. And I don't think he's being manipulative as much. Just saying, well, let's make the world that they deserve. Well, let's that's make thing. it He's better. not being manipulative. He wants to be able to use yeah. Superboy Prime as a tool. But also, the thing is, he needs him to fall in line because he is going with the Black King scenario oh, yeah. that now that he is checkmate. And, you know, if you have a psychotic Superboy Prime – you got to get rid of that as soon as possible because even with this things change, like, all right, you can be the hero you want to be, Superboy Prime. You don't have to go the route you did. He still goes to the route oh, yeah. one freaking, you know, Ted sends him after the yeah. Teen Titans to, like, you know, try to get them on board with the things, and he just ends up killing and everybody And even again. as this goes, you had where Booster went to Ted, and he's like, Ted, you're not acting like yourself. This doesn't sound – you sound like Maxwell Lord. You sound like the guy that you killed. And then when he finds out he killed him, like, what? And Whoa. he's like, you sound like Maxwell Lord. And he's like, yeah, that's why I had to kill him. You you what? And so he's like, don't worry about that. It had to be done. You know, we're here to make a better world. Now, why don't we get together again? A little blue and gold. I got this idea. We're going to go after this mockingbird who seems to be the head of all this stuff. And then why don't God, you come with cover. me and go? And he's like, F you. And leaves. <laughs> and again, could that there's like all these little things. And, and this is why I like this a lot more than some of these other dark multiverse stories. It is, seems well, well more thought is. out this whole reaction world to one is, thing changing. And that's the thing. There's there's what ifs in the what if as you go. Like what if Booster would have went with him? Maybe he could have, you know, stopped some things. Maybe he could help. Maybe he would have died then. We don't know. But I like the idea of the things and also – where you are getting because it's it's infinite crisis i mean this is leading to a huge change a huge bit of deal where it's almost starting to be a runaway train at this point where even if booster at this point wants to say whoa 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 you know what i want to go get batman and like everything it's it's a little over my head now why don't we do the right thing and get everyone involved you also have you know brother i involved who's then telling him things and and wants to pretty much assimilate and become fully in control so you have that in the background as well like let me take over fully ted cord so there's these like i said it's like a snowball effect and you do see at a point where ted he is over his head a bit but he's trying he is still and there's in my mind throughout all this there's never the point where you say oh man he went fully evil then it's like he's always leading to something that goes wrong and then trying to fix that but by fixing that it messes up the next thing down the line so yeah it's well thought out of what there's a really great point in this whole thing when the the watchtower on the moon is destroyed and we have our trinity show up and at this point normally wonder woman is kind of an outcast and something because she killed maxwell lord but now because she hasn't because that's where you get the classic line in that infinite crisis where they're arguing about what to do next and Batman says look you need to inspire people because yeah. the last time you inspired anybody is when you died Clark and that was such yep. a throwing shade line that originally 
you don't have that now because you have them united. So it's like, look, we got to take this, you know, and realize who the real threat is. And it's Ted Cord. We have to do something about this because he's going a little bit over his pay grade. Yeah. And that's what, that's a cool idea because you had this moment where originally with Wonder Woman being a murderer, you had the, the league separating. Yeah. Here they're united, they're united on a like, common front here. I'm like, good. That's awesome. It is. And that's where Brother Eyes says they're the most dangerous threat. I'm like, <laughs> oh no. And again, this is where, like I said, you go with, I want you to compile the greatest threat to the safety of Earth as it stands today. Tell me who it is. And at that moment, as it stands right there, where it is at Ted Cord and Brother Eye kind of doing the things, the greatest threat to Earth is the greatest threat to them. And it is the Justice League. But it's not really what I think Ted Cord really meant. But it starts to make that. And he even says, that's not what I meant. And and it goes. But that's where you have Brother Eye. Like, you don't understand. And that's where they said, you know, with the – it's like when they say, if you don't have the Justice League, you don't have the target on Earth. They, They even do this in Marvel and stuff with the avengers a lot as well uh so it's well played but like you said one of the next steps of trouble is for ted cord to trust superboy prime not to go ape and he does he goes ham because he and goes once up. he finds out about it though that's the greatest thing because we do have the omac yeah. nanites out and about he just slips the switch and like superboy prime becomes an yeah. omac he's already infused yep. himself with the omac technology to become the one beetle army corps it's a little hokey but it's also yeah, kind of funny. funny and even when blue beetle then takes on the trinity Every time he's been hitting him, he's pretty much been putting the nanites on him yeah. so he can flip yep. the switch. And the Trinity right there become they Omax come right for him. Yeah, he's Omax. He's re- and he says, he's like, I'm not attacking you. I'm recruiting you. And they don't really know what that means. Uh, but yeah, even with this, Batman tries, you know, there's a lot of last ditch efforts of trying to figure things out and try to make it right where Batman's like, whoa, 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 this this brother eye nonsense that what you think is my, you know, paranoia in there. Somebody else is fiddling around. Now, Batman may be lying because he's kind of thrown under the bus there with it all. But it's like that next step with that's don't listen to it. It, it, That's not just me, you know, come on. And he's like, no, 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 it's you. And I'm assimilating you because as Superboy just goes nuts and Superboy, he just looks down at the Superboy of this world. I'm like, you're just walking around in Smallville on a, on a farm. How dare you? I mean, you are not what we should do. You don't deserve to be anything like me. I'm going to kill you and goes and that, you know, you have all the Titans getting alerted from Smallville and you do end up having, you know, Superboy Prime then meet with them, throw down, you know, uh, Connor and just like it's it's on now, guys. I am going to destroy all of you. But this is why as this is going on, Blue Beetle is, you know, going against the Trinity and has to assimilate himself as a full Omec, uh, one Beetle Army Corps, because he couldn't possibly face them on their own. But like you said, it's an recruitment. It's not an attack. Uh, and, and that's he the greatest them. part because the only person at the end then who can stand against Ted Cord here is his best friend, you know, Booster yeah. Cold, who is standing there uh, just with a plain old gun saying, like, you know, you stand down, Ted. You can't be doing yeah, this whole come on, stuff. Ted. And because, you know, Ted Cord is being threatened, Brother Eye goes and actually goes and blasts B- Booster, yeah. killing him. And because of the pain then, the being the human thing that's actually making him weak, he allows Brother Eye to augment him to take away yeah. his, you know, personal feelings and, and emotions. So yeah. he becomes what he's talking about this whole time, how he's he, just yeah, a bug. He, he and by the bug. end of everything, it just keeps recruiting more and more yep. people where he just becomes the hive mind of this it's colony of terrible. Omax. So there's finally peace on and, Earth. And you do have, even up to then, like, 
I, I like the progression. He's becoming more and more assimilated to the bread. Like half of his face is, is gadgets and stuff like that, but he still has his humanity until, yeah, he ends up blasting. He just, and his brother, I blast booster through the chest just rips a hole in him you have the classic where he's holding a dead booster there um but yeah the whole thing is let me get rid of your emotions all right whatever let's do do it it. and then uh you know if you do that we can finally end this battle we can take the planet and he's like all right do it go and do it and then you see the end it's just raining fire and superheroes you you end up seeing you know shazam is falling out of the sky raven you see all these characters just landing in a pile of just freaking things and and you know dead bodies and it's crazy and then yeah you end with the cool ending like i'm a bug that's how they always saw me. It goes back to the intro. It's a nice little bookend. Then you have Tempest Fugitive who shows up. Full and boy, Rod Serling here. Are, He's not even pretending yeah, they anymore. They are not and you know pretending, what? and it's awesome. James Tynan saw what this was, and he yeah. just went with it. The whole thing's like, the Blue Beetle saw the crisis coming. In his death, he was remembered as a hero in the world above, but in the dark, he became its world's greatest villain, raising the question of what may have happened should he have survived in the light. This realm corrupts and twists, but does it lie? A question that can only be answered in the dark multiverse. I love, like, I love it. A question that can only be answered <laughs> in the dark multiverse. I'm and I'm like, you, I, wanna, I do want to get a Rod Serling thing and just put Tempest Fugitive's giant head oh, on yeah. it and make it a meme. Oh, it'd be so good because now, basically. You're now entering the dark, the dark multiverse. Yeah, now, the, the TV show that we're watching here is called The Dark Multiverse. I love it because <laughs> that's what it started morphing into. At first, it seemed to be, you know, kind of going with this. It seemed to be a recruitment drive. It seemed to be something where Tempest Fugitive was going around and maybe plucking out these heroes that might have been able to. In my mind, when it first started, it would be the heroes who uh, rose up uh, against their surroundings of the dark multiverse and proved to be heroes. Despite that, it, it, it went wonky right away. And now it's just tales of the dark multiverse. And yeah, I just love that in in the dark multiverse. And then it ends with Teen Titans. The Judas contract is next. And, and I hope it's as and good. And that's a Kyle Higgins. I think he's co-writing it, and I love Kyle Higgins. So I, well, Kyle I hope, did the uh, yeah the, he the did first the, one, the Nightfall one with that's Scott right. Snyder, I believe. And again, that's probably the second best of these. Maybe this is the best one. This is by far, in my mind, the best one because it it didn't seem. I, don't know, to, I liked Blackest Night more than I liked that. Yeah, one I didn't as well. like Blackest Night that much. I, I end up I like this mainly because. This seemed to be a complete thought. Like Blackest really Night did. just seemed like, okay, we'll get this one scenario and play it out a little and, you know, end up with whatnot. But this ends up pretty much with a different deal, kind of showing you also that even if you meant right, uh, things were going to go bad. But not one of those where in Blackest Night it even seemed like, you know, even if you wanted to try to do something, it always end up the same way. This ends up just worse. Everything's destroyed. And I really like the thought process of it. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm pretty down with that. And, and again, Nightfall wasn't my favorite either. I, I think those were around the same for me. I might've actually given Blackest Night a little bit more of a score because of the idea of jumping so forward in Nightfall, but this is my favorite by far. This seems to be well. a complete story. You have a lot of ups and downs. You actually have the idea of not just the, what if one thing 
and then go from there. It's the what if one thing that leads to the next what if and the next what if. Like you said, the little subtle things of a Wonder Woman who doesn't kill Max Willard because he's already dead. And in a hokey deal, you probably would have had Wonder Woman kill Ted Cord and go back to that whole deal. But you don't because it's it's progressing differently because of that one point. And so I thought that that was well played out. What did you give it on the site? I ended up giving an eight out of ten. I love the art. And actually, I'm this the thing is now I'm talking about my I'm going up. would have given an eight five. I'm going to an eight five. And that's what I'm giving. That's the thing is I really me, do Eric. think Join I am me. joining you right now. Eight point five. Because the art's out of 10. great. I love the, art's the amazing. Art, yeah. And the, the whole the whole background of what we're dealing with. I'm telling you, if you read the Countdown to Infinite Crisis right in this, it is a complete story for what you need right here. And I think it works really well. The things with the, you know, the Eclipso stuff, the Spectre and yeah. even the Ron Thanagarian War. It's a little glossed over, but you know what? We're dealing with the most important aspects of it and that's that is the whole thing with you know Superboy Prime, the Legion of Supervillains and stuff like that. I mean, the uh, Secret Society yep. of Supervillains and all that. It touches everything it needs to touch for the most part. And I think it did a really good job. And James Tynan did a hell of a job in creating this whole what-if world to like, you know, a way that actually feels like it could have been something. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you that I think I said to you, there's some people who jumped on with Rebirth. Some people jumped New 52, whatever you may be. You you can read this just reading it. Yeah, most people know the basic story of the Infinite Crisis, and so that's all you need. Yeah, there's little particulars that are thrown oh, yeah. in there, but even then, you know Watch when they DC at that and point. you know when they're happening. Like I, I'm telling you, you see Gene going for the Eclipse of the Black Diamond. You know, and and if you want to, you look it up. Then, and it's not James Tynan's even fault. Ted Cord just going to the Rocket of Eternity yeah. is just a really cool little yeah. aspect you never expect like to I see. Said, it's not James Tynan's fault that I don't know a lot of the ins and outs. That's because I didn't read a ton before New 52 and I've gone back and read a lot of stuff. But if you are one of those like, "Eh, I didn't, you know, deal with that. And I don't know. I think that it's still worth reading because of the just the idea of in the end. It is really about a character who is one of the nicest guys. He's one of those guys who always tries to do good. You don't think of him as a bad guy ever. And seeing what could happen to even a guy like that who gets in a little over his head and, you know, maybe went a little above his pay grade to try to save the world uh, on his own. When and And also a world that didn't believe him. So they're at fault as well. So I think that even on the basic, you know, level... It's a really good story as well. Plus, then you have Fuge at the end just saying, in the dark multiverse. <laughs> and that made me laugh so much. It, it, you even told me, you're like, wait till you get to the end. The Fuge goes full out rock and I'm like, oh, I can't wait. And I'm, I'm not even thinking it's this full. When I'm reading it, I'm waiting for it to be just like, yep, that's what happens. I had to fill in the cracks and get the heck out of here and do this and that. Well, I'll see you later. I'm like, no, no, no. He, he, you you hear everything involved. Oh, in definitely. It. You, you hear the, the theme, all of the stuff for the whole deal. So it's a pretty funny ending uh, that made me laugh. And then even at the back where you have that back cover, it's all black and you have the OMAC beetle. I'm a bug. That's why they think what they think. That's what they'll always think. And, uh, you know, that's cool. I, I really think that this was well played. So, yeah, it's one of my favorites this week. And it surprised me. That's why I went 8-5 as well, because I told you, I don't know if this is going to be for me. Well, it ended up being for me. I liked it. Yeah, so, it's good. It's a cool deal. Um, but we're going to go off to something now, and then we'll be back. Sup, Weird Science. This is Batman Beyond Mark. And uh, you know what that means if I'm here? Uh, another Batman Beyond review, specifically for uh, Batman Beyond 38, written by Dan Jurgens, penciler by Sean Chen, uh, inker uh, Sean Parsons, colorist Chris Sotomayor, letterer Travis Lanham. And... Uh, 
I realize, at least with this arc, the covers, at least so far, all four covers, which include the variant covers for each, uh, the two issues in this arc so far, have been so good. I'm going to shout out the, the covers. So the normal cover is by Lean Weeks and Elizabeth Brightweiser. I, I'm probably butchering that name and I feel bad. And the variant cover is by Francis Manipool. And they're both fantastic. The uh, the variant cover is just like a very stylistic, kind of like um, demonic version of Batwoman Beyond. Just kind of like, say, a medium shot. So like torso up. I do like it, though. But once again, as good as the variant is, the main cover is so good. So we have Bruce Wayne sitting, old Bruce Wayne, sitting in a chair, his armchair. Batwoman with the wings up is is standing on top of it. And then in the background, we see Blight's hands coming in. And it just looks so good. And we start in a way that I love. It's very reminiscent. It's, it's based, it's kind of, well, no, it isn't like how last issue started. Last issue technically started in the Batcave, and then it went to an incident. What we have here is pretty much classic Batman cold open. And I love that we keep getting these little little snippets of Batwoman, because it's going to make, in all likelihood, after this arc, it's going to go back to being Terry. Probably just Terry alone, though there is a possibility that whoever this is, Elena, will, will continue on. But... I love having all these like little like quick things that that she does in cases that she deals with. Um, so what we start here is we uh, the Global Defense Center just outside of Neo Gotham, which feels really weird because it's like once again this is still technically the same continuity that had the Brother Eye thing. Whether that that has actually happened anymore or not is inconclusive, but. It's still, it's like, okay, so this guy in this suit is just, like, he's he's scaling down the building, um, and then he kind of melts his way through uh, one of the uh, one of the, the sides to get into a, a hangar, and he's like, oh, like, hello, Hover Gunner X, and it's the most cheesy name for a military vehicle ever. Um, he's just like, oh my god, I love this, like, uh, like, I did, like, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I didn't know I wanted this. Uh, and he's just talking. He's like, pretty lady, uh, gonna make, make you mine. And then just all of a sudden, um, he, he continues, like, I gotta sneak, uh, sneak, uh, it out and, you know, auction it off and get rich. And then, so there's a panel where there's just a shadow and then Batwoman's behind him. And she's like, you may not get rich. <laughs> um, uh, but get room it. And then she attacks him from behind. This is our, uh, Title page where it says uh, First Flight Part Two, um, and she uses the kind of the the wing uh, as blades, which is something that we've been able to do since uh, I can't remember if it was uh, Future's End or uh, the Rebirth Suit. Whatever she she does the attack, um, and she puts out like you know, yeah, you'll be able to get room and board though, definitely covered for the next seven to ten years. She she knocks this guy into you know some crates, um, and she's like, and she continues, just think of all the money you'll save, and she's just mocking the, this villain who we don't find out the name of. And I'll be honest, initially I was like, oh, is this is this Repeller? And I'm like, no, no, she wouldn't have even been able to hit Repeller. So. If, if this was a character from the animated series, I don't remember him. Um, but it's, it's, it's fun that we just get like an unnamed one-off villain. Um, and the guy's like, well, 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 uh, if it's true that the clothes make the man, I got no reason to worry, hun. And she's just like, not hun. And she just like uppercuts him unconscious. And she's like, Batwoman dreg. And then we see that this, uh, that it's, this is actually Bruce watching security footage of it. Um, Bruce is like, freeze image, Alfred in the, you know, AI Alfred's like, yes, sir. And he's just like, hmm, it's her again. Uh, and then Alfred informs him that, you know, this happened at 314 uh, this morning. Um, and we see that Bruce is in his car. Um, and the Alfred AI is flying him somewhere. And we see that he's landing on a uh, uh, on the Gotham uh, PD, like central um, 
police headquarters uh, with the the bat signal, which and I love the addition because in the animated series, the couple time or like Batman Beyond the animated series, uh, the couple times that they actually use the bat signal, it is the Batman the animated series bat signal that they use. Uh, that they pull out of storage and they use. Here we see that it has the Beyond symbol, and I like that touch. That in this world at this point, yeah, they've changed, they've updated the symbol on it. Um, uh, and, and we see that they land, and Bruce, um, Bruce is is met by Barbara Gordon, uh, Commissioner Barbara Gordon, and she's just like, "Hey, Bruce, like, what's so urgent that you requested an immediate meeting?" And Bruce gets out, and he's like. You should have come to me first, Barbara. And Barbara's like, uh, about? Bruce is like, about getting back in the game. And, and, and Barbara is just legitimately confused. She's like, like, I'm not following you. What game? And Bruce is like, uh, if you wanted to be Batgirl again, you should have asked. You didn't have to steal the suit. And just Barbara is just so taken aback, like, just like process. It's a two panel thing. And I, I think it's a good use of the panels. Um, because there's just this moment with just an ellipses, which I normally hate when you show the ellipses, but. I think it works here because it's just like just the, it's the gears turning, and then she laughs with a bwah ha 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 ha. Um, she's like, and she just kind of just like gestures around the place, like the the precinct. I mean, they're on the roof, but still, she's like, "Do you really think I have so much free time as commissioner that I can go out and act like I I, I was you know twenty five again?" And Bruce is like, "What I think uh, is that Batman went missing, and you knew the city couldn't go undefended." And Barbara's just like offended by this. She's like, like. My people are more than capable of protecting Gotham. And Bruce is kind of like, you know what I'm... And Barbara just kind of points at, like, like annoyed with Bruce, points at him. And is like, my costume days are over. Uh, the, uh, the crazy, uh, that craziness is for people who are younger and more limber than us. And Bruce is like, I thought for sure that... And just, he's just so confused, like, dejected, like, I, I could have sworn it would have been you. Um, it's obviously, uh, Elena... Uh, Dick Grayson's, you know, daughter, but whatever, we're gonna continue on. Um, and, and, uh, uh, Barbara is like, look, uh, I know you're worried about Terry. We have a lead on a delivery truck, uh, he stole that I was just about to check out, Bruce. Like, in the meantime, rest assured that whoever the new Batwoman is, it isn't me. And Bruce is like, oh, I, I guess Matt was right. The only logical person is. And then we cut, uh, back to, uh, I think it's supposed to be a Molina's apartment. Um, and it's Melina Walker. And then uh, Melina opens her door. Um, she's like, hey, come in, kiddo. And we see that <laughs> Matt, not only does he, he charge in, he goes like 20 feet past her, which I find funny. But we have Matt back in his, his vest and hoodie, which was his uh, kind of his look at the end of the um, uh, like YOU Batman Beyond series in the beginning of Rebirth. A, a look I really liked for him. Uh, and I even like it in this art style. Like, it, it, it made me happy to see that they're still keeping with it. And he, and Melina's like, like, what brings you downtown? And, uh, Matt is like, two things, Mel. First, my missing brother. Second, and he just, he holds up the picture of Batwoman that the, the news report got on his phone, I'm thinking. And he's like, this, Batwoman. Uh, and you, ex- and you know exactly what I'm getting at. And, and Melina just kind of bends over and, um, so she's wearing a top that's kind of like a teal with some black, uh, like highlights on it and the her her pants are white so when she leans over and she's just looking at the pictures like i do she really looks like samus like zero suit samus right there which i found interesting um but yeah and that's like yeah uh because she snuck into the back cave and stole terry's suit in order to do this like because the suit adapts to whoever uh wears it man or woman like which just happens to you know uh uh which you just happen to know don't you melanie and, and Melanie's like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. Wait, wait, 
are, are you implying? And like, and I like this. Just it's it's good use of dialogue there. It feels natural. She's like, yeah, I know that way. Are you? And she gives it like just like Barbara. She gives a blah, <laughs> like hearty laugh. Like and Matt's like, it has to be you. You already used Terry's utility belt. Uh, why stop there? And Melina's just like, there is no way I would cross the old man by doing that. Like, like my money's on the police commissioner. And Matt's kind of dejected. And he's like, oh, that's what Mr. Wayne thinks too. Like, I, I was really, really hoping it, it was you. Because, you know, I, I figured you, you were doing it to find Terry. And then Matt just kind of just plops down on the couch. And, and Melina's like, still no word, huh? And, and Matt's just like, no, nope, nothing. Like, all we know is that the cops think that he murdered someone. And, the, you know, when they approached him, he beat them up. And Melanie's just like, well, Bruce will find him. Like, you just have to have a little faith. And, and Matt's like, how? When False Face died. And then we get a recap of the last arc, in case you started here. You know, False Face, you know, he died wearing... Terry's face, so it it wiped out his memory, and it because he didn't switch faces, it you know there hasn't come back. So then we switch. Um, Matt's concerned that or, uh, Terry's in you know some types of trouble. So then we go kind of to like a what well, seems like a food truck area where we see um, we see uh, uh, Amnesia Terry and oh what was her name again? Uh, it's right here, uh, and and the woman that he's been. Um, uh, with, uh, you know, who's been helping. Um, and if you're, if you're reading this or looking at it while I'm saying this, take a quick look at the, what they're wearing on their feet. Cause it's, uh, it was a nice, very subtle thing that they did here that we'll get to. Well, the, the woman's like, whose name I forget and I feel really bad about that. Um, uh, he points out, you know, there's a lot of food options here, mystery man. What'll it be? And, and Terry's like, like, to be honest, I don't even remember what I like. Uh, oh, Constance was her name. It's right there on the page. Wow. Uh, Constance. And Constance is like, like, it's still hard to believe they have amnesia. Like, like, it's just like, I'm not really sure how much I believe this still. And he points out, like, it's, it's unfortunately true. I don't know my name. I don't know anything about, you know, myself or my life for that matter. Um, and this seems to once again be like the next day, like maybe a day has passed since the last issue. Not a terribly large amount of time. Um, so there hasn't really been much change to Terry, unlike, you know, uh, what was it, two issues ago where he had just massive, massive body changes in the course of, like, 12 hours. Um, okay. So, then they go up to one of the, uh, the trucks, and she's like, well, you know, well, y you know what? We're hungry. So, uh, I'm gonna order food. So she goes up to one of the trucks and off, like, get, like, two coffees and two, uh, cheese explosion burritos, please. Um, and, like, the, the automated part of it says, uh, you know, display payment card, please. And Terry's like, oh, and she pulls out a card and she's like, where did you get that? And it's really more of a disc, like in the Batman Beyond show, they're they're creds, they're they're actual cards. Like think a credit card. Here she just gives up a disc that has like a face on it, um, and it's like a place for like biometrics and a place for like a retina scan. Um, and she and uh, Constance points out like she you know she found inside the truck they stole. Uh, those can't be choosers, right? Um, and the machine's like you know the card and facial recognition do not match. Uh, match the person like in front of it. Prepare for uh. Uh, retinal scan. And she's like, go for it. She she closes her uh, left eye as she says, go for it. And she opens it up and her eye seems to like be pulsing something. It, it, it changes to a straight up different color. And it, like, she changed her iris in some way or is faking. Um, and then the machine's like, oh, you know, identity confirmed. Um, and then it produces the food. And, and Terry's just like, how? 
and Constance, you know, says that, you know, uh, remember when I told you that I worked for the biochemical operations at Powers Technology? Like, I took a few of the old tricks with me when I left, and I find that interesting. It's like, okay, interesting. Uh, so from there, they're like, um, Cons, they're going to eat their food, and Constance is like, you know, g- give me uh, a credit card, and I, I can match the retina scan embedded in it. You know, it's super easy. Um, Terry's like, oh, that's cool. And then as Terry's taking a bite, we hear somebody yell out for him, and it's Commissioner Gordon. Uh, and she's like, you know, the, the truck, uh, you stole was big. E- easy for our detection system to locate. Uh, and, and Terry's like, D- did she say my name is Terry? And Constance's like, who cares? That's the police commissioner. We gotta go. And, and Gordon tries to reach out. Like, you know, we're friends. Like, I'm hoping I'll come willingly so I can get you home. Uh, you know, to people who care about you. Terry just throws his coffee in her face. Um, he's just like, yeah, right. And Constance is like, don't believe her, it's a trick. And as the Terry and Constance start running off, Constance is like, you're friends with Commissioner Gordon? And Terry's just like, like, how should I know? Like, all I know is that the cops think of a murderer. So they're running towards, like, the edge of one of the areas. Um, you know, it's, it's just basically just a drop after that. Um, and they're like, you know the emergency escape plan we hatched? And, uh, Constance's like, yes, but I didn't think we'd have to use it. And Terry's like, no other choice. And Gordon's like, are they going to? And they both jump. And Constance's like, you better know what you're doing. And, T- and Terry's like, yeah, I, I don't really know. But, uh, yeah, this is gonna be fun. Uh, he doesn't say that. It, fun, but then, uh, uh, Gordon's like, oh my god, no. And it's a nice touch that her face still has coffee on it. And then we see that the, that, um, Terry says start him up, and we see, like, their shoes, like, their boot things, uh, start having jets off, coming off of them. Like, kind of similar to how the, the, these are, like, a less sophisticated versions of how the Beyond suit, uh, has propulsion. Uh, but the, the nice thing here is, is that, and I didn't notice this the first time read through, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. They just put these on in midair. Then I looked back. You can very visibly see them wearing these through the entire issue up to this point. It's not like a, oh no, we pulled this out of nowhere. No, it was right there. You j- they just didn't draw attention to it, which I, I think is a, f- a very good piece. And, and Terry's like, you know, how, lo- and this is, this is the contrived part where he's like, how lucky was it that these turbo boots were in the truck, huh? Like, awesome. And Constance is like, says you, like, I feel like I'm going to be, let's send myself right into a building. And Terry's just like, they're easy to use, Constance. And Constance is like, uh, you make it look like you've done it before. This is not easy. Um, so they eventually land on top of a building and Terry's just like, like, I, I understand why the cops are after me, but what, what's your story? You don't seem like a criminal. And Constance points out, it's like, let's just say I, f- I fell in love with the wrong man. Um, and now we get to a part where it seems like it's trying to tie itself back to the animated series. Um, but to its credit, it's doing it in a, a different way than it's ever done. So obviously in the animated series, tying things back to the death of Terry's father, um, in some of the older Batman Beyond comics, we had them tie it back to where we actually met one of the uh, the Wayne Tech soldiers who specifically who was in the kill team for Warren, specifically the man who pulled the trigger, um, and that was a big thing. But this is from a different aspect of it. So um, Constance explains, you know, Derek Powers, you know, uh, I, I was a, that she was a researcher in his biomedical engineering program, and, and Terry's like Powers, like Powers Technology. And Constance is like, I, I went to work for him years ago, like all the way through his merger with, you know, Wayne's company. And eventually the death, uh, eventually his death from uh, radiation poisoning. And Terry's like, tough way to go. And Constance is just, she's, she's like, yeah, whatever. Like, uh, she's pointing out that she uh, headed up uh, his efforts, even developed a, the, uh, a nerve agent uh, that was so effective that the government killed the program. 
Uh, I mean, some of this is not exactly how things went, but it's, 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 I guess, a slightly altered estimation of some of the stuff. Uh, she's like, uh, th- um, the government killed the program thanks to a backstabbing whistleblower. This is, this is implied to be Terry's dad, except that's, that's not really how it went, I, at least in the animated series. So I guess this is kind of establishing a slightly new thing because Terry's dad never got a chance to be the whistleblower. Like he, he tried to, he hit this stuff. Um, he, he was given it, he tried to hide it, but he was killed before he could actually show it to anybody. Um, and then, uh, Constance can you like Derek's, you know, uh, thanks to backstabbing whistleblower, Derek saw to it that he, uh, he paid for ratting us out. And, and Terry's just like, well, no wonder he ended up in jail. And, um, Constance's like, it didn't help that my boss was a supervillain. Terry's like, really? And she's like, and Constance is like, yeah, like the, the radioactivity I mentioned, uh, turned him into a monster called Blight and it eventually killed him. Um, so then we cut over to, uh, Wayne Enterprises research. And we see two Wayne guards there, and, uh, well, fake Wayne guards. Um, so they, they talk about, like, you know, so they're just, they're just, like, so we're just supposed to kind of just be here and stand here, look official, like, I guess. So they're, uh, conversing with or about, and like, and they're just, one of them is like, can you believe that the boss is actually back? And, uh, the other one's like, a dead man coming back to life? Shock the heck out of me. Um, like, and they're like, you know, uh, waited, uh, wanted to run in, uh, run for the hills when he walked in. He's like, I know what you mean. He's poison. But the, and then the other guy's like, you're like, you know, but he pays really good. So, uh, if all I have to do, uh, is guard his back, eh, he can do whatever he wants for all I care. And it's just like, wow, he really did have some really loyal people who are just kind of scumbags. Um, and then we see a researcher who has a picture of him being given an award by Bruce Wayne. Um, and he's just working. He's like, that and, we hear a voice say, that picture, you and Wayne, your friends. And the guy just turns around and is like, what? Oh, dear God. As Blight. Now, this is this is kind of a, a wavy thing, is right here, when Blight speaks, at least in, in this uh, comic, he has a very distinctive word bubble. Here it's just normal ones, and it's supposed to be a fake out, and I, I think it's I think it would have been a little bit better, because it's like we already know who it's going to be. Um, so I count that against this issue a little bit, that, that it wasn't the, like, Blight's clear... Like word bubbles, and he's just like, "You should know." As he like grab, he's in his energy suit, grabs this like technician or scientist or whatever by the neck, and he's like, uh, "That I despise, Bruce Wayne," and just snaps the guy's neck. A- and then the guards outside are like, "Did did you hear that?" Yeah, over there in the shadows, I think. And then uh, Batwoman just swoops in, like, "What the heck?" Um, and they start firing at her after she's knocked him down. They're they're prone on the ground, just firing up, and they're like some kind of bat chick. And, and just this just pisses her off. She's like. Bat chick as she dodges the bullets. And then she comes in, um, she comes in and she, uh, she touches both of them. Uh, and she's like, wrong. No one calls me chick. And then she activates the suits, uh, basically like electricity. Like, so it can, it can, you know, run a charge into people. It can, it can shock itself. And she does that. And I'm like, oh, wow, she's so much better use- at using this suit than Terry has been in this, in, like, in this entire run, um, and while it is nice to see her, the, how we see her wings in this particular page is not how they're depicted in any other um, uh, usage of her, and it's really not how they work. It doesn't come down to a, a fine point that goes uh, past uh, the tailbone and past the butt. It, it comes out from the upper back. So like, I, I count that a little off against it because we've they, they made a point to be like, no, this hasn't been modified. It's working like normal, and we've we've gone out of our way to show it that it's working like normal. But whatever, it's it's overall not a terribly big deal. But she shocks both of them, and she's like, shocking, I know. Uh, my name, and then she just 
She flies up and she kicks her way through a, a window at the great panel. Uh, she comes like, is Batwoman as she's going in to the, uh, the facility. Uh, and then the Alfred AI is informing Bruce that, you know, it seems that they have an intrusion in facility 12A. Uh, and Bruce is like, Conf- uh, security can handle it. And the Alfred AI is like, like, no, like we're detecting really high levels of radiation. And that's like radiation. What's with, what's with that? Like just, and Bruce is just like, oh, we have radioactive material there. So it's fair to be concerned. Uh, like maybe, maybe there's a meltdown or something. But like, I wonder, uh, there's more going on than we realize. So he pretty much, like, you know, tells the Alfred AI to access the cameras and give them a, a live look. Um, and they see uh, that Batwoman is there. And and Matt's like, oh, she must have triggered the alarms. And Bruce is like, it could be, or it could also be what she's responding to. Um, and then we see uh, Batwoman looking around, and then we see Blight's text. Like, right here, he's not on screen, or on panel, but we, we know it's him because the because he's the only one there. So they, I mean, he's the text. And he's like, I heard about you. Um, as he just basically launches an attack that knocks Batwoman over since they're sprawling. And it's like, uh, some say Batman is dead. Uh, as she's trying to, like, scramble away, um, he could, he's like, uh, that you're his stand-in. And it's just before she can get away, Blake grabs, uh, grabs her by the neck. Um, he's like, bad, uh, career choice. And and Bruce is just like, oh my god, that voice, he's alive. And Matt's like, voice, like, who's alive? Like, what? And then we get a last page where it's like, um, where Blight is just holding up Batwoman by the neck. Uh, and Blight says, like, a bad, uh, a choice so bad that it'll be the death of you. And, and Bruce is like, Derek powers himself, Matt. Blight. Uh, next issue. Uh, Dead and the Dying. And I gotta say, this was a solid issue. Um, it, it was a solid second issue, uh, to, you know, to an arc, to a six issue arc. Um, I know on the site, I believe Matt Key, or not Matt, uh, I believe Eric gave it a, Six five. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna respectfully disagree. It is not as good as last issue. That that is that is very much uh, a thing. And honestly, I, I would have liked a little bit more on Batwoman, but we we spent a lot of it on Terry. And you know what? I'm good with actually having Terry have a central role in his own book. It's been quite a while since we've had Terry. It's been like seven issues since Terry has been a. A major focus, like, had most of the, like, out of all the characters, had most of the panel space um, in his own book. So that was nice. Um, but eh, great cover. Uh, pretty good issue. It, it's, I, I'm going to be giving it probably an 8.3. That, so that's like 0.5 down from the 8.8 I gave the first uh, issue of the arc 37. Um, that one's definitely a bit better. Uh, but no, this is still, this is still really solid. Um I agree with Eric in the sense that uh, Dan Jurgen seems to be relying very heavily on the animated series um, and not the entire all of the world building he has done up to this point, um, which is which is frustrating for somebody who has been just continuing to read this. If you were to just pick up this this arc, or you were to start here, I think it would be. I think you would like it a lot more. Um, but I can't say that there was anything in it that. That was was technically a retcon. That at least in this issue, that was like anything that technically counter like countermended anything that's been established. It would make sense even if the brother eye stuff had happened. It's been a it's been a couple. It's been at least a year or two uh, since that would have happened. So it's possible they could have built like a defense thing just outside of Gotham because there's simply no room there. But there's room outside of it. So so yeah, no. Uh, 
8-3, I really like this. I really like this issue. I'm legitimately looking forward to more. Um, and before I sign off, I want to say, uh, I, I'm not sure if he's listening, but, uh, uh, I got a chance to meet Dan Jurgens, uh, at GalaxyCon. Uh, I guess when the podcast gets out, it'd be early, uh, in early November. Uh, lovely man signed a couple covers for me. Um, very nice. And, uh, so thank you for that. If you somehow ever hear it and, uh, yeah, thank you for listening and back to the podcast. Hello, Weird Science! Jim rings the bell. Eric Shea's reviews are all the bomb. Eric's the bomb. And if Shea's recaps are read without a single misstep, ring the bell. Weird Science Comics blogs.blogspot.com <laughs> There it is, Eric. The website right there no, for no. everybody to hear. Hey, how you doing there? We have a couple of books left to finish up the podcast and why I played that song. A lot of times it means nothing, yeah, but it means times. so much this time because these last two books are books of yours, starting with what? Freedom Fighters number 11, written by Robert Van Diddy, with art by Eddie Barrows, Eber Ferreira, Adriano Lucas, and World Design. It's the penultimate issue of our heroes taking back America from those ratsy jerks, and in it, we're, we'll really just see them taking it to the streets as they make their way through Cheyenne Mountain to retrieve their captured allies, Human Bomb and Doll Woman. Elsewhere, with the spirit of America running through his veins, Uncle Sam shows the cyborg overman just how strong freedom is. It's just too bad that Adolf Hitler III is a sore loser. Yeah, and uh, I I like this issue. As you know, I, we've liked the series. This is the penultimate issue. I know oh. you love when we spell that out. Um, it just seems like you're treading water to the big oh, thing. Just, the and, whole and, thing now is like this read so quick. And that's the thing about this. Yeah, I enjoy the stuff that we're getting. It just moves by so fast when I realize, oh, man, it's just another big fight here. And it's like thankful we have those hero wow moments that we get with like an Uncle Sam, like, you know, being fully charged up or even yeah. just our heroes make, like, you know, showing their powers in cool ways. And that's one of the problems that I have with this issue because I love Eddie Barrow's art here. He's just one Phantom Woman. And the like, you know, uh, Black Condor and Cachet yeah. are stopped by the SS Plastic Man. We see Phantom Lady in this do something really cool. I just don't know what yeah, she did. I the don't way know the what she did him. either. We just uh, had dead plastic men by the end. Yeah, even at the one point when she did end up sending them the space and things that like cool. that, you know, that was cool. But she sent them in and outside of each I don't other. Know. I don't know either. I I don't That's my know. My biggest problem with the art here. Uh, yeah, and and I do like the art, like you said. Now, what you said also, I agree with. These are big moments and wild moments for the heroes, but also the villains too, uh, including. You know, Overman, you know, the cyborg Overman. Cyborg Overman, though he doesn't really take to the idea that he's the cyborg Overman. They have to remind him. It's like, but they're reminding us. We haven't seen yeah. it in a while, but just the idea of yelling at this thing that you're fighting, you're just a cyborg version and, and no reaction or whatever. So this is to me, it's like not only just with Overman, because he shows up again, he's fighting. I'm like, okay, we have Overman involved. Overman's fighting, you know, uh, Uncle. Uncle Sam and all, but it's also reminding you of the the concept of 
this book of having you know america being taken over but hey we're gonna let the spirit of 76 shine That's bright right. so you have a, a big part of this at the beginning of it's not just the heroes i think that venditti wants to remind you listen the heroes are the heroes yes but we're all the heroes That's because right. as long as we can remember what it was to be American and get the spirit and in a way like I, I like it, you see even where you see the flag and some people there. And I mean, it is the Burger King Kids Club, if you ask me. But with that, there's younger and older people. So it's not just the younger. I like this like subtle behind the back type of deal behind the scenes where it's not just the older people remembering i remember before that because most of those people will be dead by now you know this is talking world war ii and the continuation most of the people if not 99 percent of the american population at this point has always lived under nazi rule but they've been passed down the stories and, and the things have been kept alive so the idea of having an uncle sam rise up and and like i said as you go and see these people in the flag deal a lot of them are young kids too where you see that the spirit never did leave well, it's a, it's it just a good was thing. pushed down under uh, under their boot it's so, a good thing we do have these guys go on that old ham radio to go from yeah. sea to shining sea and broadcast the idea that america is back baby we're it's all really radio going it's, it's on it's good you know grill radio to three nazi free radio is what we got here because we yeah, gotta remind is. everybody out there that we are americans we're the freedom fighters we're taking it back and you know the and hope isn't like you know dead and stuff like that. it's time to believe and stuff like that because it really does charge up uncle sam yeah, to the point it charges where him up take on and Cyber that's Go what i like i like the idea and and this is just me sitting there and thinking about the idea of you know they get on the radio and sit there and like hey eric this is nazi free radio and we're here to tell you uncle sam's kicked butt uh, but if you are a little kid who never knew that, you know, that had to have been passed down. So I like the idea that it's the American spirit, but the American spirit was always there. It just had to be hidden. It had to be stories were being told in basements or, you know, even at dinner tables. But you had to do them hush, hush. So nobody found out. So now that it is rising and being able to pull to the surface and you're allowed to kind of. All right. Yeah, I love this. You know, these people do know about it. You don't have like a, a kid like, I don't know what you're talking about. You have wrong turn out there. What? What's going on? Well, the whole uh, idea, so I, like, like I don't know how many people actually know that Uncle Sam is the actual spirit of America. Well, I'm, and not stuff. Say, I'm just saying the spirit of America. He just happens to be it. But it, just the idea that people remember. Oh, yeah. But the thing you know, is, we have, have to get the idea America. of revolution out there. Now that the Detroit labor camps have been shut down, yeah. revolution has begun. It's time for everybody across the uh, country to take it back oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Rise up in the streets if you have to. We have to show what America meant, you know, at one point and what it can be again. Yeah, yeah. And even at the one point where you do see, like I said, you have full families. Like the one family, it, it looks like a baby, a daughter, and a mom, and the pa there. And even in the side, like a sister, none of them were alive in anything but this Nazi rule, this Ratsy rule. A lot of these people. So I just like that that's a side that. It's not you don't have to explain what this is to the people because they they never forgot and it's been passed down and it's been through generations past that, you know, back in the day we had this someday we'll get to it. And now that you have Detroit there, uh, it is time 
for them to rise up. And all Uncle Sam needs is for people to believe. And this being told is like almost like that last bit of like loading the weapon of belief and thinking, okay, we can do this. You know, these, these Nazis, they're just awful. We're going to take it back, you know, for our grandfathers or our fathers or, or whatever it may be. We just really need to have that Bill Pullman speech at Independence Day about how this is our yeah. Independence Day, everyone. Get like, everybody rah-rah like, rah speech stuff. You kind of get that. Now, I think that the, the problem with the speech, it gets a little bit diluted that it takes a couple pages and it's only, you know, kind of like real broad things. But why I like this issue, despite the fact that it is only set up for the big finale, uh, the broad ideas in this end up what this whole series has been about. And it does kind of, again, I don't know about you. I don't know about the people listening, but it has, in my mind, the series has gotten a little bit too long. Like you're getting to points where, okay, we're doing the, the, I needed this speech too to get fired up. For, and it did. It fired <laughs> me up. I'm like, all right, now I remember what we're here for. Let's get going. Uh, and, and I do think that maybe this should have been eight, nine issues. You know, y- you don't do that uh, yeah. over here. Uh, you have to have that 12 for two trades or whatever. But I do think there was a little bit of filler getting to this point where I think that this serves such a great deal to be a setup but a setup to get me fired up again and and so there are a lot of things though that kind of get thrown in here uh like you said i don't really know what phantom lady did also is this supposed to be another thing whatever it may have been yeah and and even the idea of they have to remember that human bomb you can't touch them that had to be you, you uh, know reminded I don't mind that just because you know and this the thing is I always think of human bomb you can't touch himself and that's why the whole thing is but yeah, yeah he touches anything I, I it hope will that blow never up. happened to me and yeah, that'd be real trouble I wouldn't have lived but past I'm, 12 I'm telling you so if doll woman was normal size I think she'd have to shrink down at some point to show people that she you know what she is because we haven't had yeah. doll woman or human bomb in the series yeah, for a couple I months actually, now Yeah and I actually thought that you had to do that but it's funny too because in a roundabout deal not even anything to do with this comic i i have had a real bad problem with my eyes today my one contact went wonky in my right eye so it won't open i look like you walking around like a pirate Papa. and I, i'm reading i'm reading this and it, it's so weird that one little thing ended up changing a lot of what I thought because I ended up not actually seeing that Black Condor breaks Human Bomb out of the chains. To me, it looked like he was cheering him on as Human Bomb Human got Bomb. the strength to break Boom. his own chains. Yeah. And I thought to myself, why wouldn't you do that before? And then I thought, wait a second. He was taking the torture so that they wouldn't. I came up with this whole idea of Human Just Bomb the becoming <laughs> the best thing. I couldn't read I, it. I couldn't see. And I'm trying. I'm putting my – I'm reading it on a tablet too. I have this thing at angles way away from me, tilted, trying to get this deal. And my eye isn't open anyway, but my other eye, I can't see anything out of that either. So I'm, I'm trying to do – and so when I'm going through, these are the little panels on the deal. So I'm, I'm like, okay, that actually got me fired up. And then when he's done, he's like, I was slipping in my suit. Then show me someone to punch. I'm like, man, he could have gotten out all that time and just killed, you know, the Hitler the third. But he was taking what he had to take to let the time go for them. And, and that wasn't the case. No. Now I see it. I'm reading it on the computer. And I'm like, no, no, it's not as big a moment, but it's still good where he gets out. And he does say, you know, watch out. Don't touch me or I'll blow. Obviously foreshadowing for what will be to come to remind you when he does blow, if he does, yeah. uh, which I do. And 
than we thought he would anyway. Um, Almost like his it, predecessor did to sacrifice yeah, his life in the last time and the again, Freedom Fighters went out I, I would about. think that old Overman uh, might be in big trouble with him. But, you know, even with all That's this thing, going on. Overman, I think, you know, Uncle Sam is going to take it right to him. And they're not even going to have a chance maybe. to get the human bomb. Like, I just I, imagine, like, all right, you know what we need to do here? Adolf Hitler III has set up a nuclear bomb now to blow up all Cheyenne Mountain and all yeah. the stuff around it. You know, a five-mile He's radius, gonna blow it up was. to blow it up. I'm like, does, does, does he blow do? up to counteract the other blow explosion? Up to blow up? Is that, is that how it, that works? I don't think that works that way. <laughs> I don't way, think it works like might. that either. I'm telling you, 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 one big explosion, a bigger one, and negates it all, right? Yeah. Or, or it's just like, we're going to blow up anyway. Let's do it on our terms. I'll blow us all up now. And, no, and you know, not off your bomb. <laughs> oh, it'd be so, it'd be even better where they're even like, you know, the, the whole idea of it having like this 500 mile sort of radius. He's like, no, no, I have a 700 mile. Let's just do it right. Uh, no. Because even that's the it, whole but- thing in the last issue, Dollarman said, look, if things go bad here, just like if we can make our way out, just go and blow up this entire mountain. Go yeah, full yeah. freaking human bomb as well, much as you can because if we take out the Razzis, our lives are forfeit anyway. Well, so and like, I, do it I as like much that- as you can. I like this idea, though, leading into this. And, and really, that's the whole issue. I mean, we really haven't had to. It, it's very quick. It's a fight between Overman and Cyborg Overman and uh, Uncle, Uncle Sam. Sam while the rest go in and get Dollman. And Freedom's and, on the march, and Jim. Human. Yeah, and they're out. But the, the thing is that you reminded me, which I like, is the idea that they thought to stop this is to blow up the mountain when that is, you know, Hitler the thirds. That's his plan. So now. Like, we'll just too. get the heck out of here. There's plenty of mountains and we'll just bring it down. And this shows you also that, you know, Hitler the third, if they don't stop him, this isn't just the, you know, we saw he's crazy. In I even fact, like, when you he know, goes, his, the SS soldier, the guy in charge underneath that is like that. It's like, consider this course of action carefully, Fiero. Once you boom, ju- he, he just turns he it. He turns it. doesn't even think about <laughs> he it. He doesn't even get done his sentence. They're already running as soon as this happens. Like, like, oh, I'm my not God. This but guy no more. I, I think that I like the play here. And we saw, we all knew this guy was showing up and like, hey, you got any spare change? You got any sugar in those pockets there, Scorpio? And he goes to go into his pocket and and he's pulling out fingers and hands. And he's like, oh, I forgot about those. Oh, my goodness. He is so insane. But this really shows you the idea that he's just going to destroy America. If you don't stop him, it, oh, even it's, the not, China, it's not even other as good. mountains out there well, we can I'm take saying, over And then here. when they go there, he'll blow that one up. Yeah. I mean, I'm really, this is the idea. It's he his doesn't time care. down here now. It is his time. And his he's time is not going to end freedom up. freedom fighters ruin his I'm freaking you, time to shine. I don't think that he's going to let them do any. He's going to blow up all of America within uh, a year. It's all going to be just destroyed. He doesn't care. He doesn't mind blowing stuff, killing people, doing that. It's not just the, hey, I'm going to keep you under my boot and i'm going to torture you whatever he just doesn't care he's going to end up destroying the world in my mind in a you know a one person cold war that gets hot real quick because he's insane and well it would be at first just because he'd be cold to the idea of of dying himself i don't know i can't make it work uh but yeah they're they're just going to get out of there but i do like the idea like you said hey you better think carefully he just turns (laughs) all right out of here let's go let's run there's other mountains and they're running out 
as you know, you do have Doll Woman and uh, Human Human Bomb. Bomb. He has been they've been safe, so they can get out of here. Also, but I think you do have you know Cyborg Overman. He is cowering underneath you know freedom's on the march uncle sam but i believe that there's going to be an alarm that starts going off or something it's going to end up under five minutes until a nuclear explosion goes off and that's why i think that maybe overman might either survive this to fight it out for one last time as everybody tries to get out or he's just going to be destroyed but yeah i think that human bomb is going to have to make that decision and maybe it's one of those and it, it will tie in nicely to the previous human bomb and what happened of is he going to have to sacrifice himself maybe there's going to be a point where he thinks he has to but they tell him no 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 let's let, let's wait a second i do think that in the end and this is just me i do think that maybe we're going to get that hokey you know a bunch of hands across america singing the national anthem sort of ending where they everybody rises up and then everybody you know the nazis let's skedaddle this plan is i just over. need to know how any of this plays in the black condor becoming a plastic man himself yeah yeah and then he's gonna die because he's set up yeah. you know it doesn't last too long but yeah i need clink and schultz this is over and runs out i know nothing as they run uh but yeah i think that it might end up almost like a you know a wishing machine dream machine or even worse that you didn't like uh that one black adam issue that we had recently with the infected we, where, we pray the nazis yeah away? yeah i think that it but instead of praying it's just you know singing songs and having your national you know pride and they they just decide to leave but that kind of is what's going on here it almost is a prayer to end up powering up a guy just like that um but i like it i like the idea of all this we've liked it a lot i just thought that this one while it's not bad no there's nothing bad about it it's just it just doesn't do enough i think for what it wants to because it just it relies on what it's done a lot of times which i have liked it's just penultimate issue and we just have Uncle Sam punching Cyborg Overman in the face, yeah. getting all fueled up while the rest is grab, you know, kill some SS Plastic Man and save Human Bomb and Doll Woman. Well, I'm telling you, the, the most interesting part of this issue is Addy, you know, just going and freaking setting off the nuclear, like, bomb for Shia yeah. Mountain. Like, that is like, a, how do our heroes get away from this? Do they have to disarm the bomb? Is it going to explode and destroy a lot of America right here? Who knows? But yeah. I don't know how we're going to get our heroes out of this to have a, one last fight for one last Like issue. I said, Eric, the original Overman comes down and sacrifices sacrifices himself to take the nuclear explosion i don't know i i did think that the original overman was going to come down and say you have perverted the idea of everything and i well, cyborg overman's like he was an alien i am for like you know an aryan born man made now, cyborg by nazi tech you know now I am with, the true with, overman here do you do you realize though when i read that i had a big smile on my face he's coming back because that has been my prediction i'm like why would they bring that up right now and oh he's gonna come back the alien's gonna come back uh we'll see I don't know. It would be odd for him to return out of nowhere. I wish, I wish to God, I know that a lot of people are saying, oh man, this should be an ongoing. Hey, first off, it's not set up to be an ongoing. It is set up to continue, like we said the last time we talked about this, to set up another series to deal with Europe, to deal with all that around the world stuff. But this isn't selling well enough that you would think they they might not do that. I'm telling you, um, all the viewers just seem to be hanging out in America. I don't know what the rest of the country's up to. I mean, yeah, it's just, you, know, you got some lackeys you know. running around saying, you know, yeah, hail you to got, the freaking chief I think or, that maybe as they went, you would have Japan and Italy and those uh, sides having their descendants, you know, watching over other people. There is other things 
actually sides the Nazis. I feel in like World the Nazis would have taken over so, everybody, though. They would have, like, yeah, you're but you had to everyone. have made some sort of deals and things, and maybe they just don't care. You know, the U.S. is the U.S. USA, Eric. You know, <laughs> but but with this going to this last issue again, I I never expected them to say, "Hey, this is." Gonna, I wish that they would have announced. Listen. Uh, just for all the people who have been buying it, and there's a lot of people loving this, we're going to make the last issue a double size, you know, something a little bigger, because I do think there's a lot to kind of tie up that I hope it's just not, oh, man, we got to get out of this mountain. Oh, oh, no, Hitler tripped and he's dead. Nah, right. Here we are. I, I hope that it's a satisfying ending after all this. And I just I really wish that it was going to be like a 50 page, almost like an annual to end it all i think that then you can kind of take some time and, and end it properly but i'm gonna leave it up to Mendity to end it properly anyway um but yeah there's not a lot more to talk about because of how quick a read it was what'd you give it i ended up giving this a 7.8 out of 10 i love yeah. the art for the most part except for that phantom lady part in the ss plastic man but it is just such a quick moving issue where all we're doing is just getting set up for that big final showdown it just didn't like do as much for me as i wanted to even though i still had a good time reading it yeah, I, I was going to give it a 7.5, but since you said 7.8, I'll go 7.9. Uh, I just want to be the positive guy. I'll go 7.8 with you. It's it's between – actually, I sat here and I thought it's between a 7.5 and an 8. Uh, I do like the art, but it gets wonky at those couple things that were a little bit uh, – you know, I don't understand what Phantom Lady did there. And also the idea like of to. just Uncle Sam and – you know, cyber government just fighting it out as Uncle Sam gets more and more of the spirit going. Uh, but that kind of is, you know, we've seen that before. It's not really a wow moment. It got me fired up, oh, yeah. but it's it's nothing new. So I, I don't mind that. Uh, but yeah, I'll go. I'll go seven, eight with you just right on the money in between kind of. And uh, we'll go to the next book, which is what? Red Hood Outlaw number 40, written by Scott Liddell with art by David Messina, Rex Locus and Troy Pateri. After Generation Outlaw's field trip to the monster-invaded Star Labs, Red Hood and the kids head back to the block to check in on Shea Veritas, who appeared to be under attack last issue. When they get there, everyone splits off into their own groups, and nothing really goes on between them besides refining monster science experiments and little boys and taking on Shea Veritas clones. Ultimately, the book only really gets interesting when Bizarro and Artemis show up out of nowhere and don't seem too happy to see their former friend Red Hood. Yeah, it's a weird this is issue. such a weird book. It's a weird book. It's a weird I, series I, the, now. The thing is, I still think the premise is cool of Red Hood I teaching like the, the future generation of supervillains. This is such a cool idea. I don't know what we're doing with it, though, because now that even we have Doomed on board, you know, that character riser we love yeah. that Scott Liddell created that nobody ever cared about. But no. I love that he's on board. But we have these characters – who still aren't really all that fleshed out as far as I'm concerned. No, even going that's back to the my block, biggest problem. Which a lot of people don't think it's very fleshed out either. Shea Veritas, the idea of all of these clones everywhere. And the thing is, the only bit that I really enjoyed for this whole thing of getting back to the block and having Red Hood go out and do his like, you know, hey kids, I need you guys to stay here because I'm going to be a crappy teacher if I get you all killed right away. And knowing because of all the crap that he put Batman through, that they were just going to like you know yeah, hang out for a minute before listen. they disobeyed him. And he knew this. I'm like, I like the inner monologue of Red Hood because of how much of a jerk he was as a kid and knowing that these kids are just going to be as, just as much jerk as he was. That stuff's good. So when we go on our separate ways, like, you know, Red Hood and like Cloud Nine and, you know, yeah. uh, DNA and Doom. DNA. And, like, like DNA you know, and Doom's and, thing together doesn't – Yeah, it's just there. It doesn't go anywhere. It's like, hey, no. uh, we like you and uh, we think you're pretty cool. All right. Yeah. 
And, and yeah, we think you're cool because you're a monster and you accept it. Well, he kind of doesn't. He, he kind of got thrown into it, but I, that's I, fine. I but know it's what just happened there. To Riser too, because he used to be able to transform back into a human. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. And, and and then you have like there's weird things in this where it seems to like out of nowhere taking this weird left turn where you have Babe in Arms even who's like you know and and throughout all this Babe in Arms has been my favorite even though we make fun of its baby and the zombie the monster. monster. Uh, it is, but I like. Never the asides. I like the asides almost like a uh, almost like a stewie where things are going on like I don't know that that would be that you know analyzing everything and, and being in all of like something that might be better but also throwing a lot of shade I made my first one of those when I was two months old and it also changed my diapers things like that that I do like then out of nowhere uh, zombie mommy I'm starting to think that maybe uh, I'm thinking too much into things and what if I'm just a regular baby I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. It's all like shifting to maybe seeing this is just going to end with nothing. And, you know, with these kids where I thought that we were getting the idea that they were like, you know what? Being bad isn't the the best thing ever. Even the idea of them not even really looking into a lot of things. They're just and so. They're everything with the kid are just doing things yeah that's what i'm saying they're not doing comes anything because even when devour he, he goes off on his own because devour yeah. is kind of a jerk and he finds this kid who doesn't remember his name this young little kid yep. and the thing is this is a year of the villain tie-in issue with that big special cover which shows you that that kid is the big bad of the book and you get nothing with this kid except for devour actually lets him tag along the end yeah yeah, it's just odd. And there's the kid and, you know, hey, uh, people wonder why I want to rule over all of humanity. And then he's just hiding there with the car. And I'm like, ah, you know, we're, we're supposed, some of these things, we're getting some background and things, but it's not enough. I mean, I, I the, the character development of having DNA say, you know, I really think that you're hot, Doom, because you do what you want. Uh, that's not development to me. No. And the, the idea of out of nowhere, babe in arms, I don't know if everything's worth it and if i'm just a baby i'm like no this this isn't happening with me because you're just overall doing nothing you, you're just walking down corridors you're going well, to get even when we veritas. Have red hood and cloud nine working together and they see all these shea veritas clones putting together a freaking machine that they shouldn't be it looks like an evil machine yeah. out of nowhere you just have a whirlwind and says like oh this is what happens when cloud nine she panics and gets angry we don't see Cloud Nine. It just no. leads to Jason having his special new like costume where he can send out of electrical shock. Yeah, he sends that, out a shock that disables all the clones and even like Cloud Nine. Wow, did you do that? I'm like, I'm wondering the same thing because we didn't even see anything really happen. Yeah, yeah, and it's just all these little things. And I- I'll tell you, I don't. I like the idea, like you said, and that was how I was going to go into this whole review of this. Uh, really, is to say like this is setting up what should be a lot of fun. This should be a, a cool deal where you you have the opportunity and you do it slightly here. But really, I wish that all of these, you know, Year of the Villain things would end up where – and this is a particular case that we don't have in all of those because our hero is actually the villain, you know, Jason. But I wish that by the end of these – the characters, you know, you're going to learn a little more about themselves and things like that. But Jason just seems or to be even going become through like emotions. A degree. Yeah, and Jason just seems to be going through the motions here. And it almost seems like Scott Liddell is too, 
to get back Bizarro and Artemis uh, because that's what people want. That's what he wants. So this this idea of him kind of getting back to the X-Men is what this really was doesn't feel like that anymore it just feels like a bunch of people tagging along that later and then X-Men, having when Mag and Marrow came on that nobody yeah, liked. yeah and even then it's just it's just them there to take up space with the side then especially this one where they go off in their individual things that don't amount to anything and just well, to have at the, the end is, Artemis Bizarro they just show up at the end it's like oh man my friends they're back this whole thing and doesn't like you know Bizarro claps and like knocks Red Hood down and yeah. that's all we get we have no idea how they got back to this place the block from their you know extra dimensional fortress that collapsed on itself they just happen to show up where they need to show up and they're not happy to see Red Hood we don't exactly know it's just because you know he didn't come looking for them they've been trapped for like in this other dimension for so long I don't know yeah. but all the other kids they don't amount to anything in the long run the only no. big thing I can take away from this like I said at the beginning I love Jason's inner narration kind of thing of uh, how yeah. he knows how they're going to act because of how much of a jerk he was and the only other thing i could really take away from this is that i finally finally like the art in this book kenneth rockford's off this book like we have art. david Messina it's funny I think he's david doing a great job. on i think that he's uh kind of trying to get a little of the rockford deal but you like it a little more i like it a i think lot that more. some of the panels actually look like him a little um but yeah like you said you end up Having Devour run into what might be the you know the big this little kid. Hey, can you help me? Well, he's on like, that special don't cover trust. when you reveal the whole thing. Yeah, the kids so right don't there. trust it. So there's that. But and the when other you have thing, doomed in DNA, they come that, across yeah. a, a, a science experiment in a tube. It's like help me. Yeah, and like, that that's my favorite part <laughs> of just having fun because also the thing that looks like saying help me does look like it's going to be a little bit of a variation of maybe a doomed virus and that will throw doom in their rise or will have something to do with that but i love it where they go up to this like you know this mysterious uh you know capsule thing yeah yeah, and and hit it like boom 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 help me and they look at it then they look at the thing that says help me help and then the next one as they look at each other and yell and that made me laugh uh, that was a good progression but overall nothing from I'm that but you, it's just again, doomed in dna walking again, through a yeah. quarter hey we like you yeah yeah cool yeah. i know well it gets chewbacca uh, as well with like i know these look like cells you're right riser i'm like all right i, I can get down with this but yeah you- you're going with these kids who we want to know the kids but you know devour dna uh, doom right here they're only used as tools to go and show us that things aren't going right here you know down below and so you're not getting dna or doom what you're getting is oh there's experiments going on well okay then you have you know devour who is my least favorite of all of them but he runs into the kid you said it was spoiled the, the whole deal but even then well, it's the thing he's is, only I'm there to find this. the kid i'm expecting you know? this to be a big part of the issue because he's right there on the cover and yeah. then when he just walks away I-, I need help i don't even remember my name oh kid i'm not in the saving business but all right come along and yeah, all right yeah. we're done with him Yeah. So, you know, you have all this stuff going on. And like I said, instead of making me want to get behind the kids, the kids are just there to push a plot line as if they are props. Even with Babe of Arms, like, you know, Mama, uh, I don't know if I'm, you know, up to all this. And then Mama just pours with a Coca-Cola in a bottle. Good talk, Mama. Yeah, because, oh, I love that sugars. And that's the thing, too, with that. And and what uh, Babe Arms says, what if this is all too much for me about being, you know, ruling the world? What if I'm just supposed to be a baby? And that's a nice line 
if it led from something all up until now, yeah, it could be this, you know, let the guard down deal because you do have baby arms. She's just this little girl, cute, you know, would look like if they ended up, especially in this part, if they do end up, if Bendis ends up making Lois and Superman have a girl that it'll look just like her. It looks exactly like a, you know, a super baby. Uh, So that that's nice. It looks cute. But all up until now, been so confident and so into like, I made this, I made that. And yeah, this is supposed to be the character of I'm like, oh, not so confident in, in reality, but it doesn't play out well enough because we we haven't had enough of these characters. We don't know characters. what's going on in this issue. We don't have enough. We believe that the block is under attack, Shea Veritas under attack. We got a bunch of Shea Veritas clones doing something and we have no idea what. Yeah, so it's just the crazy deal where you do have, you know, Cloud9 and uh, Jason go in like, hey, isn't that your girlfriend? What? What are you talking about? Oh, her, oh the heart of it? That's not my girlfriend. Boom, the big clap. He gets knocked out in Cloud9. Uh, uh, Mr. Hood, uh, please wake up. And we don't know what's going on. It says, you know, next, outlaws versus outlaws. Uh, you do end up having Bizarro, at least, with a clenched fist there. As you see it, he's the one who knocked him out. But you don't know if they're just wonky from traveling, if something went wrong, if it's that, you know, all well, of that. Also, Jason doesn't look the way he did when they no, left. He so this could just be a villain as far as I'm it, concerned. It's weird. He looks enough like them, but he is fully armed and ends up there with guns drawn. So, I mean, you might want to knock somebody out before. Before they start shooting and figure things out. They don't even know if they're in their home dimension. Yeah, yeah. So they'd have to figure out these things and they'll probably ask them quite like, you know, what's the date? I won't do anything. Who won the last Super Bowl? Like the Patriots. The Patriots won every last Super Bowl in all the multiverse. That doesn't. Tom Brady is a gem, they say. No no matter Uh, where you go, he's a gem. Yeah, no matter where you go, there's the constant. Tom Brady. Take that, Brandon. Uh, But yeah, so at the end, I think that that's the classic, you know, Scott Liddell cliffhanger to go to the next one. Like, oh my, it is Red Him. I sorry. And then they'll go and figure things out. Dan Jurgens cliffhanger where the rest of the issue doesn't matter, but that cliffhanger, it'll make you want to buy the next one to see what's going on. And then you go through another 20 pages to get to the next cliffhanger. But in the solicits, since I'm doing the solicits podcast, uh, there is something that does kind of pique my interest going forward because the schooling continues and bizarro becomes a teacher and to me that seems hilarious and that's the, i want the, be the fun gym teacher of this yeah i want fun here I, I don't need you know just these man the people in the world see me as a monster and think back at when you're eating a car i, I don't need stuff like that i want to have some fun with these characters you add these new characters we don't know much about Show us them. Show us some action. You do see a little Cloud Nine, but even like you said, it's just like, hey, Cloud Nine does that when she got, you know, well, well you know, we happen, really didn't see Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing is I will give this things. issue because we always have a problem whenever they overuse the idea of the crowbar because that seems to be yeah. anything. If someone's going to write about Jason, there's got to be a crowbar yeah, involved. It gets overused down. When Jason goes off talking about how he's going to go check this out, you stay behind because as a good I teacher, don't want you to get I got to make sure that you don't get beaten to death with a crowbar and walks up like, wow, that was oddly specific. Like, that yeah. was kind of funny yeah that was funny that was oddly specific to that uh but yeah i even like the idea that you have these monstrosities all driving in a uber and the guy who's just driving these these monsters like oh man please don't scratch this thing it's a lease i'm like why would you have a lease 
car as an Uber. You, you, you're just asking for trouble, pal. And then they end up just porting out. And he's like, oh, man, I hope that they put the tip on the app. I, I got a chuckle out of that, actually. And just that everybody is squirmed into the front with them, like a lot of them. And this guy, this Uber driver, the nicest guy I've ever seen in anything. This guy doesn't even blink an eye at a baby with a zombie in the back seat. He, he doesn't even care. The guy's he's just doing his spare. He's doing his spare. He's That's stuff. the deal. He does. I, I, I actually thought that that was pretty funny with all these people there and the monstrosities that are in that car. Uh, but yeah, overall, what'd you give it? I gave it a 5.3 out of 10 because while I love that David Messina is on this book and hopefully continues to stay on this book, the story just wasn't there. Because I'm telling yeah. you, I like the art. I just want something more out of this and just walking through corridors just to get to our big cliffhanger did nothing for me here. Yeah, I'm going to give it a six. I'm going to be a little more positive, not much more positive, but I'm going to give it that because of the art. And even being a Kenneth Roquefort fan, I do like the art in this. It actually fits a lot better in my mind. I actually can sit there and go through. Uh, But again, I I need more and I want to like this. This is one of those and it really is turned into one of these books. That would be like me saying to you, I'm going to take this book over because I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to, you know, it's one of those weird ones. But every time I feel that the book's always garbage, it it never is. You've never figured anything out. No, I've never figured anything out in my life. Look at me. I'm sitting here (laughs) in a dark room podcasting with you. I haven't figured out nothing. I haven't even figured Uh, out to wear long pants in the wintertime. No, I haven't figured that out and I never will. Uh, But yeah, so as I'm reading it, when I start to get that, I'm almost like that's my warning. That is my spidey sense. That's my gym sense that a book has gone wrong when I think that I have to figure it out for people because usually that does mean that it is bad uh, but some people are still on with this some people like it for you know the potential I would guess of the fun factor I like it for and the I'm potential but it's not going yeah. anywhere no I can't give it uh, you know props in a in each issue when I think there's potential because obviously that shows that you're not living up to that potential by the end Ooh. so yeah but I'm yeah really I'm blowing people's <laughs> minds now right uh, but yeah, so I'm going to sit here and I'm going to try to be positive with the six because of the art. I like Jason. I like that beginning, you know, that little beginning of him talking about not expecting them to wait. Yeah, it's good. And also the cliffhanger part of the bringing book. back Artemis and Mazzara. There's enough in this for me to like it. And, you know, I'm still waiting for the, the real kick butt issue. It's just not happening. And uh, maybe it'll be next issue. Maybe that is the thing that we need. Uh, but we'll see. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's for manga. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now Hello and welcome to the news part of the podcast. And if you want to hear more news, an extended bit of a news podcast, I do on every Saturday morning on the Patreon at patreon.com slash weird science. But the uh, week was a little slow on news because here in the States, we had a holiday known as Thanksgiving. And the news that I'm going to give you right here is another bit of quick 
deal of Batman versus Rachel Gould number four and five pushback. And we're going to have me and Reggie talking about a little Batman versus Rachel Gould number three. And as you'll hear, maybe it should be a little more pushback towards the canceled bit. Maybe let it all come out as a trade, possibly uh, the a series is a wreck. It really is. I like Neil Adams' art. It's very emotional. It's very expressive. I do not like his writing. His writing is very confusing, very convoluted. I mean, any sort of adjective I'm going to put with it, all down to pretty much nonsense, uh, is what it is. It's not great. And he is known as an artist, not as a writer. And you're seeing why, because each little mini series that they do give him and he is a legend he's a batman legend so and in the fact he created both rachel goal and man bat which are in the series as well so he has created some very very big batman characters um but it was on the art side and his writing just is not good dc has informed retailers that neil adams batman versus rachel goal number four and five have been rescheduled. Number four has been postponed to a new January 15 release date, originally solicited for a November 20th release. That issue has been pushed back on several previous occasions, as had issues one, two, and three. Number five is now set for release February 12th after being solicited for January 29th release. And I believe that we'll continue to see these yeah, you know, each time one comes out, the next two are delayed. So four will come out, five and six will be delayed. So uh, all up and down the line. And again, he is doing all the art and writing himself. And at this point, it seems like he's doing everything himself. A couple of these other minis that he did, he did have his kids involved in, in certain aspects of the art. This seems to be all him and the writing's all him, and that's a shame because it's a mess. It's it's such a mess. It's a goofy mess. Me and Reggie like to laugh about the mess, but it's still a mess. Uh, so, yeah, that is the quick and easy news deal. I should call this, like, the news in seconds. I don't know what I'd call it. The, the news in your pocket. Uh, Something like that, but it's very quick news. One item of the news that I talked about on the Patreon news program that I mentioned before. So, yeah, if you want to hear more of a full news podcast with a a bunch of nonsense commentary by me, just go over to patreon.com slash weird science. And it is the beginning of December. So if you join right now, you will end up getting the month for free. You will not be charged until 2020. When January 1st rolls around and if you don't like what you hear before then you end up quitting and you will never be charged. So there you go. That's a little incentive to go over. I do the news once a week. So if you like to hear things like this, uh, like I said, it wasn't a big uh, news week, especially DC. So yeah, we'll check you out. But with that, I'm going to go off to me and Reggie talking some books, including Batman versus Rachel goal number three. Oh. 
Hello, and I'm here oh. with uh, Red J. Go Brooklyn. Hey, go Brooklyn. Uh, there he is. <laughs> go Q Town. Uh, 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 Box Factory. Here we there are. There you are. Uh, doing two books to end the podcast. We are bringing up the rear. Uh, that's not saying that these <laughs> books are bad, but hey, uh, you know, they're not the best, but they're, they're going to be fun by the end, I, I would say. I think so. Um, but. We're going to start with what book, Reggie? Justice League, Dark Number 17, written by James Tinian IV, art by Javi Fernandez, colors by John Kalitz. Ta-ra-ra-boom-die. There's no new plot today. The world's threat is Cersei, the same as yesterday. Her plans were all prelaid to steal from Hecate. Will we ever see her do something? Maybe we will someday. Yeah, uh, the problem I have with this issue, and I, I saw, I, I know that, you know, Ruben, he is going to be the cheerleader for this book in the slack. Sure. All in all, he, he loves it. It's still nothing is going on to push the story forward. It goes an inch forward. Now, the, the biggest problem I have with this issue is that most of the time, you know, we rely on the art. We actually yeah. say by the end, you know what? We didn't go very far, but it's one of the best looking books out there. I don't like Javi Fernandez's it's, art. I've it, never been a fan. It's not. Uh, this isn't as lush as it's been, but I think you'd be. I think you'd be a stretch to say this is bad. You know, it's, I, I don't like his style. I really don't. I mean, it like, actually fits a darker version. You know, he actually does have a style that I say fits. You know, sort of a horror type deal a little better than say when he was on Nightwing. I I just don't like his style that much. At points, people get the biggest eyes I've ever seen in my <laughs> life, and it throws me off. But just in general, I mean, this is nothing like old Bueno. Uh, Bueno on that, you know, that art is incredible. So it it is a step down, even if you do like it. I I would think that you have to kind of admit that. But the idea of this, though, is you get a little background of Cersei. Uh, and then you just go forward. And, and again, the background of Cersei, I didn't really need. That kind of is just no. there. We know about Cersei. It, 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 it gives shows, you a little flavor. It shows that she had planned this big power grab yeah. even back when she she served Hecate yeah, uh, yeah. early on. So, but this was the plan. And that really is the really the crux of the new information for the whole issue right there. It was all in the beginning. And the yep. rest of it is just the, still the same. Uh, the rest of the team kind of like running to and fro, like, oh no, you know the uh, you know the, yeah. the queen is coming, the queen is coming, whatever, you know, not really, but you know, yeah, worry yeah, about but magic. that's what it is this because you had, end up having yeah, yeah. Uh, you end up having Wonder Woman there looking at the you know the black diamond, which there. hasn't this and grown? I could have sworn this was maybe, a little short. Maybe I'm wasn't telling it? you, maybe maybe it's just Javi Fernandez, <laughs> but yeah, she's there, you know, and you end up having her just staring, and you know you have Zatanna, hey. Diana, what's wrong? Like, what's the matter? You look like you're miles away. And she right away starts talking like it's not her. I mean, you can tell right away. Now, we know that she's, you know, Cersei has taken her over. So we know that. So maybe that's kind of the deal. But she is just off. And Zatanna, you know, and Zatanna kind of explains it later when Bobo's the one who figures it out. Um, but she's like, oh, well, we're all under stress and things, but Diana is just off right away, you know, so you get it. She gets the diamond like, oh, let's go. I've got it now. Hello, pretty little one. And then they go to meet the rest of the team. And this is where I have issues with this. Now, remember too, is that 
that Tynan's run is going to be over soon. He's going to end this coming up because of him jumping on Batman. V Ram is going to be on it, which I think is a good choice. He did that good uh, annual with the Pharaonic Man that I like. like, one or one or four issues, I would say, is yeah, what yeah. this is going to so, end. <laughs> and, and the thing is, it seems as if VRAM is going to take this over and continue the story. So I don't think it's all going to end just with Tyne and then boom, because it seems like the solicits are that you're going to end up having VRAM with Tynan co-writing, and then VRAM takes over all the way himself. Okay. Uh, so I, I think that there's going to be a transition to continue the story, but... It, we got to get moving. I mean, that, the, this that's is the just... biggest problem. And to me, and I, yeah. it's really the only problem because I, like Eric, you know, we both love these characters. Yeah. And we do like a lot of the conceits that you don't really like, but, you know, the, yeah. a lot of the magic and the, the other worlds, although Eric isn't a huge fan of the other worlds. That, that's kind of my no. thing. Uh, yeah. So, you know, a lot of there's a lot of us to like, but. But I think how many issues there have been? Seventeen, and like, and the I witching still, hour stuff. So we still had that. That's right. Too, so that, you know, so really, it's like twenty one added. Yeah. Uh, so I really, and I still feel like this is still a new team. Like they still don't know each other, and by now they should be like you know in the yeah. pocket. You know, I I don't you know not that they're the same book, but I can compare this to New Superman. Uh, and yeah. Think about that. Yeah. By the sixth issue, we were like. All we were all about, uh, I can't remember the main character, Keaton Kong, you know, we like, we knew yeah, about yeah, him, we King were into Kong. him, you know what I mean? We knew about his and life. Then we and then we were meeting Bay Shi and everybody else. Like, by, by, yeah. by, the, by this time on that book, that team felt like a, an awesome team of people that yes. really were at each other's back. I feel like these guys don't really know each other still, and it's because nothing has happened. And then, uh, yeah, and you can say that they don't know each other because nothing's happened. I know that on the reverse side, people can say, well, that's because they're too busy with what is happening to go. But it's, I think you're right. And the other thing about it is the, the thing that gets me, and I, I know that some people will laugh at this or tell me I'm nonsense, but it, just say the regular Justice League team, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, the one arc they're fighting, Mongol in space. The next arc, they're fighting Lex Luthor on Earth. The right. next arc, they're fighting something in another dimension. Always something you have different. a variety. Yeah. Yeah. You have a variety. This doesn't have a variety. No. Just because it's Justice League dark doesn't mean that you have to center on this one war of magic for this long. I need some variety of a team. So then that's where you will have, like you said, the team come together. You rely on one person more than the other. Right. But it seems like this team is made it would be like, just you know, for this one story like, and and it just won't end the way the way it would usually be is you know this is the arc for zatanna this is the arc for yeah. swamp thing this is the arc for you know the, where it, we learn especially about at the beginning so now. you can learn no we've, no we've you're just thrown in. We've had like little aside little bits to learn about these characters yeah. but still no, no real like development obviously the regular justice league and other comics are done to keep those in uh, tr- coherent trades. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. going to be very interesting. I wonder if anyone's going to get into this in the trade. I feel like either you're going to like sure get into will, it and love it, yeah. or you're going to be like, "What? Yeah, the hell? you're just going to be why done. Why did I get a full story here? You know, like yeah. what's going on? Uh, and, and they they spent so much time at the beginning trying to get the idea that Wonder Woman was part of this magical stuff too. That then when you went on, you're just having people just pop up like Constantine he doesn't feel like a fleshed out character he's just there to smoke and, and talk it. to Zatanna yeah. and then we move on he's just uh, there an might exposition be too many thing you know and even yeah. Wonder Woman I mean this is Wonder Woman man this is yeah. like yeah. A, a person as strong as Superman who can fly and like 
all she yeah. does is walk around with them. You know what I mean? Like yeah, this, she does. This is one, this is one of the most powerful beings in in the universe, and yeah. she's just strolling around, chit chatting, strolling doing around. this thing. How's everything, yeah. guys? You know, like it's funny too because <laughs> the way she's talking is the is the cue that something's wrong. But that's all she does is yakety yak. But yeah. when they go in, you you have you know. Uh, Dr. Fate, Zatanna, and Wonder Woman come back to see what's going on. And you there, you have Man Bat, you have Kirk there, and he was all, you know, all Cronenberg right, out, right. even say it. And now off panel, he's been healed by yeah. Khalid, who gave him an injection. And so you're just like, all oh, right, uh, at least cortisone, you're moving right? it forward, but yeah, probably. Yeah, penicillin. <laughs> kind of reduce, had, reduce those other heads. Gonorrhea. You know? <laughs> and so you're getting, you're going to get a roll call of there's Kirk. He still doesn't seem right. Hey, Swamp Thing. He's just this bunch of yep, thing that yep. looks like a, a pile of weed in Bobo's hand. Yep. He's like, he, he's smushed right now. And let's go on. And that's where Diana's just sitting there. And when Bobo goes over and he's like, hey, uh, you know, we don't have Swamp Thing right now. I think he's dead. Yeah, that's tough. That's the powerhouse. And he's like, okay, something's wrong. And he goes, and I did see that Ruben's like, oh, man, it's awesome that Bobo, you know, he's being a detective. I'm like, I think that anybody could tell this. You know, there's Wonder Woman who's supposedly known for her compassion, where you go over and say one of your teammates is, is gone. And she's like, what? Am, you know, but, all but right, I'm going to look time, at this. Jim- I know you, you never get the impression that Wonder Woman and Swamp Thing even know each other. No. You know what I mean? And like, also, Swamp Thing has the thing than too. anything. Wonder Woman never interacted with him that, no. I, that I know of. And where I have another issue here <laughs> is that when Bobo goes over and she's just staring at the at Eclipse the, of the Black yeah, Diamond. Diamond. So I, I, you know, I would say to Zatanna, Get that thing away from her. I think that she's a little too, you know, it's yeah. almost like that. Um, but it is Cersei, like we said. And I like the idea, though. He's like, Satana, you bind her right now. We're going to get her lasso. We'll find out what's going on with her. And when they go to bind her, it's Cersei. And she's like, really? Like, you're going to bind yep, me? She's like, and that's she's it. Like that. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like, your, your backward magic is pretty cute. I liked when your dad did it a little better. But you know what? I think I can improve on it. She does end up doing that, which ends up sealing up. It's like, how can you scream when you don't have a mouth? That's it's like right. the classic deal. Uh, and I'll tell you right away, I, I I don't even read the backwards magic anymore. It drives me no, nuts. Really it really it. does. It drives well. me nuts. I just see what happens. Okay, she said something about the mouth. Sure. But yeah, you, you end up having her mouth get sealed. You end up having Bobo get, you know, de-evolved to just the chimp. You have all these things going on. And my favorite, though, is before where... Bobo goes over his tongue and goes, you know what? I think we might be involved in this magic war. I, I don't know if you've heard <laughs> this. We might be, we might be losing. What and the? that's the other thing about this, where we said that James Tynan is definitely from the Scott Snyder, you know, cloth where your team has to just lose every step of the way. You never get a break with this team getting even one little win. And it just continues here. But yeah, when Cersei's there and they're like, how are you, you going to face this alone? She's like, I could, but I, I have my other guys and you have the, you know, injustice league here yeah. that comes out. It's okay. I said, Papa midnight. He, he ends up looking like uh Lemmy, <laughs> Lemmy from, uh, from, Motorhead, yeah. from Motorhead. He really does the at points uh, with that hat. The I'm telling you, he's, he's, he does, yeah. he's doing all that yeah. uh, going. And then you have, I'm, to, I'm to telling be, you, to like, be honest, I like the idea, like the phrase, the injustice league dark better than yeah, the actual yeah. injustice league dark. It's like, eh, yeah, it's really? All right, yeah. Gundy, yeah. I'm sitting uh, there. Clarion, whatever. That's, Fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the Floronic Man and uh, Papa Midnight, and uh, so they come <laughs> out. 
Yeah, I'm like, yeah, really, whatever, as as the truth. Uh, even, like, Clarion is so goofy, and he's just there to talk to Tico and talk trash. Yeah. Like, that's a clever move by the witch, wasn't it, Tico? Meow! Yeah, like, that's all right, it is. Yeah, and so while this is going on, and really, what's going on is just, look at us. We're here. We're the bad guys. We're going to get you. Then you go off to the collective unconscious, where Wonder Woman just keeps talking to Blackfire. I need to get out of here. Yeah. Like, hey. And she's like, let me light up a smoke. Uh, she's one of those. I'm telling you, she lights the next cigarette on the last one. She is a chain smoker oh, up there. Oh, for sure. With her ghost cigarettes. Hey, but she's but, yeah, a ghost. Just, you know what I mean? Just yeah, smoke yeah. them if you got so, them, buddy. So, yeah, the whole thing is Wonder Woman's like, I'm up here. This stinks. You know, I was able to get out before, but I don't think I'm gonna. And you end up having Blackfire. Like, at least it can't get any worse. And then you have the upside on, man. Just show up. It can always get worse. And you're done. And I'm like, okay, well, nothing happened well, again. You, you missed, you missed the, so, the arguably the best scene when Zatanna rips open her own mouth with a knife. Yeah, to that's disgusting. Uh, say her to yeah, do some backwards crazy. magic, which, and su- it's which funny suddenly too, works. But, but even when, that, I, I almost feel like the whole book was geared up for that scene. You know what I mean? It was yeah, like it's not that yeah. great. It's all right. No, and in fact, I always took when they say, you know, you're not going to have a mouth. Take away your mouth. I always assume that it takes away the whole pro. You know, you can't cut open. It's not just skin over. Right, right. It is. And that, that's exactly yeah, but, what I was thinking. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, that is bad. But though, you're right, and I did miss that as she's saying it, and then she says a bunch of backwards magic. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, and then you have. You know, Hecate, Wonder Woman go, no, and then everybody's just fighting. Uh, it is kind of funny to see Dr. Fate fighting Solomon Grundy. I never thought we'd see that fight. But, it's kind of weird. Uh, then you have Khalid. He's jumping around fighting Clarion and stuff. It's okay, but it's just, you know, and, and of course, Constantine gets taken out by Papa Midnight. Then they both say they're both ugly. Uh, and <laughs> there you go. That's that. And so, yeah, the fight is on. But the fight's been on for, you know, 20-odd issues. I mean, in a way, at least, at least they're meeting each other, although they have already yeah. done that. But at least this is that, you know, and it's not just them in different places talking about meeting. So yeah, there's a and, little and action, you know, but there is. And, very and little. by the end, by the end, I, you know, you have faith that maybe this is starting to, you know, get going. That, you know, they have the fight. You see the upside down men. All the pieces are in place. Let's get going. And we'll see. And I'm worried now is that there was a plan, you know, and now instead of like doing it, now he's just going to rush to get to. That's why I said, I hope it does continue with VRAM, that VRAM picks up the story and continues. If it's a long form story, story drives me nuts but if it's a long-form story keep to it i hope that james tynan doesn't rush to an end to get this done when it was planned to be longer because then we're going to have you know a year and a half uh, of treading water and then ba-boom and if he does do it well we'll see we'll see uh, how we'll it goes see. i mean that, that is a typical comic book thing to like yeah Dick and and if you really want to want to think about it, after he does leave and you have VRAM, maybe VRAM will end up doing this story until that oversized 25, get it done, and then he can tell his own story. But like I said, I, I have faith in VRAM to continue this. I think that he's a good writer and really seemed to, you know, do a good job with that annual with the Floronic Man. So I, I think that the book would be in good hands, uh, but... It's just got to get more to it. I need something more than just showing up and getting, uh, you know, one little bit of development and then moving on with a cool cliffhanger. And the art, like I said, too, I don't like Javier Fernandez, so that throws me off. But what would you give this? I I have one question, Jim. If you were dead, would you do you think you would do ghost heroin? I might. 
I was actually going to say, I might go smoke. I've never smoked in my life. I, you know, I haven't done heroin uh, amazingly either. Uh, I (laughs) I do a lot of stuff. I I do. I I don't think I'd ghost exercise and I would definitely not ghost diet is what I wouldn't do. I mean, I have a friend, my friend Jay actually said that if he does make it to 80, he's going to start doing hard drugs just to see what they're like. Some people say that, you know, it's like, here we are. We did it. Hey, well, we did it. That's his like, that's the finish line now he's gonna do heroin and then he'll die the next day so there you go uh suicide by heroin but there you go uh what would you give it so this uh issue you know basically everything we said i could just reiterate but there's no point this is you know just crawling along and it's very disappointing overall even though i do like the characters i like some of the conceits and i really would like to see this story happen because there's a lot of elements to it that i like it was really interesting but uh, it seems to be getting lost in the shuffle of just people kind of running from place to place and doing nothing. Um, so I would give this a 7 out of 10. And Eric, who was nice okay. enough to do the review on the site, Radio. gave this a very cool 6.9 out of 10. Yeah, he gave dude. it a 6.9, dude. <laughs> I'm actually going 6. I'm going to be the lowest of the bunch. I'm going to go 6 out of 10. Um, it's not horrible. And this is one of those. By this point... If you like it, you're going to like it. There's nothing that's different in this that if you're giving it nines, I don't see why this isn't continuing to be a nine for you. Some people can just sit back and relax. They like the characters. They like to see how it goes. I do think that maybe the art, some people be like, man, I I really used to like the art in this. But I'm just, again, I'm just not a fan of Javi Fernandez at all. And I know he has a lot of fans. But uh, other than that, for me, on the flip side, it's continuing to do the same things that drive me nuts, so I can't go that high. So I'm going to go yeah. 6 out of 10, but the reason why we're here, Reggie, is, is now. <laughs> the reason why we have gathered, me and you, today is for the next book, which is just crazy. And right now, we're, I'm going to tell you, it is the best worst book that I've ever read. This is now topped all of Neil Adams' other works that we laughed at because when we ended up doing Neil Adams' stuff, uh, you ended up having times where you'd get one scene that was funny. You'd get half. This is every dialogue bubble. This is is every panel is nonsense. This story is so far off the rails. sense. Oh Um, my God. God. And it definitely uh, reminds uh, me of a of a movie like oh a my robot goodness. monster or Mono's yeah. Hands oh of my Fate. God. And, and like, this is, is the thing. <laughs> and it is, and that you know, it is Batman versus Rachel Gould, and you'll do your deal in a minute. But I just have to point out, Simon ended up messaging me and he's like, What the heck is going on? And, and Simon's a, a smart fella. Sure. And he's like, I don't know what happened in this issue. He goes, I don't know how it started. I don't know where we went. I don't know what's going on. And I I tried to explain it to him and I can't because reading it and reading it again, you know, to do it now. Well, you know, Jim, I I do think at least two people, this thing at least, at least two people collaborating to read it, to understand it. Because you you were able to clue me into the fact that, oh, that's a Bruce Wayne in that one scene that we're going to get to. And then like, you know, I might say something, you're like, oh, that's that's the thing I forgot from. Six issues you do need ago, to tag you know, like- team. And you know what they need to do? Somebody else got to collaborate in writing uh, this because, uh, again, I it, you would guess, and this, it keeps getting delayed. So you would guess that the art is delaying it. Now, Neil Adams, he's a pro. He's a legend. And sure. so I think that the art 
does suffer a little because he's writing it as well. There, there's some parts where things look a little bit wonky, but not mostly. Uh, I'm telling you, get somebody to actually write the story. Have him be involved in plot. Get somebody to write the script, I would please. Love I would love to see this him might destroy be the something comic. Yeah. different. Yeah. This might be something because the idea of Rachel Gould showing up, duping Gotham, and then ending up using a machine to split the personalities of Batman and Bruce Wayne, uh, and then not though because it ends up kind of not. But that is interesting to me, and, and uh, yet it is lost. And, and then Dead Man just shows up for no reason what except is he to get doing boots. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Give us the credits. Give us the credits and we'll get into this nonsense. It's, it's Batman vs. Rayshawn Gould, number three, written, drawn, and colored by Neil Adams. One pill makes you Robin, and one pill makes you Rage. And the ones that Mother gives you don't make you teleport from place to place. Go ask Batman <laughs> if he's wearing his face. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So, uh, yeah, this is. Yeah, uh, it's tough. Yeah, Neil I Adams at his best. I don't start- really oh know where. I guess we start at the beginning. Right? That's yeah. nowhere else to, nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. You start out with what ends up being Dick Grayson and. Tim Drake fighting as Batman and Robin uh, because they're the only ones who remember who Batman and Robin That's are. Right. You end up having Bruce Wayne. He doesn't remember being Batman and you have a Damian Wayne does who doesn't remember. Well, yeah, who knows? <laughs> and, and they're fighting and, and you go in and I'm like, all right, here we go. And it is bad from why, the why minute does it like starts. This, this word simulacrum, simulacrum, simulacrum. That's the that's that guy's name, now. I guess. I know. Now, I, I now guess. this guy named himself. Now it's the game. Yeah, he names him that. <laughs> he is controlling this android kind of robot that we saw before. Yep. But now you have Batman and Robin fighting, as Tim Drake says. Hey there, Batman. Feels like we're in a Batman and Robin cartoon. Pfft, they'd never make that, but yeah, it kind of does. Boom. Yup, a cartoon. A cartoon? Yup. And then they just start fighting what? this guy. And then the guy yells at Tim Drake, you're a flying rat. He says, flying rat? That's what Batman is. Is that a compliment or an insult? He yells, insulted, very surprised. I, I'm like, we are now. I have, I have just now my, my head spinning. So then he ends up having a army of robots one being a Catwoman, who ends up coming to life then when they beat the other one then you have tim drake like Catwoman, happy birthday to me looks like i'm gonna have to fight this but this particular model has a weakness and just punches her in the face with a crowbar the crowbar right, just that makes is, her that head is one spin of around. the funniest things but then it's yeah. like right, we got to stop for a second i gotta we gotta catch our breath for a second here jim because yeah. since when does he have this problem with Catwoman? I do, is this something that we missed? What is this from? I, I'm thinking that the whole idea with Tim Drake saying that, even though it doesn't make a sense for Tim Drake, is that he's playing when he says the cartoon. To me, he's referencing like all the times that Catwoman showed up in the Batman 66 show, yeah. where you did have you did have Robin in that, but it was Dick Grayson. Just always like, oh my, I'm in love. And then always, fu- it, but it makes no sense. It, it makes no sense. What the hell? And then what, they're what just, oh my God. Joyce's Ulysses, we gotta like draw from every different source of Batman. Oh my goodness gracious, it's so bad. And then you end up having Batman end up ripping 
the, to, you know, the things out of the simulacrum. And he's like, oh, no, don't. Ah! And then he's like, shut up. It isn't hurting you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. And then he ends up injecting him. He knocks out. And then they're like, oh, what should we do? Should we take him? And they're like, no, no, we shouldn't. We'll track him later. And they leave him but on the pile of his robots and leave him now. Awesome. <laughs> Here's what I want to ask you here. Uh, because this is one guy. This is Neil Adams. He's writing and doing the art. Uh, what happened to the Batman mask that he now has when he takes off the cow, but has that separate mask that the Batman in that crazy dream machine wears? I don't even know. He grabs that <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> that, I don't even know where he got surely it. Ma- I, 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 well, see, I was going to say I would think it was a coloring mistake, but no, it, it is that mask. It's, it's the and mask. The Cow is one. pulled back and it is from the other mask there, and so. he, Yeah, it's almost like he got it, but he's like, let's get out of here. And then you go into what isn't progressed in the transition. Batman pretty much in the Savage Lands yeah. fighting Conan on a lizard. And, and right. he's just fighting. And it's basically, you know, in another place. And you have Conan. Surrender now. And it's not Conan, but surrender now and, and you'll live. You're smoking weed, brother, or you're watching another fight, and they're just fighting, and you end up having Batman attack, and then it's like, hold, brother, you know, this visitor, he, he's pretty good, but he won't kill anything, but I think he could beat the dogs. I, I don't know what's going what on. Is I, I don't know what's happening? going on. Why do I you don't even know. reference weed? It's so weird I, to I see that know. in a comic that isn't about that. Yeah, but and he, then you have these, these the warlords. Yeah, hey, and they, the warlords are like, and then man, like, like he's gonna are you fight? a priest? And then I expected him to fight, right? So I was like, oh, they're going to make him fight the dogs, right? Like, yeah, no. No, 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 they're just, not. And also they just then think the guy he could goes, beat them, that's all. And then I like the guy. This guy knows that Batman has a code to not kill. Why? And, are you a priest? Hardly. I just want to get drunk. Ha, ha, ha. And then the lady shows up. And then, I mean, this dialogue is just, she shows up. You were warned, little man, and now you pay for your wrong-headedness and guile. And they're like, what is going on? He loves that word, too. Guile is just a word that Neil Adams uses. This is that that woman that we saw, I don't remember if it was one or two issues ago now, that that showed up out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and we weren't sure if we are going to see her again, but I thought at that time, that, and I still might be right, that she was the one turning Cleveland brand yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, into a member and of the League is, of Assassins, but now it seems that she's got Bruce yeah, Wayne, I think. She's just there. I, it, it seems like at one point they're saying that Batman and Bruce Wayne were separated. Yeah. They were separated. The entity was separated. That's a cool idea, but the Bruce Wayne in the real world has no idea what's going on and seems to be in cahoots somewhat with Rachel Ghoul, but yeah. not. That's the big thing that's happening here. But you end up having what goes on because this this lady shows up and it's like Cheriscora. They're the worst names really that is. he's come up with. They do not roll off the tongue. But she ends up showing up. Batman says Pennyworth. And puts on that mask that we saw. I don't even know what's going on. And then says, she says, what is that? Protection. I'm like, what? <laughs> from, from gases and weapons? Yup. Yep. I see. Clever. I think so. So we have to fight. Well, 
That that's a whole progression. What is happening? Nothing happens. And then Batman says, "We could talk." She says, "I'm your captive. I don't trust you." He's like, "I don't trust you either." Takes the mask off. That, that mask stayed on for what? two seconds. Then they're like, "This, this is the best." You know Literally that they're. For four I, I just don't understand. I don't understand. And then she says, "You know, there's different dimensions." And he says the classic Batman phrase, "Damn Skippy." And then she goes, "Pardon me." And he goes, "You're right." Some Somebody's tracking you out of nowhere. She goes, you, he says, you have a kind of pot of darkness tracking you, right? And she says, don't ask with a grin on her face. Yeah, what is and, that? And it, and it ends up that that is the pot of darkness ends up how Boston Brand Deadman can get into this dimension. But when he gets into the dimension, which we don't know anything about, he becomes real and alive that he can be hurt and his feet hurt. Don't, that's, don't that's ask basically about the that progression. pot of dark. Listen, don't ask a woman about her pot of darkness. You know oh what I'm my. saying? She so, will no. get mad. Yeah, Just they don't get bring mad when you do that. No, I'm not bringing it up. <laughs> you end up then where you end up going, and now we get the talking head having a news, you know, a I CNN think, news right? deal with Rach. I thought this might be Jack Ryder. I guess it's a pot. I think it's nobody, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. just a news it, guy. Even if all. it is, it looks like Lenny. From Lenny and sort Squiggy. of does, he, yeah, he ends yeah. up, He's like talking to Rachel Gold, and he's like, "Hey, everybody, they, we think that Batman's dead, and we're trying to figure this out." But you know what? Nobody knows what's going on, and that's what I like. Like, it makes no sense to anyone yeah. from the office of the mayor to the beat cop to the reader of this book. None of this makes sense. <laughs> he says, "But we have Rachel Gold here. He he has given <laughs> Gotham power, but I think that it might be some underhandedness." What do you think, Rach? Yep, I'm filling my pocketbook. I want to make money, but I'm going to make money for Gotham. <laughs> Let's go. And that, that's all it is. And, and he's like, I use my guys. You did it. I'm here. All right. You go off. And this is where you go back to the mansion. You have all, you know, you have Damien, Dick, and Tim there with Batman, where Alfred is checking and all the scars that Batman should have are there. And that's a, a pretty cool idea of when you're yeah. going to check if it's Batman, Alfred knows the scars. He's like looking at a chart. I, I suppose it's like, all right, there's where Solomon Grundy hit him. There's a, so he looks and he's like, yep, it all matches up. And then they're like, so you are Bruce Wayne. And then Bruce Wayne himself goes, I don't know. It could be plastic surgery. What is and then going he's like, on? I don't know. I don't know. So then out of nowhere, they produce a headgear that you put on Damien. Damien doesn't want to. He's yelling, no way. I don't want to do that. Trust me. Close your eyes. And then he, they put the headgear on and he's like, oh my my. And for a whole page. Yeah. I'm Robin. I'm Robin. Gee whiz. I'm Robin. Alfred, and, I'm Robin. Alfred and Neil is Adams done. draws him with the goofy. I mean, he looks like yeah. Alfred E. Oh, Newman. Yeah. So it's some of these yeah, pages. Ridiculous. I'm, I'm the boy wonder. It makes me wonder. Are you Batman? And then you have Bruce Wayne there, who we don't know if he's on the up and up. And he's like, I don't know. Should we put that thing on my head and see? They're like, no, that won't work for you. There's no what? explanation. Why? It just won't Why work with that you. Work? Give it a I shot. It worked great for Damien. Why? Yeah. Ha- have it blow up or something. Have what, what when Damien, because Damien throws it off of himself. Have it break or something. They're like, nope. I don't think it'll work. They're like, yep. And then there's Bruce Wayne. Nah, I don't think it will. Well, you can take a look at it, Bruce. You're pretty smart. I'll do that later. And then this is the thing now. This is where you have this little subtle thing of what's going on here, where you have now this Bruce Wayne who doesn't seem to be bad, but seems to be something that maybe he'll be controlled later or whatever. But he decides, I'm going to start training as Batman. He's going to start learning how to be Batman. And it is referenced in the dream world, this crazy machine that they're like, oh, man, I think that that 
false Bruce Wayne, which he should know nothing about because he ended up in that machine before any of this. Yeah. He should be there. Like, But he's like, I think he's going to try to take over fully. He's going to train to be Batman. So I think that the next issue, we're just going to see him working out and, and doing things. But even so, now you have Dead Man enter this dream world. He goes into what appears to be going into this false Bruce Wayne, but then ends up in this dream world where there's also looks like Batman and this lady are in the cave as ghosts. I, I don't know what's going on. They're going through files in yeah. the cave. He's, they he's, end he's up then. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And the way on. he's dressed, I can't even explain it. Like, this Batman is like, <laughs> he's got like this weird old, uh, like, Egyptian bracelet on, but he's wearing a oh, backpack. Yeah. I just don't oh, really get what craziest. he's going I'm for. I'm telling you, I saw a lot of dudes like this in college where they're walking around with their hairy <laughs> chest with a backpack, no shirt and a backpack. Yeah. I'm like, get, get off the quad, pal. Uh, but yeah, so they go in. So then Boston goes into this dream world where he is kind of alive. A little kid runs up to him, throws this medallion that has like a demon's face that we find out later it eats blood. It makes no sure. sense. He thinks it's a universal translator, though it's seems like everybody's speaking english there anyway i don't get anybody speaking another language but even that uh, scene where he, he's like i get it that's a universal translator and they're like no it isn't and it's like, why yeah, does that they're like why yes, did that exchange yeah, why? happen why you bring understand? that up yeah and he's like no it isn't it eats blood all right that sounds weird i'd right away i'd take that thing off my neck so they're they're walking down the road then and, and then there is introductions then of you know and her name is Cheroscorard. Yeah. Cheroscoro. And I'm like, Cheroscoro. Cheroscoro. I mean, if it was Charo and she was doing the cha cha cha. Yeah. That'd be fine. But yeah. And she's like, I'm Cheroscoro. And that's where Dead Ben goes, sure. Light out of darkness. Bats gave you that name. It's my name. All right, let's move on. And this is what he does all the time. This yeah. weird Again, asides. another weird exchange. Like, why did that happen? I don't understand. Yeah. And then it, here's, here's the best, too. This made me just – I almost just gave it up. And But, again, we like this because it's so bad. Deadman says to Batman, hey, is she with you, Bats? No, she's my jailer. Oh, she allows a long leash. We have an understanding. To say the leash, that that's what Deadman says. That's his joke. To say the leash. And then it goes and it takes a panel and a half for it to get back to Batman who says, oh, man, to say a leash, you have a sense of humor. Family trait, you're going to need it, huh? There, there you go. It's I'm like, so I'm telling you, it's so weird. bad. So he, Deadman is there and he... So, you know, Batman says, you know, you're really alive here. You're not dead man, really. I mean, you're alive. You're, yeah. you're a, a living human Flesh thing. He's blood, like, I sure. know. I could tell I hurt in 17 places. And boy, my ballet slippers do nothing for my footsies. Like, which, who, who which are is, these characters? Which is somewhat funny because the, the it is. shoes that dead man wear are, are stupid. Ridiculous. They're, they're like Peter they're Pan ridiculous. shoes. Yeah, and I, mean? I think that it is him making fun of that, though. Neil Adams always comes off as this like man's page, man. two pages yeah. curing it. Oh you know what God. I mean? Like, why because are we getting into this? You, you end up having – and this is where you have Neil Adams. He gets – he concentrates on weird stuff because, yeah, like you said – out of nowhere, when he says, my footsies hurt, you end up, and I love it, it does say, my footsies. Yeah. Uh, and man, I hope the, I hope we have some, you know, pillow-lined roads here. Nope, they're all rough. Oh, that stinks. An ogre comes walking down the road, sure. who has boots that immediately 
you know, dead man is taken to like, man, are those new boots? I'm an ogre. Yes. Dead man ends up punching him. It's almost like your shoes are untied. He ends up punching him, grabbing his big piece of wood club, hitting him, knocking him out and stealing his boots. There you Uh, go. You just went through three pages. (laughs) They look on the ogre to be I mean, the ogre is like three times the size of Dead Man. He does say, he goes, hey, you know what? These might not fit, but hey, when you're in sea, you'll take any port. (laughs) I mean, I mean, he looks like he could use those things. It looks like he'd use those boots Uh, as a shirt. They're so big, (laughs) you know, but whatever. So bad as this goes on. (laughs) Then they end up, you know, hunting and cutting down these flying dragons so that they can eat them and talk at the campfire and say, I think there's stuff going on here. I think that Rachel Ghoul is in on it. I think that he is trying to replace me. Uh, The big thing by the end is the idea that Deadman's like, you know what? I think this other Bruce Wayne, he's going to sell us your company to Rache. Oh, no. But while this is going on, it's still just ridiculousness of all this thing of it's a trap it's not then all of a sudden they're eating baguettes <laughs> where do these come from i don't understand like I they're just eating know. they're eating bread out of nowhere they're eating at first they're eating these kind of chicken dragons they're having a grand old time next they're just sitting there eating bread these, and like whip oh, out some man. bread and the big thing is Batman. I know what it is. This is where I'm saying that once Batman in the, you know, Bruce Wayne in the real world says, I want to start training to be Batman. If I'm here and I'm actually Bruce Wayne, let me train to be Batman again, even though I don't remember that. And there's where, you know, you have a very, very upset Boston brand. Don't you get it? Oh my God. He's <laughs> got to replace Batman. And then Bruce is, or Batman's pissed. And he's like, Oh man, that stinks. He's like, uh, dead man goes it's a trap it's more than that they're gonna sell your company oh lord this is very bad that's what he says at yeah. the end and he's right it is it's awful this is awful it's it is very terrible bad. <laughs> it's one of the worst books i've ever read i would just agree for being coherent yeah. being something it is just the most goofiest stupid book i have ever read and i suggest everybody read it i'm telling you <laughs> go, go get it read it just shake your head and we need to get something going where we continually get some new books from neil adams because it, it's just so bad it's become that it like is the funny. friday night chiller theater i'm telling it you is. If, if you ever we like need to a be horror like, hosts now if, yeah exactly <laughs> that's what be, we you need can, you can be jim Gruley, you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm the attic animal here <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be presenting something so bad it's good. Ah, Bringing you a horrible oh yard from yeah, so Adams. It's scary. <laughs> That's what we need to do. We're going to have Horror Host presents Neil Adams' books because it is just ridiculous. Just completely, completely ridiculous. And uh, what would you give it? Uh, that's just, I mean, I have a lot of fun talking about them with you. I love when I, when I read them, I think about how we're going to laugh about them. But if it wasn't for this bit, I would, I couldn't see myself reading these no, comics. No. They're totally not functional. The story no. is incomprehensible. The dialogue is stupid. And even like down to little things like the artwork is misleading. Like you don't know who, who sometimes is whom. Uh, you know, and it's, it's one not guy. That clear. It's, and it's one Neil guy Adams. Doing there's, it. it's, there's no confusion exactly. between a writer and an artist. It's no, insane. It's, it should be that kind of thing should be coherent. Yeah. And it's like you're clearly looking at someone that is incredibly talented. Like down to just the artwork, 
it's pretty good throughout. Uh, yeah. With some parts where it looks like it's saying, like I said, oh, overall, if that he was be the just problem. doing the artwork, yeah. I think it'd, even, it'd be even better. And it's already good. I that, love his that's art. What we, that's I what always we said love before his art. we recorded is we would really love to see him just for once again, just to draw someone else's book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just do the I, artwork. I really, I really wish, and I don't know how it is. And, you know, I'm telling you, you talk to him actually in person <laughs> and, or at least on the phone. And he is, uh, you know, he's a guy set in his ways. He's a man's man type yeah. of guy. He's and I be don't, like I think that he is. And I think that he's one of those guys that if you rub him the wrong way, he doesn't want to deal. But I, I actually think it's weird that you didn't get, say, one of the nightmares of Tom King. Uh, being a Neil Adams drawn deal because he he is a Batman legend. I mean, he is sure. doing this, and I, I keep bringing it up in different things as well. But he created Man Bat or co created Man Bat, Rachel Go, a bunch of characters. Yep. So you end up where he does have his place. This is why he's allowed to do this. And I, I am shocked that he didn't do at least like one issue with Tom King. But Tom King is a kind of a sensitive guy too, and I don't think that him and Neil Adams would get along. I think Neil Adams would like, and maybe it's one of those where behind the scenes. Neil Adams says, "Like this isn't my Batman." I could see yeah, that. Yeah, maybe he can't work something with might have went. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think. I and mean, also, he, he does. He does. He's always doing. You know, covers. He does covers and all the time. Covers, and, and I yep. think he he added pinups, and to, that's where the money he, he gets 1, is that. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and, and uh, like you said, I do think that by this point, you might be right fully. It might not be anything with Tom King. I just think Neil Adams is like, I'm I'm not going to work with anybody. I'm Neil yeah. Adams. I'll do this because even his kids seem to. Bailed on him and mess. <laughs> we had them on before, yep, you know, yep. as colorists and inkers and stuff, and they bailed. I yep. mean, Dad, you're you're insane. I'm out. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It's anyway, crazy. so what I would give this, uh, I never, I never did reveal my yeah. score. I, I would have to give it a two out of ten, you know, and and really. The- <laughs> There you go. That, that too is just down to you know the amount that I do like yeah. the art. The story is. I'm gonna go the same. I gotta go yeah. with the two. I was gonna go two five, but I'll go down to a two. It's so bad. It's just <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't even go from panel to panel to make sense. I mean, you you spend a, a good amount of time with Dead Man saying he's got his foot hurts he, uh, footsies, and then he has to go and fight an ogre just to get boots. You, you don't need to do that Why? if you want to have is- that. Have have them just have boots next. Have Bruce Wayne, Batman there. Have some in his back. I mean, maybe which, Neil Adams should do a whole series for DC where he just goes through all the characters with crappy footwear. Of what footwear he thinks is ridiculous. And like yeah. what, they, what they need to change. Because he does he does have those little things where he'll point out like weird things that you can tell have always bothered them. That's what we need. What grind? What grinds Neil Adams' gears? Yeah. It is the new series. I'd, I'd read it. He probably has a lot of things. Uh, sure. You know, this guy isn't mad. Manly enough stuff like that, but that's it. That's it. Thank you, Reggie. Thank and as you. I said, this this ended the deal, so we're going to end the podcast right about now. All right, how you doing, Eric? It's good to have you back. Uh, back here from where? Me and you back from something. I believe that we are coming into this possibly oh, from me and you not talking. So we'll see. But what's your book of the week? My book of the week is Tales from the Dark Multiverse: Infinite Crisis, number one. Yes, and mine is Batman: Creature of the Night, number four. But I do want to. Really spell out how good that Infinite Crisis was, especially because I went into it not thinking I was going to like it at all, and I did. So there you go. I read three pages of this. I don't want to deal with any of it. No, it just was my (laughs) idea of just sitting there thinking, like, this isn't my thing. I'm going to be lost. I'm not going to really enjoy it. I haven't really – you know, these – 
dark multiverse things, they kind of tend to end up getting on my nerves after a while. But this is kind of opposite. We're liking it more and more as we go. Yeah. Where, and I think one Seems of the more things well is, thought out. Well, it's well thought out, but I actually think the you know nonchalant way of the fuge by the end, it, it's kind of like, all right, I'll the just fuge have just some being fun a with this. Actually, doing it for yeah, you now. I'm telling you, before the fuge, it's like this means something. You better pay attention. I'm going to be doing some big work here, and I'm like, I don't know about that fuge. And now when he's like, hey, look at that. Dark multiverse, what are you going to do? Wah, wah, wah. Hashtag dark like, multiverse problems. <laughs> Hashtag fuge problems. He's like taking the brunt of it on his back. He's like me at the house. I'll take the punches so you don't have to. That's what the fuge is doing and letting us in on it. Uh, here are the books for next week. Not a ton of books that we talk about. Um, we'll see how this goes down, but two of these will be on the Patreon-only spotlight picked by the badass of the Get Fresh Crew. Boop! And so as I go through this, I'm going to mention actually some books that are just coming out in case people you know, want to grab some things off the shelf. Not everything is something that we do. Most people know the books that we do or don't do, but yeah, Batman 84 that's a big book. That is going to tell us. No, the it's not big whole, enough. Bigger hey, it would be 85. It's big. It's going to tell us what all the stuff 86. we wanted to know about Thomas Wayne. The Flashpoint uh-huh. Batman. Uh-huh. You know, all the info that we wanted to know, Eric. Uh-huh. That's what it's That's what it's going to uh-huh. tell us, right? Huh? <laughs> Look at all those chickens. That's not what it's telling us. Uh, there also is Collapser number six, uh, a book that we haven't dealt with. But if you are down with the uh, other side of things at DC, that comes out. You also have what's uh, a weird deal. And I just want to point it out because I think it's kind of a neat deal. I like those neat. facsimile issues. And I, I just get a kick out of them, but Crisis on Infinite Earths is coming out now, you know, a week late. It's kind of uh, bad synergy there. But Crisis on Infinite Earths facsimile edition number eight does come out. That's pretty cool. I don't know. That's the thing is it's not Infinite Crisis. It's Crisis yeah, on Infinite Earths. Yeah, I know. Earths. It's just I'm saying it's just weird to just throw that out there out of nowhere just there uh, where you could kind of like go with the idea of, hey, there's crisis things going down because now it's just coming out for nothing anyway. So eh, I guess it doesn't really make sense anyway. Hey, shape or form but deathstroke number 50 that ends final issue priest run final issue oversized issue oversized 50 issue i just saw that coming out is the hardback edition of christopher priest run on justice league i don't want that and, and it made me giggle i say and it's like it's like a, a an expanded like you know one nope. of those prestige deals i'm like really I read those. I don't know that that gets that, but you end up having that run, ending a run of Deathstroke that, in our minds, if you've listened to the podcast, we really liked at one time a lot, and I think it's gone on a little too long. Sure I think Eric would agree. Uh, we have Green Lantern Black Stars number two that me and Reggie will be talking <laughs> about. <laughs> yes, that's why every time Reggie we we start recording, Reggie, where's Eric? I just really I'm gonna I want to get that laugh and play it for I him. Just I like, who is this Eric? character you keep yeah, talking like, about who's this eric you keep talking about yeah. uh, and then he'll just say uh oh man he must not like me anymore i'm like no no he just doesn't like your bullcrap books is what i tell him uh we also <laughs> oh, have Tyler, you got grant morrison and neil adams books what do you want from me here yeah really i can only yeah, do then, so much and my mind can only handle forward, so much go forward with some things that may or may not end on the podcast it all depends on other people reggie at one point said he might do an inferior five deal inferior five number four comes out but we do have justice league 37 lois lane number six new year's evil number one the 
Dreaming number 16, The Infected Jonna Troy Deathbringer. I'm almost forced to do that. I really don't want to for other reasons that I won't bring up, but we may have to do that for the peoples. And then we also have Young Justice number 11, not the big. This is like the penultimate issue before the issue. We're supposed to get all the answers. So you get number 11. Brian Michael Bendis promised that an issue. He's a liar. All the answers. The problem is I don't think he knows the questions. But boom, Eric. Oh, my. <laughs> there you go. What you got there? The questions. Um, the questions. He doesn't know the questions. Like Vic Sage and Renee Montoya questions? No, no. He seems to pretend to know those. I don't know that he does. Uh, you know, he knows the Manhunters, though, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. But we're going to go off now. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope that you would at least go over and check out our Patreon, Do which we... is patreon.com slash weird science. Check out all the shows and things like that. We really put a lot of effort into it and try to get it, you know, a bang for your buck. So check it out. That'd be great. But that's the end of this here podcast. Eric, what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. Keep week. it weird. And weird. we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!